ancient land of China, schools and the martial arts were a way of life, but none were as lethal as the one we are about to reveal. Five deadly venoms. A secret society, each man unknown to the other, identified only by a mass, representing one of nature's deadly assassins. and the toad. Five deadly venoms, five masters in the martial arts, each man pitted against the other in savage combat, and each trained in their own vicious method of killing. special kind of kung fu, killing by instinct, with machine-like precision, lightning speed, and ruthless power, as ferocious and deadly as the venomous creatures from which it took its name, and whose stings were always fatal. Kill or be Venoms, survival of the fittest, and kung fu action at its very best in the most spectacular martial arts program of the year. Five deadly venoms, five stinging ways to die. Pick your poison. You'll be stung to your seats. Don't miss five. A Shaw Brothers presentation. Theirs was a mission of certain death. Outnumbered and unarmed, they must get to the tyrant and enslave their people. No weapon, no matter how lethal, can match their kung fu. Alexander. Fusheng stars as the young martial arts expert pitted against a murderous warlord with a deadly kung fu skill. 
fight to live in a whirlwind of who action. ultimate challenge. Death and destruction were the men. They murdered their way to victory. Nothing could stop them until they met the five masters of death. of Kung Fu Justice. Five new Kung Fu killing techniques. The whipping triple jointed stick, an avenging reaper of justice. 
the piercing pole, driving its way to victory. The deadly tiger stork. No one escapes. The crushing crossed fists, pounding up revenge on Manchu murderers. The five kung fu masters of death defeat the Manchu warlords. See the five masters of death. When you're the best, you do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Even a wolf has his weaknesses. And a powerful enemy. belongs to McQuaid. <laughs> Starring Chuck David Carradine, Brera, and Leonardo. Or forgive because they killed his wife, raped his daughter. They deserve so he's Charles Bronson, as there is even two. Now playing at the Zone 24, Burr State in Woodland. The 13th Super 3D that puts you in. Be there. It will count. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Now playing in newspapers for the. The most hot picture I have. Distinctively ruthless, I view right. Here's something. Stop. The Tex Mask. Rated R. There are kids dressed like cowards use a magnet. One cop around who can. They call him dirt. In 24 hours, stops a robbery. Click. And this time, busier than ever. Rated R. Selected theaters around the.
知道你还是会喜欢我的。
doing business with you. 我本来想推荐你上去，但系上点解？呢个人后日去台湾嗰单嘢，咪带埋阿成咯，阿姐嘛。一朝想做好人不容易。个细佬，我唔想连你呢个朋友都冇埋。阿杰，我再叫我做阿杰。而家大把世界，有好多旧客要靠豪哥你。我哥系产业。When there is no hope, no possibility, Delta Force gets it's a go. Take their or glory. They're fighting to save American lives. You take one of us, you gotta take us all. Lee Marvin. The Delta Force starts Friday, February 14th at theaters everywhere. Chuck Norris returns in Mission: The Beginning. American prison. He's a soldier they couldn't hold. None of you have ever escaped, and none of you will. We're going acting out, men, and fighting back. An American hero story continues. Chuck Norris, Missing in Action 2, The Beginning, Friday, March 1st, at a theater near. Charles Bronson, Wish 3, first. Then they took it all. Next target may be their last victim. Charles, where there is no justice, there can only be vengeance. Bronson, three. Now put your listings. Sixteen, eight, nineteen, twenty-three. The day for not over thirteen. The Sacramento Drive-In, forty. One of the films of the year, a high octane, justly stylized, outrageously sensational. Outrageous, guaranteed, jaded. It with night the combined area, run the Terminator. The Great Cinema. That will leave. September 10th at a theater near you. Follow my instructions and we all walk away clean. Domino, you're with me on the side. Shepard, you cover the rear. Who do you want me to do? 
All we want is the money. This is an inside job. Ten million in cash. Let's go home right now. I've seen you two. We're celebrity hostages. Dogs. Before Pulp Fiction. The original Men in Black shook the world of action cinema in the original A Better Tomorrow. Proudly presents the explosive bullet ridden sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2. Hong Kong action mavericks John Woo and Troy Hark take the heroic bloodshed genre to the next level and beyond in a violent symphony of destruction that is often imitated but never better. Chow Yun Fat, Leslie Chung, and T Long. A better tomorrow, too.
lizard is a very agile and nimble style that enables a man to climb like a lizard. David Rockefeller's money couldn't save him, no. Despite all of the hard work he did for safety, yo. But he's behind the latest accusations. If you disagree, then you must be a Russian agent. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bunch of gobbledygook. People peddling that has got to be spooked. There's not an angle I couldn't possibly juice. And if it's coming out of my mouth, it's got to be truth. Let's keep it all cerebral. If I run for mayor, I won't be mayor. I leave it to the people. Consider this a shot across the bow. The sheeple are awake and we gon' shake them up now. Make them well aware you are extreme liars. You create smoke, then you're like a screen fire. Like we can't see who living. It shows like a Saturday Night Live skit. Okay, I get it. None of these pedal projectors ever want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Not one of these pedal projectors, they want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. When will it end? I must say bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. Now tell me when will it end? <laughs>
All right, welcome to the show. I am the hard bastard, and I'm going to start here with the attempt by Democrats to take Trump off the ballot. A Colorado court heard opening arguments on Monday to determine whether the state can use the Constitution's 14th Amendment, the Insurrection Clause, to disqualify Trump from appearing on the ballot. Um, one of the homosexuals doing this said, quote, Trump incited a violent mob to attack our capital to stop the peaceful transition of power. Again, a, a blatant lie, a totally made up lie. Um, <clears throat> that's from Eric Olson, an attorney representing citizens for responsibility and ethics. Uh, it's really citizens for uh, full-blown aids in politics. Crew filed a lawsuit in September to remove Trump from the ballot in Colorado under the 14th Amendment, accusing the former president of violating Section 3, which bars anyone from running for office who had previously taken an oath that engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or had given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. U.S. officials ratified the amendment in 1868 in the aftermath of the Civil War. The group argues the clause constitutionality disqualifies the leading Republican contender from the next election for allegedly engaging in insurrection against the United States because he incited a violent mob on January 6th. Before the crowd breached the nation's capital, Trump gave remarks on the ellipses on January 6th. At one point uh, during his speech, the former president said, Quote, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard, unquote. But despite Trump's legal team arguing those words were not a call to incite violence, Olson claimed the former president summoned and organized the mob to storm the Capitol. The uh, <clears throat> AIDS-filled homosexual said, and I quote, here, We are here because Trump claims, after all, that he has the right to be president again, but our Constitution, the shared charter of our nation, says he cannot do so. Scott Gessler, a lawyer representing Trump, dismissed the claim against the former president, saying that disqualifying Trump from the next election would set a dangerous precedent based on legal theories that have never been embraced by a state or federal court. People should be able to run for office and shouldn't be punished for their speech, Gessler said during his opening statement. Gessler, a former Secretary of State for Colorado, called the lawsuit anti-democratic and pointed to the rule of democracy election law that errs on the side of letting people vote in circumstances open for interpretation. Before the trial, Trump's legal team filed a motion to have lunatic AIDS commie judge Sarah B. Wallace recuse herself from the trial because she reportedly made a donation to the Colorado Turnout Project in October 2022, which states... On its website, organizers formed it to prevent violent insurrections. Wallace reportedly denied the motion, claiming she didn't recall donating to the group until the legal team filed the motion. The lunatic AIDS commie judge says, I will not allow this legal proceeding to turn into a circus. Other groups in Michigan and Minnesota have also brought similar lawsuits against Trump, but Colorado is the first to bring its challenge to trial using the measure, which has rarely been used in over 150 years. Colorado's trial marks the first time it's been used to disqualify a former president from holding office again. Just uh, total desperation. Um, we'll see if it works. Uh, it looks like it'll probably go up to the Supreme Court, but the Democrats have no other way to win, it seems. 
All right, so this bald bitch Mayorkas went to Congress today. And what's funny is uh, I think uh, Ray was there too, and Ray said some shit about terrorists coming across the border, which I thought we were previously assured by David Pakman that that wasn't happening, but apparently it is. Mayorkas can't say how many Hamas or Hezbollah terrorists are in the U.S. illegally after the feds issued a dire warning. Well, I thought the pieces of shit that downplayed the uh, memo from border security, I think from San Diego, they said, oh, how's Hamas going to even get here? Oh, it was, uh, it was uh, Ching Chang Spaghetti from the Young Turk show. <clears throat> Whatever the fuck her name is, Fra Francesca. She was like, how are they going to get to America? They're in Gaza. Oh, yes. I Amazing. Amazing. What a bitch. Uh, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas couldn't provide the number of illegal immigrants in the country that are known to be tied to terrorist organizations operating in the Middle East during a Senate hearing on Tuesday. Republican Kansas Senator Roger Marshall asked Mayorkas... Oh, it looks like... Uh, hold on a second. I think entropy is... Uh, that's the second time it went down. Hold on a second. Let me uh, just bring... Let me fix entropy real quick. Hopefully this is not a uh, continued pattern tonight. But yeah, I think this is the second time it's gone down. It's been doing really good f uh, for like, what, a week or so? Maybe two weeks it hasn't gone down. All right, let me uh, fix this one second. All right. We'll see how long that one lasts. Okay, let's go uh, back to the article here. Um, Republican Kansas Senator Roger Marshall asked Mayorkas about the issues during a Senate Homeland Committee hearing. Federal authorities recently warned Border Patrol that Hamas, Hezbollah, and Palestinian Islamic Jihad could be crossing the southern border amid the war between Israel and Hamas, and the pieces of shit over at the Young Turks pretended that this was impossible. And likely, if there's an Islamic terrorist attack, they will blame us somehow. They'll somehow blame Trump supporters. Uh, and they'll say the problem... Oh, look, look, the, the, the Muslims killed a bunch of innocent Americans. Well, the problem's going to be we're very concerned that now there's going to be Islamophobia. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. I've seen that narrative before, though. But maybe uh, I'm wrong. Approximately how many illegal aliens in the country... Um, we're here on asylum, have direct ties to Hamas, Hezbollah, and Islamic Jihad, or the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps of Iran, Marshall asked. Mayorkas, the bald fucker, said, Senator Marshall, let me assure you individuals that pose a risk to our national security are our highest enforcement priority. That's total bullshit. The safety and security of America and the public, yeah. Marshall continued to press Mayorkas for an exact number, and Mayorkas assured that they prioritize enforcement. If detention is indeed warranted by reason of the risk they present, then we indeed detain them. He's dodging. These people are such pieces of shit. And they get away with it. They, get, they, they have a fucking smirk. Ray gets up there with his fucking bitch smirk like he always does. Lies his ass off and nothing happens. They get away with it every time. 
Marshall says, do you have an answer for my question? And the bitch responded, Senator, if an individual is identified as having a nexus to one of those organizations, we would consider them a risk to our national security and take uh, appropriate enforcement action to include, for example, detention and removal. Uh, the number of illegals whose name appeared on the terror watch list, which again we were uh, told multiple times by lying propagandists like David Pakman that it never happens, and it's totally made up. Uh, that number is 172 uh, compared to 98 in fiscal year. Um, so it was 172 who appeared on the watch list compared to 98 in fiscal year 2022 and 16 in fiscal year 2021. So they are it, the number's going up drastically. Unbelievable. And so now what's interesting is they had some fucking terrorist sympathizer. And I say that legitimately, legitimately, not like a neocon lunatic that pretends that if you're not sucking Israel's cock, you're a terrorist. I'm saying this is a person who I think was very much pro-Hamas. And there's a difference between being pro-Hamas and pro-Palestine. But again, I don't fucking care uh, as in regards to... Um, I'm not going to argue for people to be censored, uh, but having a person working for the Department of Homeland Security that's pro-Hamas is fucking insane. That's fucking insane. So anyway, so um, they asked this guy about it, and he, of course, says it's despicable to ask about this lunatic. Amazing. Mayorkas became visibly agitated Tuesday when asked at a Senate committee hearing about the Daily Wire's expose that the department employs a former PLO spokeswoman who praised Hamas. Mayorkas told Josh Hawley that immigration officer Nujwa Ali remains employed and will not explain why instead Mayorkas ignored the question and told Chairman Gary Peters he would be disregarding the Senate's time limit and proceeded to launch into a personal attack against Hawley. Hawley asked Mayorkas if foreigners who come to the United States to attend college, then chant for the destruction of Israel, should have their visas revoked. Mayorkas would not answer, so Hawley asked him about someone who Mayorkas has more immediate discretion over one of his own employees. At the hearing of the Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs, Hawley presented Mayorkas with posters of some of Ali's statements on social media. He says, what about people who say things like, on October 7th, fuck Israel, the government and its military. Are, are you ready for your downfall? People who say things like, fuck Israel and any Jew who supports Israel. May your conscience haunt your dreams until your last breath. Palestine will be free one day. Fuck apartheid Israel and any Israeli. That's pretty extreme rhetoric, don't you think, Holly asked. Mayorkas says, I do, and I think there's a distinction between espousing or endorsing terrorist ideology and speech, speech that's odious that does not rise to that level. Now, of course, these are distinctions they would never make if it was a white person. Even if the white person was saying relatively mild things, they would not have the same standard. That white person would be an evil Nazi. He said, um, Hawley said, this person works for you. This is Nuja Ali, an employee of the Department of Homeland Security, who posted these comments on October 7th. She also posted the Hamas paraglider depicted with a machine gun flying into Israel. She posted it under her online alias with the celebratory Free Palestine. What's going on here? Is this typical of people who work at DHS? This is an asylum and immigration officer who is posting these pro-genocidal slogans and images on the day Israelis are being slaughtered in their beds. What have you done about this? 
Mayorkas got pissed off in a very soy, faggy way. He says, four things I'd like to say to you. Number one, your question, to suggest that it's emblematic of the men and women of DHS is despicable. Holly says, I'm sorry, this person works for DHS. Have you fired her? Mayorkas said, that was one of four answers. Holly responded, have you fired her? Mayorkas wouldn't answer. Holly said, don't come to this hearing room when Israel's been invaded and Jewish students are barricaded in libraries in this country and can't be escorted out because they're threatened for their lives. And you have employees who are celebrating genocide, and you're saying it's despicable for me to answer the question. Has she been fired? Mayorkas ignored Holly and said, my chairman, after the consumption of Senator Holly's time, I would like an opportunity to speak. Peter says he would like an answer. Only then did Mayorkas say, that individual has been placed on administrative leave, Holly says. So she's not been fired? Why has she not been fired? Mayorkas didn't answer, instead invoking former President Trump, saying she was hired in 2019. I can't speak to an ongoing personal matter. Holly says this isn't sufficient to fire her. How many cases did she adjudicate? Mayorkas said, I'm not in a position to speak about that. Holly said she drew attention to the fact that she's an immigration and asylum officer. Here she is writing immigrants, Palestine, refugees, welcome on LinkedIn. I think the American people need to know. Has she admitted people contrary to law who should not be in the country? Or has she denied Jewish people asylum that they deserved, Holly said. Uh, you, uh, you said you will not. You know about this. I can't believe you come to the committee hearing. You know all this. And say it's wrong of me, they asked the question. I think your performance is despicable, and the fact that you're not willing to provide answers to this committee is absolutely atrocious. Mayorkas again asked the Democrats to allow him to speak, and Peters granted him one minute. He says, I am not sure I'll limit it to 60 seconds. Um, he said Hawley was adversarial, and that perhaps he doesn't know my own background. Now, you know where we're going, right? You know where we're going. He said... Perhaps he didn't know I am the child of a Holocaust survivor. Oh, of course you are. Peters did not allow Hallie to respond. Allie has continued to defiantly express her support for Hamas, even after the Daily Wire's expose and made social media posts suggesting she's currently in Jordan while on paid leave from DHS. Allie's job included interviewing people seeking to come to the U.S. and determining <clears throat> whether they posed a threat to the U.S. See, that's insane. You can't have a person like this, first of all, in the country, period. But secondly, working for DHS, that's crazy. Um, I think there's a difference between something like that, which I think is a very reasonable position, and this lunatic bullshit that the neocons and DeSantis shills are doing, going around, like going into restaurants and like demanding that uh, people agree with them on Israel, and if they don't, they have everyone fuck up their business and leave and leave negative reviews. That, that's that's what leftists do. They're, they're, Justin Hart is acting like a leftist. It's ridiculous. And they're like, well, this this waitress supports Hamas. Motherfucker, why, how, how is this even coming up? What, what are you talking about? Why are you fucking with people's businesses? It's absolutely sick. Um, and a person, like, I, you know, a person is pro-Palestine. I don't give a shit about that. But um, uh, a person who is explicitly pro-Hamas working in DHS is ridiculous. Anyway, it's funny. You, you finally got these motherfuckers talking about deportation, but they want to deport people that don't agree with them. Yeah, you, that, you can't have that as a standard. How about how about this? How about we deport the illegals first, and then then we'll talk about who's next? How about that? How about deport the fucking illegals first? You know how many illegals there are? That's probably going to take ten years. 
Anyway, <clears throat> hope not. Hope, hope, hope you can do it quickly. Anyway, uh, the House Oversight Committee has written to DHS to ask how the lunatic was hired, given she previously prominently worked for the PLO. <clears throat> so hilarious. All right, there you go. Well, that's a hell of a thing right there. All right, next one. Um, so e Elon Musk went on the Rogan show today. Rogan is uh, wearing a wig. It's, ha it's Halloween. By the way, happy Halloween, everyone. Um, and, uh, you know, Rogan's got a giant platform. And so does, uh, so does Musk. And uh, they, one of the things they talked about was how George Soros is a piece of shit. And I think that's good to talk about that in front of a very large group of people. Speaking with Joe Rogan in a podcast episode released Tuesday, Elon Musk said that George Soros fundamentally hates humanity. He's doing things that erode the fabric of civilization, Musk said. You know, getting the DAs elected who refuse to prosecute crime, that's probably the problem in San Francisco and L.A. and a bunch of other cities. That's, that's completely true. That's completely true. Rogan asked whether this was just the U.S. or the entire world, and Musk said, I mean, he's pushing these things in other countries, too. Now, George at this point's pretty old. He's basically a bit senile at this point, but I mean, he's very smart and he's good at arbitrage. Uh, Soros realized that you don't actually need to change the laws. You just need to change how they're enforced. If no one chooses to enforce the law or the laws are differently enforced, it's like changing the laws. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then they also talked about um, how Twitter was massively censoring conservatives. I mean, this is you know, well known already. Um, Musk um, said that Republicans were su suppressed at 10 times the rate of Democrats on Twitter before he bought the social media platform. He said the degree to which Twitter was simply an arm of the government was not well understood by the public. Uh, Musk said in response to Rogan bringing up the Twitter files that were released in late 2022 through the beginning of 2023, he compared it to Soviet news agency Pravda and said that Twitter was a state publication. Musk said that old Twitter was propped up, adding that the social media giant was a state publication. Um, he said there was basically oppression of any views that would even, uh, I would say, be considered middle of the road, but certainly anything on the right. And I'm not talking like far right. I'm just talking mildly right. Republicans were su suppressed at 10 times the rate of Democrats. So I think it's great that this is being discussed in front of, like I said, a very large audience. I think that is uh, fantastic. So that's good to see. Uh, I'll probably listen to the episode at some point. I, I just was aware of the clips going around. Okay, so this is, this is fucking crazy. And then some of the responses to this is fucking crazy. Um, so hockey players are weighing in on this guy that died on the ice because uh, some ice jogger what looked like some ice jogger deliberately kicked this guy in the neck with, with his skate. I've never seen that before. I, I, I don't watch sports anymore, but I've watched, I've seen more hockey than I can even remember. And uh, I've never seen anything like that. Uh, I've never seen, I've never seen not only his skate get up so high, which I mean, you, you do once in a while see that people fall or whatever, but he, it was a deliberate kick to the neck. It looks like a deliberate kick to the neck. But anyway, 
Former professional hockey players are weighing in on the tragic death of former Pittsburgh Penguins forward Adam Johnson, who died after a collision during an elite hockey league game on Saturday. Reports and graphic video indicate Johnson collided with another player during a game in England. Did he collide with another player? He was kicked in the neck by another player. And he was cut in the neck. Uh, Sean Avery, who played in the NHL for over a decade, said uh, on Jesse Waters' primetime, the footage of the incident shows Petgrave, the ice dragger, was absolutely trying to make contact with Johnson in some way, but said the player was not trying to murder someone. Well, I mean, whether you're trying to murder the guy or not, you have a blade at the end of your foot, motherfucker. So I, I don't, like, whether you try, and then he says, did this kid make a move that was very unorthodox? Do I think he was trying to make contact of some sort? Absolutely. Do I think he woke up and said, I'm going to murder somebody today? No. Oh, I don't think it was like premeditated murder. I think the guy got frustrated and decided to kick this motherfucker in the neck. And he killed him. And so there you go. He says, I saw the hit. I saw the leg move. It shouldn't have been where it was. It's terrible. I can't even watch the video back. Avery emphasized the footage is terrible and tough to watch and seemed to push back when Waters suggested the play could have been homicide. Avery says, that's a pretty dangerous word to be throwing around. I'm not saying it was well, at least manslaughter. It doesn't have to be homicide. Manslaughter, at least. I'm not saying it was premeditated murder, but they do have reckless homicide, negligent homicide, Waters said. When you're throwing a blade... As you said, that's dangerous, up to someone's neck in a hockey move that no one's ever seen before. I don't like it. Former NHL player Chris Terrian reacted to the incident, posting on Twitter, saying, After seeing the incident involving Adam Johnson, the bu that Bush League needs to be shut down and investigated immediately. I was literally appalled and sickened by what I saw. It looks intentional. It was a kung fu kick. My eyes are not lying. Uh, tell me I'm wrong. So what I've seen on the Internet is some people are arguing um, that the NHL players know best because they've played. And I do think there is, to a degree, something to that. I do think it's an appeal to authority. So, um, you know, I don't think it means that you must obey them. But the people that were making that argument had uh, players arguing that it was not intentional and it was like a complete accident. Well, now we have NHL players arguing that it was on purpose. So now what? Okay, so I would say the certainly it's reasonable to consider people who skate, but making the appeal to authority like, well, this NHL player says there's nothing to it and therefore there's nothing to it. Well, this motherfucker says that it was a kung fu kick. So now what, motherfucker? How about just look at the video and decide for yourself? Um... The South Yorkshire police were called on the scene on Saturday to announce that they were investigating it. Uh, Johnson's team, the Nottingham Panth Panthers, have called it a freak accident. Yes, I'm sure. Um, the elite hockey league otherwise called it, a, or likewise called it, a freak accident. So that's the narrative. Now, there's a racial component to this, but it's not, in my opinion that this ice jogger um, killed this guy on purpose because he was white. I don't believe that's what's going on. There's no evidence related to that. But ha what's, the, what's the racial narrative behind this? Because I saw people arguing, I can't believe you're making this about race. Well, first of all, the, the, issue, the, the act itself, I don't believe, is it, there's any evidence that it's, that it's racially motivated. The issue is how immediately... The media protects the black person. 
and pretends there's nothing to this. Or you know what they did? Yeah, they did the truck of peace thing. They were like ice blade cuts player's neck. Oh, really? Or ice skate. Oh, an ice skate just, you know, suddenly decided to get uh, sentient and just went at someone's neck like it was one of those balls from Phantasm? What, are you kidding me? Ridiculous. So many people were pointing out that what was going on is what happens every time a black person does anything criminal or fucked up. The media does damage control and pretends that the black person is completely innocent and that you're a racist if you bring it up. That's the racial angle. Now, you can, you know, if you want to disagree with any of that, no problem. But what I found to be an unreasonable argument that I saw from some is that they were like, I can't believe that you guys would think that there, that there was anything racial, you know, as far as the media coverage. What do you mean the media does this all the time? Of course people are automatically going to point that out because it happens not once in a while, not half the time, all the time, every time every time so yeah it's very reasonable to point out how the media is doing damage control on this and acting like it's not a big deal and so and i and if if it was vice versa and the white guy karate kicked the black guy in the neck you know they would probably be saying he's a clan member or a nazi or or it's donald trump's fault so yeah so the media is doing what the media is doing pretending that it was just an accident i think that shit looked fucking uh, deliberate um, and so, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but, uh, yeah, so now you have, uh, 1% of the population of hockey players doing 100% of the on-ice murders. That's a hell of a t statistic right there. All right, so Gavin Newsom is an absolute retard. I, I, this is like, this was almost like an international incident. Gavin Newsom tackles a kid during a basketball game. It, I, Anyway, this is just like, what is wrong with you, motherfucker? Aids commie governor Gavin Newsom took to the court to play a game of pickup basketball with a bunch of kids and ended up tackling one of them to the ground. Video surfaced on Twitter showing the Aids commie governor at a primary school in Beijing playing basketball with kids. At first, the governor attempted to show off his skills by trying to spin the basketball on his finger. The first attempt failed before he tried a second time with a bit more luck. He then followed it up by taking the ball and dribbling it down the court to the basket while surrounded by children. On his way, Newsom did a couple of turns before launching full speed into the group of kids. Ultimately, plowing right into one boy and sending him to the ground. This one guy said California Governor Newsom accidentally topples little kid during a pickup game. Let's go to the video. Let me just put the speakers on. Bro, get control of yourself. You're like 52 or however old you are. It's over. He's like... He tr he takes this kid to the hoop. It's ridiculous. Watch. <laughs> bro, bro, look, look. A few weeks ago, I was walking in a place with someone, you know, a park, and we walked onto a court that I hadn't walked on in more than a decade and I and I got a flashback to playing basketball and I was and and what's weird is when you get older your mind is still the same so my mind still and I just and I just like thought about it but but then I of course I because I'm not a fucking retard I instantly understood yeah I have no shot that was fun 
when I played basketball when I was young. That was great. And I, and I played for many years. And it was fantastic. That's way over. There's no fucking way in hell. And this guy's older than I am. Newsom's older than I am. This motherfucker, first of all, this would still be embarrassing if this was adults. What kind of a lunatic tries to take a little kid to the hall? What kind of kid, what kind of fucking asshole tries to, like, take, take this kid? What are you going to do, dunk on him? What are you, crazy? So, like, what a dumb bitch. Now, I will say, he had a pretty good, um, he played it off pretty good laughing and stuff. But uh, this is how embarrassing. Look at this fucking guy. Look at he's trying to take he's trying to take this kid to the hole. What are you crazy? Why would you try to take a child to the hole? What's wrong with you? Oh my god. Holy shit. Look at this lunatic. Now, you know, the f pretending to spank him and, and laughing, you know, he's playing it off. What a fucking moron. Yo, there's something wrong with you if, like, you can't control yourself in front of children like that. There's something wrong with you. You're fucked up. You're fucked up. Unbelievable. It's like a meme, this guy. Anyway, there you go. Almost an international incident from fucking Gavin Newsom. Man, control yourself. What the hell's wrong with you? Anyway. Now, uh, let's talk about this. The Washington Post facing mockery following an article denouncing iconic pumpkin spice blend as tied to colonialism and genocide. So I, I, I've said this before. I don't really give a fuck about coffee other than the caffeine content. I don't care how it tastes. I want maximum caffeine as quickly as possible. I love caffeine. It makes me feel like a million bucks. It's not something I've ever been able to quit. I'm not interested in quitting. Who cares? You know, everyone has addictions. Caffeine's not the worst addiction in the world. Um, but I can't quit. It gives me withdrawal if I don't drink it. So I, and I, it's plentiful, so it's not a problem. It'll only be a problem in the apocalypse. Then when I can't get it, it's going to be a rougher time. Um, but I probably won't be the only one having a rough time in that situation. Um, I don't really care about pumpkin spice. I think it's interesting. Um, you know, I just... It, but now this makes me think, oh, great. It, it, can I engage in white supremacy by drinking pu pumpkin spice? I think I'm going to do that. That sounds fantastic. A recent article published by the Washington Post has prompted mockery on social media for claiming a favorite seasonal fall spice blend is fraught with colonizer histories. In the article, titled The Violent History of Pumpkin Spice, AIDS commie writer Mohammed Javid links the iconic flavor to racism and genocide. That's awesome. I would love racism and genocide in my coffee. Uh, if I ever make a coffee brand, uh, I, I will have racism and genocide as a blend. How See, this is the... Man, how great would that be if for the fall flavor, if I had a coffee thing, I called it racism and genocide? That would be fucking great. I would love that. Hey, guys, make sure you get the racism and genocide blend. And also, we're having a buy one, uh, get one free... Uh, offer on our nigger and faggot blend. Make sure you get some of those. Oh my God, what I would do. 
And it doesn't have to be, I'm not trying to be the quartering where he, he's like, by the way, he better be telling the truth that he fucking isn't, that it's not a white label. I think it is true that it's not white label, but some of these motherfuckers out here have the what's called the white label coffee and they act like it's not. So white label, from what I understand, is like a coffee company that will uh, make coffee for you and put your sticker on it. So it's like... There might be 15 people selling coffee, but it's the same coffee, but they're putting individual, they'll put your own custom sticker on it. By the way, that's what I want. The problem is I can't find a company that will uh, put what I want on the goddamn, no one's going to put racism and genocide as a blend on there. No one's going to do that because everyone's a fucking pussy in 2023 and you're not allowed to make jokes about anything. You're just not allowed to joke. You know, you have to be oh, you have to be boring. Oh, let's oh, this is pumpkin latte whatever bullshit. It's just no good. I just can't. I just have a joke, and it's not even. I'm not going to really sell it. I mean, if you have a couple, I mean, I guess you could buy it, but just I would just like to be able to one day get on stream and talk about ridiculous coffee blends for a laugh. Why is that so goddamn complicated? Anyway, it just sucks. Everything sucks. You just, everything, everyone has a stick in their ass and they act like, oh, it's a big deal. Oh, he's joking. He's joking about racial epithets. We can't have that. Yeah, that hasn't been going on for decades. Oh my God. It's just such bullshit. Anyway, pumpkin spice, uh, also known as pumpkin pie spice, is an American blend of ground cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, cloves, and sometimes allspice. Well, the blend was first marketed commercially in the 30s. It has gained widespread appreciation in modern popular culture, especially since the introduction of the Starbucks pumpkin spice latte. So, yeah, I'm not... Starbucks, um, I don't drink the, uh, like, the lattes and shit. Um, a lot of the, a lot of those drinks, the, the sugar level's crazy. But I, I, I will, from time to time, drink Starbucks. I don't... Starbucks tastes like shit, but, my God, it is rocket fuel. I don't, they must, the, the amount of caffeine in that shit is ridiculous. Oh, it's fantastic. It makes me feel like a million bucks. Anyway, a new article from the Washington Post is attempting to call the famous fall flavor into disrepute, linking it to the bloody history of colonial, colonialism in Indonesia and Sri Lanka. According to the article, nutmeg was once a rare substance that could only be found in the Banda Islands of Indonesia. In addition to its taste, it was regarded as having medicinal properties which could ward off or cure the bubonic plague. In a search for nutmeg, over 1,500 Dutch soldiers and sailors invaded the Banda Islands in the 1600s, forcing the indigenous inhabitants to surrender. After signing a treaty, the Bandanese were made subjects of the Dutch, and thousands were killed, enslaved, and or starved. Womp womp. The population of around 15,000 Bandanese was decimated to just a few hundred in a few months, explained Adam Clulo, a, hist- a historian. The Dutch company was later accused of carrying out what some describe as the first instance of corporate genocide. And it was all for nutmeg. Well, you got to have nutmeg. It's pretty fucking delicious. Continuing, the Washington Post claims that while many commodities such as sugar and tobacco have horrible histories, nutmeg, which is a coveted component of pumpkin spice, has the most compressed terrible history of all. I'm not even a big nutmeg fan, but I think I'm going to start using it. I don't really, what would I even use it in? I think I'm just going to have, you know, I, I don't know. This is the most racist spice there is. Man, that sounds great. Today, you can buy a jar of the spice mix, typically made with cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and ginger for as little as two thirty-nine, or drink it in a Starbucks pumpkin spice latte. 
confident that the nutmeg wasn't grown through the means of violence. Well, I want it to be grown through the means of violence. Man, where can I get, can I get that violent racist nutmeg? That's the nutmeg that I want. Oh, man. Where's the pumpkin spice lattes built on the back of black people? I love that phrase. That's the, this country was built on the back of black people. Yeah, no white people had anything to do with the formation of the country. It's just black people. Oh, my God. Amazing. And, you know, it's wild. You take something like slavery, which is fucked up, right? But the, the, the propaganda surrounding it makes you roll your eyes. Can you imagine? Your propaganda surrounding slavery is so insane, it makes people roll their eyes. It's, it's an event that, you know, be like, oh, that's fucked up. Well, they should enslave people. Sorry to hear that. No, 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 no. Instead, they, it's just ridiculous propaganda. Oh, they built the entire country. Yeah, okay, I'm sure they did. In addition... To nutmeg, cloves, and cinnamon are also referenced in the article for their bloody and dramatic fight to control the clove trade in Indonesia and the cinnamon trade in Sri Lanka. Cinnamon's pretty good. I'm a fan of cinnamon. You can put cinnamon in coffee. Fantastic. It's true that if we didn't get a little gay, but, you know, it's whatever. It's like one on the gay scale. It's not a ten. It's a one. Everyone has a one on the gay scale. It's like, you know... Whatever. It's true we didn't consume food that hadn't been touched by slavery and indigenous displacement. We wouldn't be eating a lot of food. But whenever foods enter the pop culture lexicon, the way pumpkin spice has in the U.S., it's important to acknowledge how it reached us, said food historian Sarah Wasberg Johnson. Oh, man, that's a coincidence. The Post's attempt at disparaging everyone's favorite fall flavor was met with jeers on Twitter. Lauren Chen said, I regret to inform you, the Washington Post has added again. Ashley St. Clair, is she having a midlife crisis? Am I, do you know who, who this is? Okay, so, anyway, whatever. It just seems like she has a kid and then suddenly she dyes her hair blonde. Does she, does she realize that like looks are fleeting so you're trying to get the most out of it now? Am I the only one noticing this? It just seems like it's, it's anyway, whatever, who cares? Washington Post hates white women confirmed. Another Twitter user uh, who goes by the name 9mm SMG, he's a based libertarian from New Hampshire, I believe. I believe 9mm SMG was the wrong thinker that got, um, that the lunatics, what was that hearing we were watching with some AIDS commie leftists that were pretending to be libertarians that are on the board in New Hampshire? At one of the, uh, I, I forget, it was like a, it was like a star chamber. It was like a, it was always, it was like a Jehovah's Witness elders meeting with with a, with a with a, a sinning Jehovah's Witness, and in the instance uh, of this one, the sinning Jehovah's Witness was uh, Jeremy Kaufman, I believe his name is, and uh, yeah, I believe, I believe this was the post when that lunatic ranting lady was like you retweeted something of a, oh no 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 it was it was the it was the uh, it was the uh, obvious um uh homosexual that guy was like oh you retweeted a guy that said i don't something about apartheid whatever and apparently he had the wrong opinion about apartheid or something and that was one of the sins of jeremy <laughs> but anyway that's the guy i follow him on twitter he's pretty based Concluding the Washington Post report, spice historian Adam Clu... Oh, what did he say? Hold, hold on, let me go back. He says, I told you my pumpkin spice latte I had earlier was based. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, based pumpkin spice. I'm down. 
I wish, what are the worst, most racist foods you can eat? I would like to have that as at Thanksgiving. Remember when PETA said that like Thanksgiving dinner was Holocaust on a plate? That's what I want. I want a Holocaust on a fucking plate. What's the most offensive food you could possibly eat? That's what I want to know. <clears throat> Concluding the Washington Post report, spice historian Adam Clulo explains, despite nutmeg not having any negative connotations today, Starbucks seasonal beverages remind him of 1627 painting, Still Life with the Turkey Pie by Peter's Clayes. It's the ultimate symbol of stunning, opulent, globalized consumption in the 17th century, he said, adding... It's the same with these Starbucks lattes. You're getting stuff from all over the world and repackaging it for wealthy consumers without acknowledging the history of the ingredients. Motherfucker, no one has to acknowledge the history of ingredients. Go suck another dick. Oh, my God. Can we have society that's not run by motherfuckers that are constantly at the bathhouse? Can we at least, how about maybe in a quarter of places in society? Is that too much to ask? Why do they have to be everywhere? It is insane. Oh, my God. I guarantee you that guy's a homosexual. You might say, hey, this guy, he's always talking about homosexuals. They're everywhere. Are they not? Tell me they're not everywhere. They are everywhere. And again, I used to be a liberal. I used to be, and frankly, I'm still of the position. I don't really give a shit that you're gay. It's just this nonstop ramming shit down our throats. I've had enough. I've had enough. And my question, like when you watch, you know, the news media or you put on a YouTube video and it's commercial time, or wherever you look, does everyone have to be gay? Why does everyone have to be gay? Why can't some of the people be gay? That used to be our society. Some people were gay. And we kind of were like, all right, well, whatever. Some people are gay. Who cares? Now, everybody's gay. It's unbelievable. And even if they're not gay, they're very feminine. And it's like, what's going on with this guy? Unbelievable. Anyway, here's let's get into the, uh, the most dangerous vaccine in human history. Um, more evidence that this shit is fucking poison. Elderly who got the COVID and flu shots in the same visit may have a higher stroke risk. Oops. Oh, well, I guess but that's all right. You're sacrificing your yourself to the World Economic Forum. So I'm sure. And Dr. Fauci. I'm sure Dr. Fauci will be very happy about your sacrifice. Elderly people may have an increased risk of stroke caused by blood clots in the brain if they received both the Ching Chong AIDS booster and a flu shot in the same visit. Older adults who received both shots in the same visit last year had a 20 to 35 percent increased stroke risk, according to the study. The results showed about three strokes every 100,000 doses given. The study suggests the increased stroke risk may be primarily driven by the flu shots rather than the COVID vaccines. Oh, great. That's fantastic. Nevertheless, the results have sparked concerns. The study examined the medical care claims of more than 5.3 million adults age 65 and older who received the bivalent Pfizer or Moderna, Moderna COVID vaccine. Those 65 or older who got the vaccine and a high-dose flu shot at the same time had an increased risk of blood clots in their brains. I mean, how would how is it not the COVID? I mean, maybe I, I am not aware of there being blood clots from flu shots um, and definitely not at the level that it happens with the COVID-19 vaccine. So how would it not be the COVID-19 vaccine? This is one of the key aspects of the COVID-19 vaccine, blood clots. Anyway, what are they trying to be like? Well, hey, other stuff is risky too, so you might as well take that too, bigot. Take all the shots. I'm not taking any of the shots. Fuck that shit. 
Um, those 85 and older who got the Pfizer vaccine also had a higher risk of stroke called, uh, caused by blood clots, even without taking the flu shots at the same time. Yeah, so it's the goddamn COVID-19 vaccine. The study is not yet peer-reviewed, and of course, that's what the whores that defend the COVID-19 vaccine will say. And then any ones that are, are, that are peer-reviewed that don't say what they wanted to say, they'll ignore those. So, uh, yeah, there we go. And they'll say, oh, it's still safe and effective. Don't even worry about it. Now, great news. Only three and a half percent of Americans opted to get the latest COVID shot. That's fantastic. That is mass noncompliance. New data from the CDC has revealed that just 3.5% of Americans opted to receive the latest COVID booster shot, despite the Biden administration urging Americans 60 uh, years of age and older, as well as those who are immunocompromised to vaccinate themselves against a triple-demic of the latest COVID strain, the, uh, the flu and RSV. The lack of demand for the new vaccine has Pfizer recording losses with much of its stock having... To, to be thrown out. Oh, yeah. According to the CDC, just 7% of adults and 2% of children in the United States got inoculated against the recent strains. That's inc- Those numbers are incredible. I've, I've tried to estimate what's like the percentage of lunatics in the country, like the true leftist AIDS commie lunatics. What's, I, think it's, I think it's a small percent, 15, 20% maybe. This shows you it might even be less than that. Because only the lunatic of lunatics, as far, uh, it, it, by the way, I happen to know one. <laughs> Three and a half percent, I know one that did it. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just a hell of a thing. It's a hell of a thing. But anyway, whatever. Um, but uh, only two percent. That means most of these, these, think about this, these lunatics that will happily cut their children's penises off in the name of LGBT, they won't even take the kid to get vaccinated. That's how bad it is. Wow. That's fucking wow. Now, you know, if we could just get them to stop uh, sacrificing their children's bodies at the altar of tranny bullshit, then we could maybe get somewhere. Polling shows those numbers aren't likely to get much higher in the coming months and years, with 40% of Americans say they probably or definitely won't get another COVID shot, and a similar percentage saying the same when asked whether they will vaccinate their children. As PBS reports, despite the fact that COVID deaths and hospitalizations are lower this year than in the previous three years, the virus's existence, an expert called the latest vaccination numbers abysmal. In June, the Biden administration called on vaccine manufacturers to make new COVID vaccines. And it, yeah, and it failed. And they, now they lost money. You listen to Biden and you lost money. I mean, that's nothing. You, you all deserve tribunals. So, you know, losing money is not going to cut it. We're going to need prison time at minimum. In an interview with the New York Times, Boston's Children's Hospital Vaccine Program Director and FDA Advisor Dr. Offer Levy called the availability of vaccines against RSV, COVID, and the flu a godsend for vulnerable Americans. He noted tens of thousands die every year as the result of viral infections. Despite their efforts, fewer Americans have sought a fresh dose of the vaccine due in large part of the prevalence of previous vaccinations and infections, which have led to milder cases for many other reasons that maybe wait what did that say uh oh 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 right 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 they think the 
previous ones. Oh, whatever. It's all bullshit. Other reasons may be influencing their decisions include the fact that unlike before, the jabs are no longer free, though they may still be covered under some insurance policies. Yeah, how about post-millennial that they don't work at all and that uh, they're also dangerous? Maybe that has a factor too. Maybe. Am I being unreasonable? Maybe that's a factor. Oh, and you know what's hilarious? Uh, who's that fucking piece of shit? Hotez? You know Hotez? The vaccine salesman? That guy is a grimy bitch. Anyway, he's, post he's been posting like, oh, my colleagues are dying all around me. Yeah, you guys are idiots. You're filling yourselves with poison and spike protein, and now you're getting what you deserve. So go fuck yourself. How about that? Go, and it can't happen for you soon enough, bitch, you fucking piece of shit. You know how many people that guy has coerced into taking poison? That guy's evil. He's like Mangala. Anyway, man, Patrick Bet David has got some fucking balls. This was hilarious. And, I mean, look, the Ron DeSantis campaign was over. It's been over. He fucking does not care. He rolled up to, uh, with Ron DeSantis and starts talking about the boots having, he like, heels inside it. <laughs> and he challenged them to wear normal shoes. This is phenomenal. This is phenomenal, man. Hold on a second. Let me, uh, let's, we might as well just, uh, let's just go to the, the video here. This is fantastic. I'm sure your marketing team points out how they're trying to troll you in the marketplace. Okay, I'm sure they're doing that. Can you bring this one clip? I know you were on, uh, 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 what do you call it? On, uh, uh, what was it? Bill Maher, and Bill Maher talked about the boots. I've seen you walk with these boots. Go ahead and play this clip. This on TikTok went viral. It doesn't have a million views. It doesn't have you know, 10 million views. This thing's got 1.2 million likes. And, and some people are wondering. How, what are they? I don't even, so I haven't what, seen that. What there's, they've not shown this to you. Okay, no. what they're trying to say with this is that in your boots, you have heels. No, no, no. That's yeah, what they're no, trying to Those say. are just standard off the rack um, Lucchese. Um, how, how, tall are you? how tall are you, Governor? How tall 5 are you? 5'11". 5'11". Okay. Why don't you wear tennis shoes and dress shoes? Uh, I do wear tennis shoes when I work out. Yeah, 100%. you do. Yep. Okay, I got a gift for you. I'd love for you to wear. Okay, I shop at Ferragamo. Okay. I don't accept gifts. I can't accept it. I, I totally get it. I'm sorry. Anyway, so yeah, and what was funny is the DeSantis people are all freaking out because they can't take jokes either. You know, this is an easy thing. First of all, first of all, first of all. The fuck did you think the internet would do? You think you're going to get away with wearing boots like this? All the internet needs is one picture of the boot, and they will figure out who makes it, where it was purchased, what the serial number is, every possible thing, the schematics of the boot. They will have all of it probably within 24 hours. The idea that you could do this and get away with it. What is wrong with you? Why are you? This is such an unforced error. Who cares how tall DeSantis is? That's the ponderings of homosexuals. I don't give a shit about that. The fuck do I care how tall he is? It doesn't matter. And he's not short. So why? Who told? Is it his? What is it? Did he himself have a problem? Did some idiot advise him to do this? Why would you do this? And then when the internet does what it does and finds out and then starts joking about it then you all start taking it serious and acting like it's like a big sin that we're making fun of the guy oh my god you guys are fucking this is the worst goddamn campaign
I, it's really, it's just, I would feel bad for DeSantis if, if it wasn't, you know, I've lost, I, I'm just, look, I will acknowledge he has done a lot of good stuff as governor. All this shit with the uh, speech in Florida is just such a deal breaker that I don't feel bad anymore. And I'm frankly thinking he got what he deserved. I am concerned about strategically a, a rising star in the Republican side losing political capital. Um, however, if they screw Trump out of the nomination or they screw him out of the election, I'm not going to care about that because I'll be going independent. And I will, in, in addition to the Democrats, I will be also rooting for the dismantling of the what is ultimately the uniparty and have it be replaced with like good, good people. Um, but um, but, you know, I, I still think it's important. Like he is a good governor and, and that's that's true. But. Yeah, you know, I, I just, uh, yeah, I just don't give a fuck anymore. It's just, just uh, the level of censorship that they have revealed that they are willing to engage in now after like, like what a mask off moment. You know, it's interesting. Leftists, I've said this, they, they're masked. They can't take the mask off any more than they, they have. They're, they're ripping their face off now. There's just nothing left. However, major mask off for and it's not really like a shock but major mask off for like the neocon uniparty rhinos and all of their supporters and shills man the level of first of all they they really are identical to leftists in tactics and they they're so censorious you got chris christie the big fat gross hog up there talking about just repeating leftist talking points Oh, there's a different, you know, hate speech is not free speech. Motherfucker, what are you talking? First of all, hate speech is not even real, you dumb bitch. And secondly, it is considered free speech. The Supreme Court is even ruled as such because there was this uh, Asian band that wanted to call themselves the fucking gooks or something or the ching chongs. I forget. They wanted to name the, oh, the slants. Was it the slants? I think the, they wanted to call themselves the slants. Or maybe they weren't Asian. I don't care. Call yourself what you want. I think they were Asian, though. Anyway, and then the Supreme Court was like, yeah, you can do that. That's fine. It's protected. So, and then Nikki Haley, and then DeSantis, and then they're trying to, like, they're, they're, they're trying to conflate material support for terrorism with speech. And, like I said, I don't like, the people that they're targeting, I don't like. Fuck these leftists. They can eat a dick. But, again, make no mistake, you know they're coming for Trump. And they're coming for Trump supporters, and they're going to do the same shit. And so uh, it is very fascinating to watch them just reveal their entire ass. And uh, it's not good because it's more people that ultimately, at the end of the day, want to probably do stuff to us. And that's not good. That is not good. Um, you know, they probably don't want to fuck our kids, which is a good thing. That's probably the difference between them and the AIDS commie left. They, they want to fuck our children. So, but, but these people want to destroy us if we don't suck Israel's cock full-throated with eye contact and, um, what's the term, um, gleefully swallowing without any hesitation or flinching. And, uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. I, I don't, uh, it's just, like, ridiculous. It's a hell of a time. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, this was great by Patrick Bet David. Uh, he's, he's been having, you know, it's weird. Like, uh, I, I watch the show pretty frequently. I like the show. Um, uh, but, man, that Adam motherfucker. Did you see the clip? I, I am officially designated Adam a bitch. I like Patrick Bet David. I think he does a good job. I like Vinny, and I like the older guy. I forget his name. That they talk to him a lot about like uh, economic stuff. 
I got no problem with those three. I think they do a great job. I liked how Vinny gave Steve Schmidt what he deserved. I thought that was great. Adam's a bitch. Did you see the clip of him talking to... Um, first of all, he, he got destroyed by Anna Kasparian on Israel. But even if you want to put that aside, and I don't like Anna Kasparian a little bit, but that's, that's my read. But um, uh, Katie Hopkins, I believe her name is. This is a woman from the UK who got massively canceled for talking about, I mean, a lot of different things. But one of the things, from what I understand that she talked about, is uh, how fucked up immigration is and how, you know, in, in the UK, you got these Muslim rape gangs and, like, the, the, the way they've done immigration in the UK and other Western countries, but she's from the UK, is just disgraceful and it's harming a lot of the citizens, okay? Um, Adam, he thought he was going to get a big own on her and he embarrassed himself and came off like a bitch because he was completely downplaying all the rapes and fucked up shit that, that happens in the UK at the hands of Muslims. It's not every Muslim, but it's some Muslims. And so, you know, the grooming gangs, it's, that's no good. That's like the idea that like, sh what, because it's not like 90% of the population, this is all fine? Anyway, he came off like such a bitch, and she destroyed him. And then, and Vinny and, uh, and uh, Patrick, Pat, David were laughing at him, and that's what he deserves. So fuck, fuck Adam. Hopefully he turns it around and stops being such a fucking bitch. All right, let's move on here. What do we have? Um, uh, Soros back... Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this is the uh, good news portion of the program. Soros-backed activist district attorney gets robbed. Oh, man, damn. Becomes victim of her own system. Oh, man, that's a real shame. Alameda County District Attorney Pamela Price is no stranger to controversy. She raised eyebrows after she received at least $130,000 from George Soros during her failed 2018 election bid, then won in 2022 on a campaign of radical criminal reforms for the Oakland area. Her primary position that minorities are disproportionately targeted by law enforcement and the criminal court system and that equity policies would stop the rising crime rate. Price has made headlines in the past for various suspect behaviors and decisions. Not long after taking office, she hired her boyfriend, Antoine Coilard, A-N-T-W-O-N, to her office as a senior program specialist with a six-figure income. She then tried to interfere in a triple murder for hire case, creating a plea deal for the defendant and reducing his sentence down to a maximum of 15 years, even though he was eligible for 75. The presiding judge blocked Price's plea deal, but dropped two charges. Price accused the judge of bias and said he should no longer be allowed to preside over criminal cases. Pamela Price's methods have so far been a disaster for the Bay Area. Skyrocketing crime, 41% increase in burglaries and 20% increase in robberies has led to Alameda residents demanding a recall of the far-left activist DA. Alameda and the surrounding metro area does not report full violent crime data, which will not provide such information to the FBI until 24-25. Violent crime rates... Oh, man, upstairs Nigar, he, he doesn't like that one. Violent crime rates are estimated to have risen at least 20%. Residents said prices soft on crime antics are making things far worse for the community and costing innocent lives. Ironically, Price has become a victim of her own policies. The DA had her car broken into and was robbed this week. Oh, that's a shame. Items including a laptop were taken. The break-in happened in broad daylight. Oh, man. 
Uh, when Price attempted to call police, she waited an hour for a response and then was forced to file a report online. Lack of adequate law enforcement present and the refusal to prosecute, often based on race, has been cited as the biggest catalyst for the Bay Area swift social and economic decline. Oh, I love when they get what they deserve. Isn't that fantastic? All right. Good to see. Yeah, that uh, warms the cockles of my heart. Um ESPN broadcast feed appears to cut off after Aaron Rodgers starts talking about the vaccine. So um, I I am watching. I don't really watch. I'm just kind of observing. There's this guy. I've talked about him. I said I, a, f- a few months ago I had said I, I discovered this guy, Pat McAfee. And Pat McAfee is a white man who is appearing to be completely heterosexual. Uh, which is, of course, an enemy of the mainstream and the regime. They hate white people. Now, the big sin of Pat McAfee is he only talks about sports. He doesn't talk about any, as far as I've seen, he doesn't talk about any of the AIDS commie bullshit. And I said, if this is, if, if my read is right, they're going to cancel this guy somehow. Well, apparently what he started to do is when it comes to the vaccine, he's bringing in based Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers on the vaccine is very based. And um, and he doesn't give a fuck, and he talks mad shit, and he makes fun of Fauci, and I think that's fantastic. So, already there's been a coordinated media attack against McAfee because Aaron Rodgers. So what happens? He has him on again for the Halloween special. I like that. See, I like that. They did a coordinated media narrative. We went over a couple of the articles, Deadspin and all these ridiculous outlets, claiming that, you know, the typical, he has a responsibility to obey us and make sure that people are tricked into taking the most dangerous vaccine in history. You know how they go. And apparently he's ignoring that, and he's still having on Aaron Rodgers, which is fantastic. So then Aaron Rodgers started talking about the vaccine and spike proteins. (laughs) It's fantastic. In a video of the incident, Rogers started talking about his Halloween costume, and co-host A.J. Hawk asked if Rogers' costume was Anthony Fauci. McAfee then chimed in to ask if he was dressed as the coronavirus vaccine. Then the feed was cut. Oh, man. Isn't that a hell of a thing? Rogers, of course, repeatedly has taken jabs at the jab on the McAfee show. Back in 2021, for instance, Rogers said he was in the crosshairs of the woke mob over his vaccine skepticism after he told the world that he was not vaccinated, even though he was a member of the NFL, which was pushing the vax hard on players. After that, he took a shot at the left by wearing an anti-cancel culture shirt on the show. Earlier this month, he took aim at the Kansas City's chief star, Travis Kelsey, who is a bitch. Uh, who he called Mr. Pfizer, which is hilarious. Oh, and there's there's a, there's a total Democrat gay op going on. Where it, this is, you know, it's funny. Um, I, if I would have gotten back into sports, I would have been gone by now, because if I had gone back into hockey, I would have been gone after the Mike Babcock thing, which I'm not going to get into. And the uh, it was just a pussy ass players. Players are fucking pussies. That's um, okay. And then the uh, oh the homosexual tape, you know. Oh, we have to put. You know, at first they were like, "All right, we're getting rid of this," and I was like, "Oh, that's nice." Now that now it's back, so you can you, all the pride stuff's back. Now with with uh, football, there's an obvious gay op going on with this. Uh, what's this whore? This very popular whore. Uh, what the fuck is her name? Whatever the fuck her name is. Anyway. They're doing this thing where, like, whenever the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are, like, a popular team, they're, they're, like, a good team, and so good teams usually have a decent amount of games in prime time, Sunday night, Monday night, whatever. 
So what they do is they show her like a million times during the game, okay? And the whole thing is, look at this cute, wonderful, attractive couple of very successful people. And what is their message to the plebs? Take the vaccine and vote for Democrats. It's obvious what this is, okay? It is a total Democrat Global homo gay op. I don't believe it is a real relationship. You know, it's weird. Even if it's a real relationship, um, from what I understand, she's pretty hot. I'll give her that. Uh, with this singer, whatever the fuck her name is. But she has a reputation for being dumped. And think about this. This is one of the most successful women in the world who's smoking hot. But men dump her? How fucking crazy does she have to be? How crazy is she? They are constantly dumping her. That's at least the reputation from what I understand. Taylor Swift, that's her name, Taylor Swift. What the hell's going, what the hell is going on? What is, go, what, is there, I don't know. Maybe she has a smelly pussy, I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on, but that's a hell of a thing right there. All right, moving on here. Uh, trick or treat. Um, some American towns ban teens from online pastime. Yeah, I don't understand this. By the way, did you see these ridiculous AIDS commie schools? They're banning the... And by the way, what else is new? I've been covering this kind of shit for seven years. By the way, it's been it's been officially seven years. So happy Halloween and also happy seven years of doing this shit. But how many years have I... Seven years in a row, seven Halloweens in a row. You know what I'm about to say these schools are doing. They're canceling the Halloween parade because they say it's not inclusive. Um... Which, you know, I didn't celebrate Halloween when I was a kid because I was a Jehovah's Witness. But the thing about Jehovah's Witnesses is so amazing. Jehovah's Witnesses are a pleasure compared to leftists. And, I, and, and Jehovah's Witnesses are a very strict religious cult with a lot of mind fuckery and restriction. And it is brutal, especially for kids. You can't do anything. Okay. Now, if you're lucky, you might have parents that are more, more reasonable. Okay. I was like 50-50. My parents were like sometimes very strict, but then sometimes they would ease off. And I also found pockets where I could kind of get away with stuff, right? Like I could kind of get away with, because, you know, they were, both my mom and dad worked and they worked their asses off. So they come home at the end of the day and, uh, you know, like as, as I got older, you know, you stay up and then like they're going to sleep and then you're kind of like, oh, uh, you know, sneaking down and watching TV. So I was able to watch a lot of shit I wasn't supposed to, which is very fortunate because some kids, they had parents, you know, helicopter Jehovah's Witness parents monitoring everything 24-7 and good God, good luck to them. I don't know. Some of them kill themselves. That's how crazy it is. But anyway... They didn't tell other people they couldn't celebrate Halloween. I wasn't allowed to, but no one ever. I have never as much criticism as I have for the leadership of that cult. And I think they all belong in prison. The leaders, not the people. They're, they're misled. And they're all, I tell you, a lot of JWs are very nice people. A lot of them are assholes, but a lot of them are very nice, okay? Or no, I'll say a minority are assholes. Most of them are nice people. Um, and they do have a pedophile problem. Let's be real about that. There is a pedophile problem inside the Jehovah's Witnesses. It is, it is what it is, okay? But anyway, no, never was there any talk that I remember of, like, pr stopping what they would call worldly people. See, if you're not a Jehovah's Witness, you're worldly or a worldling. That was more of an older way of... Uh, older terminology 
Uh, but it's a way to dehumanize the non-believers because Jehovah's going to kill them all anyway at Armageddon. But you know that's the, that's the belief. But anyway, there was no talk of like stopping other people from celebrating holidays. But leftists are worse than Jehovah's Witnesses because they want to stop other people from enjoying whatever it is they enjoy. No matter what it is, it doesn't, it doesn't just have to be a holiday. They find some, look, we just went over, pumpkin spice. They're going after pumpkin spice. Anyway, so you have all these schools that are, again, canceling the parade because it's not inclusive because some kids don't celebrate. Well, do what you do with the Jehovah's Witnesses. You got to go into, the, you can either not go to school, it depended. For the Halloween parade, that day I didn't go to school. For the Christmas stuff, Christmas and Thanksgiving was, there was a lot of stuff related to that, right? And and it wasn't like parties, and again, this is all regional, it depends, and, and, and I also went to school in like the, the 80s. Um, it Halloween, there was a parade that I remember. So I didn't go to school that day. And that really wasn't that bad of a gig. You don't go to school, you know, that's really not a problem. You know, stay home and play Atari, that's not a problem. Now, going through Thanksgiving and Christmas, there was a lot of like cutting out turkeys in art class and then this and that. And then for all that shit, I had to be either given something else or I had to go go to the office. And that was my cross to bear or in the Jehovah's Witnesses, my stake to bear. Uh, that was my stake to bear. Um, they were very anti-cross Jehovah's Witnesses. And, and I dealt with it. And it sucked, but I dealt with it. And no one owed me anything. The idea that, well, because I can't celebrate, you can't celebrate, that's bullshit. You're, you're, you're infringing on other people. And leftists love to do that. So you got all these cancellations. So now these poor kids, they can't fucking celebrate Halloween. And then apparently there are um, townships that ban Halloween for people 14 and over. As children across the nation ready their costumes for Halloween, the question of how old is too old for trick-or-treating has resurfaced. It is against the law for some teenagers and adults to enjoy the activity in some American towns. Many residents don't agree there should be an age limit. In one famous example, Chesapeake, Virginia, until recently had a 1970s law on the books threatening any teen caught trick-or-treating with up to six months in jail. The city changed the law after a massive backlash, but its statute still says kids over 14 are guilty of a misdemeanor. That's ridiculous. So I did, when I was 15, trick-or-treat for the first time um, because I, you know, I, I worked at this telemarketing place. I had a little more freedom. So we did this whole scheme where I would say I'd be at work and then we went trick-or-treating and we, we, it was crazy. Like we were insane. We went from like the main line to my working class neighborhood, which would take you probably an hour and a half to walk, maybe an hour and 15 minutes to walk as it is. And we, we did, you know, trick-or-treating all the way there from like 5.30 to 10. And we had gigantic fucking um, uh pillowcases of candy, which of course I had to smuggle in a little at a time because I couldn't just come home with a giant pillowcase full of candy. Um, but anyway, I was 15, so I would have been banned. It would it was like the only time I did it because then the next year I was kind of like, you know, doing the weed thing and we just like smoke weed and, you know, watch our movies and it really, how do you top off what we did that night? It was like I got all the trick-or-treating of my life done in one night. And then I was good. And then I was good because I had a giant fucking sack of candy that lasted like forever. 
And, uh, and they're like, what are you going to do that again? It's like, I'm good. But, um, but I, I wouldn't have been able to do it here. And then in Illinois, in Taylorville, Illinois, it's illegal if you're over 13 to trick or treat. What the fuck is this bullshit? However, the spooky holiday does not have an age limit, according to neighbor, neighbor Gail Lum, who's told the outlet I would be happy to give out candy to anyone that's over 13, because at least they're out trick-or-treating and not getting into trouble somewhere. Lum also says it's a wholesome activity, and parents that allow them or even accompany, accompany them where they go, we get out of our children what we put into our children. So take the time to receive the older trick-or-treaters. They're just still kids. Oh, good for that lady. That's a nice lady. In October 2022, Detroit's YXYZ asked residents about the issue. One woman said, I think they should never stop trick-or-treating. I'm on my way to get some candy now, she commented while gesturing towards the storefront. A man said, I'm 63. I feel you should never stop trick-or-treating, while another told the outlet he felt children should stop participating when they are nine years old. What, are you crazy? The NPR report concluded many adults believe there's nothing wrong with clinging to childhood, especially if teens are willing to wear a costume and stay out of trouble. Uh, I did get in trouble because I didn't have a costume. All I had were sunglasses. Because, uh, uh, you know, 15, totally broke. Uh, so all I had was, was sunglasses. We Yeah, we, we scammed our way through. So there was another JW that went with us, um, and he <laughs> he didn't have a costume either. So what he did, he rolled up to... Like where we worked at this telemarketing place, uh, there was a Pizza Hut. So uh, he rolled up there and asked for a box, you know, to put pizza in for free, and they gave it to him. So then he said he was a pizza delivery guy. I was like, that's genius. I had sunglasses. So I just said I was a rapper. And what was funny is a couple of the doors I went to, the person was like, what are you? And I said, oh, I'm a rapper. And they looked at me and they were like, yeah. <laughs> pretty funny anyway uh, yeah the pizza delivery shit that was fucking that was a good idea anyway most people didn't care um yeah let's talk about the rabid cokehead homosexual running a ukraine he's not very happy right now we're not winning uh, a Zelensky aide reportedly called his president Zelensky delusional a close aide to Ukrainian President Zelensky reportedly told a Time magazine journalist that the president is in a state of delusion over his belief in ultimate victory over Russia. He deludes himself, the aide said. We're out of options. We're not winning. But try telling them that, Time reported. Oh, wait, but I thought... Hold on. Time is reporting this? I thought Ukraine was winning. Oh, man. Isn't that surprising that they were lying this whole time? Man. Okay, well, why don't you just let Coach Red Pill out of jail and we'll call it even... Okay, how about this? How about this? Stop asking us for money. Release Coach Red Pill and shut the fuck up. Can we agree to this? Of course not. Of course not. You must take our tranny seriously. Do you see this dude? Apparently he lost the wig. He made a video. I don't even give a shit what it said. It's just some fucking talking about how they're going to win or something. Yeah, okay. Well, Zelensky feels personally betrayed by the West. Bitch, how much fucking money... Do you need? How much coke do, can you snort? Holy shit. The amount of money that we've given Ukraine makes what we've given to Israel, I mean, not, not including what we're about to do, because we're probably about to give them a fucking gorillion. But it pales in comparison. How much money do you need, motherfucker? What else do you want? Oh, my God. He says he felt betrayed by the West, who he accuses of failing to give him the means to win the war. 
he paradoxically, paradoxically still clings to the notion of ultimate victory. The eight said, we're not moving forward. Um, this was about the dire condition on the front lines with Russia. The aid revealed to time that even some Ukrainian frontline commanders have begun to refuse direct orders to advance. They don't have the men or the weapons. Um, political unity around Western commitment towards Ukraine has been eroded. The House Republican Conference presented a draft bill Monday that would separate America funding toward Israel, which enjoys bipartisan support, and Ukrainian funding. In the Senate, a similar concept has been circulated. Uh, anyway, whatever. Fuck all these people in Congress. They're just nonstop selling us out and giving our money to other countries while we get fucked in the ass. And then Bober was like, oh, but it's coming out of the IRS, bitch. Stop sending money. I don't want to hear it. Okay? This is bullshit. You're fucking us in the ass. Even if you have great tits, you're still fucking us in the ass. Tennessee is forced to pay out $125,000 to settle a lawsuit after a man was arrested for a meme mocking a cop's death. So it's not just Ricky Vaughn. Um, it's this guy. They fucked with this guy. This guy made a meme. This is at the local level. Rutherford County... Rutherford County's Joshua Garten recently saw a considerable payout after a protected, protected, protracted legal battle rooted in the controversial lines of free speech and censorship. District Attorney W. Ray Crouch, along with two TBI agents, have settled to the tune of 125000 after Garten's contentious arrest in 2021 for a meme touching on deeper <clears throat> societal issues of what constitutes freedom of expression. This significant settlement arises from claims of malicious prosecution, false arrests, and breaches of First Amendment rights. It is noteworthy that the accusation against Garten was dissolved due to an insufficient basis. At the heart of the incident was a digitally altered image Garten shared in January 2021. It featured a repurposed album cover from the Wright's 2009 release Pissing on Your Grave, which depicted two individuals desecrating a tombstone. The controversy erupted when Garten included an image of former Dixon Police Sergeant Daniel Baker, who tragically lost his life in 2018 during a duty call on the headstone. The episode resulted in Garten's 12-day detention. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. The legal proceeding laid bare a series of text messages suggesting the key individuals in the case, which included Crouch and David Rausch, director of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, were fully aware that no crime had been committed by Garten. A rather ominous statement from an unnamed defendant echoed the sentiment, he has a right to the post. It doesn't mean that there's no con consequences. Yeah, see, that's, that's what the sick fuckers say. Oh, you're being held responsible for your speech while they abuse you for your speech. Assholes. All right, let's talk about a guy that belongs in prison who's running for Congress. Former January 6th prosecutor runs for Congress. This uh, 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 ridiculous faggot uh, is focusing on co tackling conspiracy theories on social media. A uh, lunatic AIDS commie is, uh, who made him a name for himself by going after uh, participants of the January 6th mostly peaceful protests is now hoping to capitalize on his previous career by switching directly to politics. Will Rollins has announced that he's running for Congress in California and his platform is based on changing regulation that governs big tech and social media. So putting innocent people in prison is one thing. Now he wants to censor people. So this guy is all about <clears throat> violating people's rights. Um, 
He claims QAnon is real, and he doesn't like people telling the truth about COVID. He claims it's spreading division based on lies. Ah, yes, sowing discord, spreading division, phrases from propagandists. Normal people do not talk like that. In announcing the congressional run, Rollins revealed that his political efforts are based on the thinking that divisions in the U.S. are not the result of differing political and ideological beliefs within a free electorate, but a democ- of democracy-eroding lies that the media, big tech, and extremists all help spread. Yeah, so this is the one of the overarching narratives right now, especially with the prosecution of Trump and many of his supporters, which is your disagreement with them is criminal. And terroristic, and they can they can either uh, use the state against you or other means to get you into compliance. That's ultimately what a lot of this is. Uh, you see these uh, bullshit gag orders with Trump. They're claiming that he's threatening. Trump hasn't threatened one person. That's totally made up. Trump criticizes people, and they're pretending criticism or threats. Just like when you saw in the Mueller indictment of the Russians, when they said that. Um, Russians having opinions about political shit in America was illegal. I, I had said, and others had said at the time, they're going to use this against Americans. And that's what the whole purpose of this is to get their foot in the door so they can use it against Americans. That is exactly what happened. It's, uh, they made and th- similar arguments about Ricky Vaughn with the memes. Um, now, this whole thing with what they're doing with Trump is is to is their foot in the door to then mass politically prosecute as many of his supporters as possible for their speech. That's what I think is going to happen. I hope I'm wrong. Um, so he wants to regulate, uh, of course, social media and force it to obey him and Democrats. Um, and he's claiming that the that Russia is also causing uh, causing division. So anyway, hopefully this guy someday gets what he deserves. And what I mean is a fair trial and a lengthy prison sentence. That's what I'd like to see. Um, UK government apologizes after... Man, upstairs Negar is making a lot of fucking noise right now. Holy shit. UK government apologizes after counter-disinformation unit got caught lying and monitoring a journalist's speech. Those who may have a penchant for English literature may also be aware of this quote from The Witch of Edmonton. This were a fine rain to do ill and not hear of it again. But even those who lack that interest, this might seem like a succinct way to describe some of the ways politicians and whole national cabinets apologize regarding certain fundamental mistakes they're making. They do at times read less like apologies and more like, can we please move on? Fit for individuals, perhaps, but it is ever ever for states and governments. Yeah, you got this bald piece of shit that went on Bill Maher. He was a... Uh, COVID authoritarian, and he, he asked for grace. You can get grace after you get a tribunal. After tribunals, uh, no problem. When you're buried under a jail, that's when I'll forgive. So that's that's my terms. He says, if Talk TV host Julia Hartley Brewer wanted a formal apology from the UK government, she has it. You see, the government is either sorry for inflicting pain on Hartley Brewer or just upset because... Their countering disinformation unit got caught pants down spreading actual disinformation. However, who knew being a mere vaccine skeptic came to be considered one and the same equal to spreading misinformation? What will happen to science itself? The UK cabinet is aware, right, that there's no science without skepticism. 
In the meantime, Julia Hartley Buer, as far as the UK government, is no longer a vaccine skeptic. She's received an apology, but a far more interest to the general public. The label was slapped on the journalist as she was included in what Big Brother Watch Rights Group said was a secret report on vaccine hesitancy sent across the UK government recipients and even to the US government. The saddest or most alarming part of the story is that Harley, Hartley Brewer could hardly be considered any kind of skeptic to begin with, and yet she made it on the list. The reporter had the COVID jab and even promoted it on her show, but on a post on Twitter that got her uh, on a secretive list um, no, no, no was the post in reaction to a Telegraph article published on October uh, 2021 about the Health Secretary and Education Secretary's joint letter to parents encouraging them to vaccinate their children against COVID. Oh, so I guess what, what, they, what, they, um, what she was against is poisoning children. So this woman got put on a list because she was against AIDS commie global homos poisoning children. Um, that's all it took to get the rapid response unit in a tizzy. We really are. We've just been taken over by communists. This is just unbelievable. They got the secret police already. That unit apparently no longer formally exists. Acquired knowledge assumes that they may or may not be something worse in its place. But Big Brother Watch has now crowdfunded legal action against the UK government to stop the counter-disinformation unit targeting political dissent arguing the unit is threatening freedom of expression in the UK. It is thought to be the first ever legal action in Europe against the government's counter-disinformation activity. And Hartley Buer had something to say too. I am shocked that the British government spent time during the pandemic monitoring and attempting to censor and smearing a journalist who was simply trying to do her job by asking the right questions and challenging the prevailing orthodoxy. I was not a known vaccine skeptic, as my on-air and online comments clearly prove yeah but i've said it before uh, the in the blowjob analogy you you flinched you flinched and uh, that's not acceptable to them so you must pay the consequences it is a hell of a thing they are merciless absolutely merciless all right let's get to some videos here here is the uh not balding the 100 percent bald joy reed uh talking about uh what is this oh yeah this lunatic judge giving a, a gag order to trump there's like 900 gag orders at this point Donald Trump getting a taste of what he has long complained that he's always wanted, the same treatment under the law as every other American citizen. It comes in the form of a reimposed gag order from Judge Tanya Chetkin, who is overseeing his federal election interference case in Washington, D.C. The gag order, which was initially put in place two weeks ago and temporarily lifted by Judge Chutkin shortly afterwards, prohibits Trump from making public statements that could intimidate or harass potential witnesses, or from making disparaging comments about the prosecutors, court staff, or support personnel. For instance, calling special counsel Jack Smith or his staff deranged or thugs would be a no-no. In her filing Too over bad. the weekend, Judge Chutkin pointed to one of Trump's social media posts during the pause on the gag order as a clear example for why it had to be put back in place. In the post, Trump attacked his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, a potentially important witness in the trial, as a weakling and a coward if, as the reporting stated, he did in fact make an immunity deal with the special counsel for his testimony. She writes that it would have almost certainly violated the gag order had it not been paused. Not surprisingly, Trump has not taken kindly to the judge's decision going on the attack against her, calling her a true Trump hater with an incurable case of Trump derangement syndrome, which under the gag order he is allowed to say, at least for now. 
Trump also repeated his claims that the gag order illegally and unconstitutionally takes away my First Amendment right of free speech in the middle of my campaign for president. Of course, that's not true. And the judge goes into great detail in her order as to why Trump, as usual, is wrong when it comes to the law. But this also brings us back to Trump's long-held desire for there to not be a two-tier justice system in this country, that he should be treated like everybody else. And that is exactly what Judge Chutkin is doing. During the hearing, where she first imposed the gag order, the judge acknowledged Trump's First Amendment rights and made concessions on his behalf, but emphasized that just because he happens to be running a political campaign does not give him the right to use any kind of language that he wants, she said. But those critical First Amendment freedoms do not allow him to launch a pretrial smear campaign against participating government staff, their families, and foreseeable witnesses. No other criminal defendant would be allowed to do so, and I am not going to allow it in this case. What are you going to do, bitch? Two gag orders, barring him from discussing aspects of his legal cases in the public. And the, the other one comes from the judge overseeing his civil fraud trial in New York that prohibits anyone from publicly commenting about any member of the court staff. Trump has now violated that order twice and has been fined $15,000 and was threatened with jail time by Judge Arthur and Gorin. And, without, and within hours of the federal gag order being reinstated, Trump was already attacking another potential witness, his former attorney general, Bill Barr, calling him, among other things, dumb, weak, and gutless. Whether that violated the gag order is yet to be seen. And if so, what will Judge Chuck can do about it? Before ending the hearing. So right now there is a coordinated media campaign arguing that Trump should be jailed, which is hilarious, but also scary. And it's because he's criticizing them. That's what they want him jailed for. Hearing when she first imposed the gag order, she said, quote, if any party or council violates these restrictions, I will consider sanctions as may be necessary. Joining me now is Renato Mariotti, former federal prosecutor and columnist for Political Magazine, and Tim O'Brien, senior executive editor of Bloomberg Opinion and an MSNBC political analyst. Renato, uh, it falls to you to tell us uh, what sanctions, because Donald Trump so far, when he has violated the gag order in the civil case in New York, has been fined a grand total of what, like 20 grand? which he claims is a billionaire. I know he's not, but still not that much money. What sanctions could he be uh, could be imposed on him in this case? Well, I think she's going to start with monetary penalties. Uh, that did have some impact, even in that New York case that you referred to. And you can't, uh, Joy, you can't start right at 60. You, you don't go right from zero to 60. You, you raise the temperature little by little. So I think the judge is going to start there. But where could it go? It could go to pretrial uh, detention. That's what happened to Sam Bankman-Fried, that uh, crypto uh, guy who's on trial right now. Mm -hmm. He ended up getting tossed in pretrial detention when he was leaking uh, his uh, witnesses' diaries to the New York Times, the opposing witness. Another possibility is she could move up the trial date. I mean, she's threatened to do that before. That's always on the table as well. She has wide discretion to do that. And I can't think of anything Donald Trump would like less at this point. Yeah, uh, Tim, I, I wrote one book about Trump. You, you were in court with him, so you, you know better than I do. Uh, where's the pain threshold for him? Uh, because it, it, we know it's going to be killing him that he can't call Jack Smith, you know, a bum or whatever he wants to call him. Uh, what do you think the pain threshold is where it will actually stop, change his behavior? I think putting him in jail. I, I don't think, and I, as, as Renato said, you don't want to get, go to zero to 60 and throw him in jail right away. But I don't think 
monetary damages are going to shut him up. And, and he's actually, he probably thinks it's good value for his money because one of his goals here is to undermine the integrity of the rule of law and the court system and its participants. And to make all of this seem as if he's the victim of uh, the court is corrupt and there's no merit to the charges in any of these cases. And, and he's doing this in all the cases. So for him, $20,000, $80,000, $100,000 is probably money pretty well spent. Will he want to spend a night in jail? I don't think so. The, the other thing that's looming o over all of this is, you know, in three of these cases, three black women are systematically using the law to strip the bark off of him. Like oh, yeah, that's totally normal. Yeah, oh, it's three black women are imprisoning Trump. That's wonderful. Old tree. And I don't think that that is sitting well with him. And he hasn't come right out and said it. But I think he does not like being cornered by uh, three wardens of the law, uh, who he, I think, privately, routinely, and grotesquely disparages. Uh, I think the other thing, you know, that Judge Chutkin's ruling is nine pages, and it was very direct, and I think it was very elegant, and she was very crisp in how she deflated both his criticisms of what was happening to him and reasserted the rule of law in this case. She didn't say she was cutting off his free speech completely. She said, in fact, you can... Yeah, guys, she's merciful. ...criticize Biden. You can exercise your political speech, but you're not going to target potential witnesses or members of this process. That I will not let you do. Uh, I'm glad you said that about the three prosecutors of color, because if I said a certain other network, their whole A blocks all for tomorrow, <laughs> 24 hours, would be attacking me. Uh, let me go back to you, Renato, because the, the thing is, the other thresholds and Tim knows a lot about this, is, is embarrassment. Uh, Trump doesn't like being embarrassed. Um, in the civil fraud trial, each of his kids is going to embarrass him. Uh, next this, this week, beginning uh, on Wednesday. Donald Trump Jr. I mean, you've seen him on social media. I've seen him. Tim has seen him on social media. We know what he is. Uh, he testifies on Wednesday. On Thursday, it's Eric's turn, the guy who uh, snitched on the fact that they get lots of their money from Russia. Trump himself, Monday the 6th. And then Ivanka, Trump is extremely mad about that one, um, that she's going to testify on the 8th. What is the value to the civil case of their testimony um, and is the prosecutor going to try to use them against their father or just bolster the case that they were lying about the valuations of properties? Yeah, I think the attorney, Attorney General James and her team have a lot to gain from that testimony. You know, don't forget, Joy, they took the fifth a whole lot of times in their prior testimony, in their depositions. That puts them in a very tough spot because they really can't change their testimony now. They really can't say, well, Actually, I took the fifth before. Now I got a totally different approach, and now I'm going to answer. Um, I think it's going to be a bit of a circus, right? Um, and, and realistically, it's just absolutely damning in a civil trial when you're asked questions like, did you engage in a scheme to defraud? And then you take the fifth. I mean, what is So let me get this. So then this is just a humiliation ritual because they've already previously testified. They took the fifth. They can take the fifth, and they're going to take the fifth again. So it's just one big fucking waste of time. That, what does that do? Obviously, the judge is entitled in a civil case that infer from that that your answer would incriminate you, which I think is devastating. And, and as for Ivanka, you, know, you mentioned Trump's not going to be happy with her testimony. You know, she's going to be trying to walk some fine line because she wants to remain on her dad's good side. 
But we all know yeah. that her her and her husband are, are always come first in her mind. She's going to be concerned about her reputation. She's going to be trying to weave some story. And I unfortunately, I don't think that that's going to add up for her in the end. Yeah, so she really is a billionaire thanks to the Saudis giving uh, her husband a big check. Uh, uh, Tim, you know, I mean, the boys can't make their father love them, no matter what they say in their testimony. That's just a thing. Uh, but how much do you think that Ivanka, who, you know, Donald Trump has talked about her like he's kind of married to her, which is really <sighs> creepy and gross. Um, how, do you, how much do you think her testimony destabilizes him mentalement? Uh, you know, he prizes Ivanka. I think he sees her as a sort of Aryan trope that he can parade around um, and and it represents what he thinks is the best of his own gene pool. He's been over mm -hmm. the years embarrassed by his boys. Uh, to a certain extent, both, both of the boys are fence posts and he hasn't really ever had the same pride in them that he's taken in in Ivanka. And and I think she, over the years, has has made sure to stay in his good graces while not going completely off the reservation uh, in, in any way, um, but she's also never been as robustly in his corner and as completely MAGA as the boys are. And and what you have here now, I think it, it's interesting that her testimony now has been delayed to come after his because she's going to have to listen to what the boys say and find out what the boys say and then what her father says and then there's going to be documents and I think the prosecutors are going to paint her into a corner factually. It won't really matter what her allegiances are or um, how she wants to play her father's graces, she's going to have to figure out whether or not she wants to perjure herself in a courtroom and, 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 and whether or not the fact pattern is just completely damning in her own role that, that Donald Trump and his sons and she have all played, which is to routinely and artificially inflate the value of Trump's holding uh, or to deflate them in order to cheat the tax man or goad banks into lending him money, depending on what their preferences are. And those are essentially yeah. the two things that are in play in this court case. And Ivanka now becomes a material witness, which I don't think she wants to be. I tell you, Tiffany's the smart one. Uh, let me play you something. Uh, actually, it was quite hilarious, Renato. This is just for you, uh, former prosecutor. Roll them. This is Donald Trump in Iowa. It's cost me a couple of billion dollars to be a politician. And of course, then they made it uh, much worse with legal fees. I have hundred million dollars worth of legal fees and they're doing good at least i have good lawyers because you could spend a hundred million have lousy lawyers too that happens <laughs> you could spend a hundred million dollars oh yeah bring up the box bring up the totally made up story that the judge confirmed was bullshit about the box and all your lawyers can end up in court cases with potential felonies See, they love, see, again, this is why, and like I said, people are free to disagree with me. I truly hope these people get buried under a jail someday because they love the fact that um, they're politically persecuting their opponents and that they are persecuting and indicting the lawyers. They love that. That's okay, good. I hope you get indicted one day. Would I prefer it be indicted on, on something legitimate? Sure. I would not give a fuck, though, and I would still laugh my ass off. So hopefully one day they get what they deserve or or just get the new booster. I mean, you know, you got a shot there, too. Karma can come in different forms. We'll just And you can't control it. It just things happen. We'll have to see. Your thoughts on his good lawyers that he's paying $100 million of uh, his uh, marks. I mean, sorry, his supporters' money on.
Wow, if he's paying $100 million for these lawyers, he needs to ask for his money back. Uh, they are definitely... Uh, they're definitely not worth $100,000 versus $100 million. Uh, I have to say, very bad lawyers, uh, and yet another lie from Trump. We all know he's not really paying his lawyers. That's why he's ended up with some of the worst lawyers that I've seen uh, handling criminal cases, some of which, of course, are defendants themselves, right? We uh, have had a parade of them going to Fonnie Willis's courtroom in Georgia. What a, <laughs> what a crew that he has assembled, that's for sure. Melissa Murray coined it. MAGA stands for My Attorneys Get Attorneys. <laughs> um, one day, one day, you fucking pieces of shit, and it's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. All right, let's talk. What is her name? Oh, Fuckable Death. That's her name, Fuckable Death. She is uh, still a smash, but she looks like death, rapidly aging. Has something wrong with her mouth. It's all crooked and shit. It's probably because she's fully vaxxed. This is, oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, this is just so fascinating to watch. Look at what's happening. Now, look, I don't buy the racism, anti-Semitism shit because it's a cudgel used against white people. Um, that isn't to say, though, that there are people that don't like other people for a litany of reasons. And... Um, and while I don't, while I, I don't believe in the concept anymore, I will acknowledge that what we've seen ever since this uh, Hamas attack on Israel, and then Israel in response bombing the fucking shit out of Gaza, and gaslighting people and being like, "Look, all these dead kids. If you think that it's wrong to do that, that's what Hamas wants." <laughs> you gotta come up with better propaganda. That sounds insane. Oh, so I should ignore, I, I should be like, oh, this is okay. Hey, look at that beheaded baby that they pulled out of the rubble. Hey, look at that one, baby. It's missing a leg. I, I guess I should say, well, this is fine because our parents have said that if we take issue with it, we're making Hamas happy. It's just the propaganda is retarded. But anyway, whatever. Um, now, I will, though, acknowledge that ever since this conflict has really ratcheted up, there are people on the left and in the Muslim world that have made it really clear that they want to kill Jews and they don't like the Jews and they want to annihilate them. And what's fascinating about this is this is what they've pretended the Trump supporters have been about the whole time, but I am not aware of any sentiment like that within Trump supporters. This whole time they have painted white Westerners who are like the most pleasant and welcoming people maybe in the history of civilization okay really it is a hell of a thing and not all of them of course not but on average but on average they've painted them as the anti-semites them as the evil people and now magically that's kind of taking a back seat because what happens in this clip here is rabbi nosferatu from the adl he goes on the fuckable death show to oy vey about how there's this rise in anti-Semitism on the college campuses. And this isn't like, you know, memes and jokes. This is like people saying gas the Jews and all this fucking ridiculous shit. But none of the people doing this are white. Or they're if they are white, they're white liberals. It's not conservatives. It's not, it's not pleasant white conservatives. 
Now, of course, this isn't going to... They're going to go right back to demonizing us, so this isn't like, you know, a pivot or anything. And frankly, what I expect is this to eventually just be pointed toward... So right now they're pointing it towards, like, the uh, the Muslims and the left-wing uh, uh, AIDS commies that, that are very much anti-Jew. Um, but... Uh, but all of the again, they're not all, but a lot of them are. A lot of them are very explicit that they view Jews as colonizers and they believe what Hamas did was acceptable, and they would also view us Westerners as colonizers too. So these are lunatics. But anyway, um, I think they're going to figure out a way to package us all up as one big ball of anti-Semitism. I really am expecting. You've already seen the DeSantis shills, who are no De DeSantis shills are uniparty propagandists. Their, 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 their narratives are no different than the corporate media's. Already you've seen them claim that there is an anti-Semitism problem among Trump supporters, and they claim that Trump praised Hezbollah. So I do expect what they talk about here to eventually be used against us, which is going to be a hell of a thing. Here we go. Ages on. Reports of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia are on the rise. Here's my colleague Gabe Gutierrez with more. Tonight, the U.S. is condemning this pro-Palestinian mob that stormed an airport in Russia looking for Jews. Hundreds of men, some yeah, parents... Yo, they rolled up to the planes and they're like, we want the Jews. This is wild. And is this Trump supporters? No, it's not. It's not Trump supporters. Trump supporters have never done anything like this. Not once. You cannot find me a gang of Trump supporters that rolled up to some place and was like, hand over the Jews. Okay, but no, the Muslims, they don't fucking give a shit about any of that. They're, they want you to hand over the Jews. That's a hell of a thing. This is a hell of a thing. You know, you would wish that this would cause people to change their mind and be like, oh, I guess this was a mistake that you guys aren't actually the ones that hate us. Um, but no, it's not. They're still there. I'm telling you, look, maybe I'm wrong, but I do not expect to see a mea culpa. Is that the fancy boy word for it? A mea culpa from like liberal Jews. I don't expect them to go, you know what? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm reconsidering the border policy. Obviously we shouldn't let people like this in the country. I'm not expecting to see that. Maybe I will. And I'll be surprised. But I'm not expecting that. There's no talk about how, oh, we were wrong about, uh, we were wrong about our, our immigration opinions and ideas and policy positions. I have seen some of them say that they realize that there's a part of the left that wants to kill them, but I don't think it's going to move them to the right. I think it's just going to, I don't know what it's going to do. I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. But it, it is just, I, it just makes me laugh. It makes me laugh because... They all they do is accuse innocent people of anti-Semitism who are not at all anti-Semitic, and now you have stuff where again the whole like what these people are doing, I, I don't like you. You'd say, well, this is anti-Semitism, right? No, this is fucked up behavior by lunatics who are intimidating uh, uh, and terrorizing a group of people. I don't care why you terrorize a group of people; you should be arrested for it. So it doesn't matter if these are Jews homosexuals, um, black people, white people. I don't care who it is. This is ridiculous behavior, and people that do this are fucking assholes, and they should be arrested. The idea that, well, this is explicitly anti-Semitic, it's wrong to do, and that's what should cover it. Jesse Lee Peterson was right. M years ago, I think it was before I went on his show, I saw him. I was like kind of, you know, watching videos to get an idea of... of and I had, see, I re I had remembered him 
from many years before on Fox News. Um, and I remember I was a dumb liberal. Like, I think, I, I'm pretty sure Jesse Lee Peterson went on the uh, Hannity and Combs show from back in the day. I'm pretty sure I remember him and maybe even Payne. Uh, what's that guy's name? Charles Payne? And I remember I was a dumb fucking liberal. And I was like, I can't believe these black guys are saying this stuff. Hilarious. But anyway, I remember he has this thing where he was like, racism doesn't exist. And I remember when I watched it, and this was years ago, I was still I was still retarded. I was like, what? Racism doesn't exist. But I wasn't like, you know, I don't like get bent out of shape. And I was like, all right, well, let me hear his argument. His argument was basically like mistreating people is wrong. And biblically speaking, he's you know he's very Christian. You know, biblically speaking, you know you shouldn't tr you shouldn't treat people evilly. So evil is evil. So like it doesn't matter why you're being evil towards someone. And I was like, oh, I get that. I'm like that that's a, it's a reasonable position. I didn't at the time really necessarily agree, but I at least understood his argument. I didn't think it was an unreasonable argument, but I thought oh maybe he's taking it too far. Now I completely understand. Yeah, there's no spoon. Like the scene from The Matrix, that little bald girl, when she said that the, like the secret is that there is no spoon, that's correct. That is correct. There is no spoon. Banners with anti-Semitic slogans rushed onto the tarmac, searching for Israeli passengers. Around the world, demonstrations calling for a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. In Pakistan, some protesters burned Israeli and American flags. How concerned is the White House that these demonstrations will spiral out of control? No, we believe in the right of peaceful protest. Nobody <laughs> wants to see peaceful protest turn violent or turn dangerous. In the U.S., the Biden administration is announcing and, new steps. And, to and there is a very interesting struggle right now. Usually... And look, there is an element to the Biden regime that's very pro-Israel that will guzzle Israel's come nonstop. But there is, a, there is also a force inside the White House that is in the complete other direction. And you saw how there was this back and forth when you had the dumb press hoe who was specifically asked about anti-Semitism and she started talking about Islamophobia. That was on purpose. And then there was a bunch of oy vang about that. And then the next day she came back and was like, of course I misunderstood the question and anti-Semitism is a problem. Bullshit. There are people, there's, there are forces fighting within the White House right now. And I would think if you're like very pro-Israeli, you got to be a little concerned about that. Because I don't re recall that being the case in the past. Because, you know, if, if, if those people win, <laughs> yikes, that's a big yikes if those people win. Um, but, you know, that's like um, they shouldn't call their shot before it happens because that would be... That would be quite a feat. And uh, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. Because it's not like these are like reasonable America first people that are like, hey, we've had enough of this fucking aid. We're going to take care of our citizens. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about lunatics. We're talking about lunatics that believe in colonizing and colonization. Um, so it's not, you know, it probably wouldn't be good anyway. Either way, I think it's no good. To fight anti-Semitism and Islamophobia on college campuses, including federal agencies improving coordination between campus law enforcement and state and local counterparts at Columbia University. There are Jewish students who do not feel physically safe on campus. At Cornell, police are guarding the Center for Jewish Living after the university says a series of horrendous anti-Semitic messages threatening violence were posted online. 
Junior Molly Goldstein is the center's president. What's the sense of fear like on campus right now? I would say all students are absolutely terrified. People don't, don't know what to do with themselves and whether they should stay or leave campus. The Anti-Defamation League reports since the war began, anti-Semitic incidents in the U.S. are up nearly 400% from the same period last year. As the man accused of stabbing a six-year-old Palestinian-American boy to death near Chicago pleaded not guilty today, Muslim leaders are reporting an uptick in Islamophobia nationwide, with the Council on American-Islamic Relations citing nearly 800 complaints this month. Incidents like this one at American University, where a Palestinian IT specialist says someone slid a note under his door threatening, go back to where you came from. You might get lucky with a missile and meet your Allah sooner. This whole eerie feeling just took over. My heart sank. Joining me tonight, Adam Lehman, CEO of Hillel International, the largest Jewish campus organization in the world. And my friend Jonathan Greenblatt, CEO and National Director of the Anti-Defamation League. Adam, I turn to you first. I, I hear the argument people make that college campuses are where open debate should take place. But what's happening right now is a far cry from respectful debate. What in the hell is happening and why? <laughs> the Frankenstein monster that you've helped create and import is now turning on the Jews, apparently. Oh, man, who could have seen that coming? That's crazy. Thank you, Stephanie. It is exactly... A she was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> what in the hell is happening? It's insane. We have seen more than a thousand percent increase in anti-Semitic incidents mm -hmm. during the period since the horrific slaughter of innocent Israelis on October 7th. And this includes 15 physical assaults, more than 60 cases of vandalism, and to your point, this is not about free speech. This is about hate speech, this is about vitriol, and this is about harassment. In the uh, lead-in piece, it talked about Cornell, where the message to Jewish students at Cornell was the following. If I see another Jew on campus, if I see a pig male Jew, I will stab you and slit your throat. If I see another pig female Jew, I will draw you away and rape you and throw you off a cliff. This is what Yikes. Jewish students are hearing. They're Yikes. hearing it in classrooms. They're hearing it on the quad. And we've got to do something to stop it. But why is it happening, Jonathan? As that's happening, a six-year-old child was stabbed to death by his mother's landlord for his heritage. Where does this come from? Was I, were so many of us so naive to the fact that we did not realize? I mean, how is, at some point they're gonna be like, oh, we can blame Trump for this. So let's see if they do that here. Anti-Semitism ran this deep and Islamophobia was this awful? Were we in a fog? I don't think so. I mean, we've been on your show talking for years about this surge of hate, this normalization of anti-Semitism specifically. And anti-Semitism is typically the canary in the coal mine. It starts with the Jews, Stephanie, but it never ends with the Jews. And look, our hearts break to hear that other Americans, because of their faith, are being targeted and victimized. It is wrong to blame Palestinians, Americans, or, or Muslims more broadly for what the terror organization Hamas is doing to Israelis and Palestinians, right? The massacre on October 7th that claimed the lives of 1,400 Israelis that led to the kidnap of hundreds more, 
And then, of course, it led to this terrible military conflagration. I saw the earlier interview with the doctor, and I so appreciate her humanity. But a way to end this tomorrow is not a ceasefire. It's a surrender by Hamas, a return of these hostages. That would end this conflict like that. But in the meantime, what we're seeing yes, here... Yes, but Jonathan, as you saw you, you, the I agree, but we know that's not going mm. to happen. Well... Look, I think we have got to have irrational optimism here, Stephanie. You've got to, in the face of this kind of horrendous attacks. And I'll tell you something, as Adam talked about, we're not talking about complaints here. We're talking about actual documented cases, assaults all over the country. By the way, Jewish businesses are being vandalized in New York, in California, not just kosher restaurants, although that would be bad enough. I'm talking about generalized businesses and retail stores that simply happen to be owned by Jewish people. Jews have seen this before. We've saw it in Germany. We saw it in the Middle East. We never thought it would happen here. And it is time for- well, Maybe you shouldn't have imported the third world, Jonathan. Our leaders to lead at the universities in hey maybe we shouldn't import a large amount of a group of people who have a tendency to hate us and want to kill us yeah well, maybe maybe you should have thought of that uh, companies you thought they were just gonna fuck with us well it looks like they're gonna fuck with you first and I will tell you, Stephanie, thank God for the leadership of this administration, because they realize that. By the way, make no mistake, when they have the numbers in places that they have the numbers, they're going to do this to white people. They're going to be like, oh, that's a white owned business and, and fuck with it. I have no doubt about that. But right now, it's just not it's not time yet, apparently. Hamas is ISIS. Hamas is Al-Qaeda. And, you know, again, in the segment before about that riot in Dagestan. Let me be clear, that was not a pro-Palestinian riot. It was an anti-Semitic pogrom they were trying to commit. None of these people are for the liberation of Palestine. None of these people are for a two-state solution, Stephanie. They are for a final solution. They are looking for Jews to capture and kill, just like the Hamas terrorists on October the 7th. It is stunning, and it demands moral clarity. All of us need to call this out with conviction, without hesitation, because this, these clips right here, right now, Stephanie, this is what evil looks like from Charlottesville to this airport <laughs> in Dagestan. You're going to compare this to Charlottesville? Oh, it didn't take long. It didn't take long. It is the same pure, unadulterated hate and evil embodied. That's what we're looking at right there on the screen. Uh, the airport in Russia where a flight came in from Tel Aviv and it was met by an angry mob. Adam, I want to ask you, you did go to the White House today. You both did. What did you learn? What happened there? Well, I want to say at a positive level, we at Hillel really appreciate the commitment of the administration, the Biden administration, to take on these issues of anti-Semitism, the plan they have put together to do so. That said, this is a time we need action and we need results. Today was a meeting with the senior members of the Department of Education, with Secretary Lipstadt, the ambassador to combat anti-Semitism, and Doug Emhoff, the second gentleman. And we are asking them not only for white papers, not only for partnership, 
but we're asking for action. That means holding universities accountable to enforce Title VI of the Civil Rights Act, which is about eliminating hostile and discriminatory environments for Jewish students, just like all minorities. And it is about having consequences for the bad actors who are poisoning our campuses. We should not have a higher education system in America today where students do not feel safe because of their identity. And let me tell you, if you are a Jewish student, you do not feel safe wearing a symbol of your Jewish identity or, God forbid, uh, an affinity to Israel. They had zero fucks to give about white people when uh, things like this happened. Now, granted, it didn't happen on, on, this, on this scale. Well, no, the George Floyd shit, it, uh, you could argue it happened on this scale. They didn't care about that. It's a situation that we are looking to the administration to partner with us on in addressing. And again, it has to be through firm action, not just through words. Adam Lehman, Jonathan Greenblatt, thank you. Oh, what a time. It is a hell of a thing right there. Frankenstein is out of control. That's a real shame. All right, let's go here. Apparently, Chank did a, an interview on his own channel, and he was interviewed by this fucking retarded lunatic. Let's have a look at that. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to TYT. This is a special edition. I am David Schuster reporting live from Connecticut. Exactly. We have some news involving the 2024 U.S. presidential campaign, particularly involving Jenk Uger, presidential candidate. There is some news from New Hampshire. We will get to that in our interview with Jenk in just a moment. But first, a full disclosure to some of you who may think, wow, this is a little bit awkward. Um, yes, I have worked for Jenk and TYT for the last two years. I've been friends with Jenk for a lot longer than that, and I have publicly and privately endorsed his presidential campaign and volunteered to do anything to help his effort. Uh, however, uh, for the next 30 minutes, I'm gonna take off that hat and put on the hat of straight news journalist and ask all the tough questions, including some adversarial ones that I would ask of any candidate, including one who was in the position that Jenk is in now. So with that, let's get started and welcome Jenk Uger to the program. Jenk, thanks for joining us. Thank you, David. All right, Jenk, there's news out of New Hampshire. You're getting a hearing this Thursday from the Election Ballot Law Commission. What does that mean and how significant is this to your campaign? Yes, so what we've done is we're filling out all the normal forms to get on ballots in different states like Nevada and New Hampshire. We've been on time, we've followed every guideline there is. And so far, those two forms have had some version of language of you need to be a natural born citizen. Uh, to be on the ballot. Now, uh, we believe that that is incorrect. The FEC has already ruled that you can run as a naturalized citizen. The question is left up to the Supreme Court as to whether you could serve as a naturalized citizen. And we're going to make the argument to the ballot law commission in New Hampshire that they should not make this decision, the courts should. And we have an excellent legal argument for that that we're going to unveil at that hearing on Thursday, 10 a.m. in New Hampshire. And I'm, you know, from my perspective, I would love as many uh, people who are interested in this campaign to show up there in, in Concord uh, at this uh, at the ballot law commission hearing um, uh, as they can. Um, at 9:15 a.m. is when we're going to gather, and then at 10 a.m. is the hearing, and uh, and we're going to argue to get me on the ballot. And if we win that case, I would be the first nationalized citizen on a presidential ballot ever. 
Now, I've heard the argument made from other people who are naturalized US citizens born outside the United States, whether it was the Ted Cruz campaign or supporters of Arnold Schwarzenegger or Jennifer Granholm when they were hoping that somehow they would get in the race that the Constitution, yes, was originally written. You have to be 35 born in the United States or a naturalized citizen at the time of the writing. But there's this argument that the 14th Amendment, the due process clause, could it in fact amend that or a court could look at the 14th Amendment and say, no, wait a second. Maybe the 14th Amendment gives somebody who's a naturalized citizen the same rights and privileges as somebody who was born in the United States. Is that sort of where you're going here? Yes, so the 14th Amendment says that anyone born or naturalized has due process and equal protection of the laws. They did not put an asterisk in the amendment saying, except for naturalized citizens in the case of the presidential race. No, it was an amendment that amended the earlier discriminatory parts of the Constitution. So in the original Constitution, it says that that African Americans are three fifths of a person. That was obviously amended out of the Constitution, even though you could open up the Constitution and see it in the original Constitution, it doesn't mean that it applies. The 14th Amendment, we will argue, has done the same thing for the clause saying that naturalized citizens are basically second class citizens and cannot run for President of the United States. We believe that has already been amended out and it couldn't be any clearer than the 14th Amendment saying born or naturalized. So now there's many other cases that we're gonna cite, including the FEC case saying that there's no question that we should be able to run for the office. and. And, and we believe that New Hampshire should get their say. And so that's why we're encouraging people to come out. Not only, and if you can bring signs that says let them run, but, but more importantly in New Hampshire, the signs that say let us vote. Because New Hampshire is an important voice here and, and they could use that voice to actually- if- I, I am hoping he can somehow get on the ballot in New Hampshire because he's gonna get less than 1% and that'll be funny to watch. Fact this issue. So if I'm on the ballot, Joe Biden is not running in New Hampshire because of a, of a disagreement that he had with New Hampshire and the DNC. So he's going to be running in South Carolina, but not in New Hampshire. I could actually win that state and-, and You have zero chance to win that state. Not only could it, I believe I can win all the states obviously, but that one is particularly very realistic and you should let the, the voters of New Hampshire weigh in on that. And so that's why I'm inviting all press, all supporters to come there. And obviously you could find out more at jankforamerica.com and facebook.com slash official, where we'll be giving more campaign updates. But it's at the State Archives Building, non-ratification way, Concord, New Hampshire, 9.15 a.m. on Thursday is when we're gathering. And I wanted everybody to make sure that they knew, that they know in case they support it. I wanna let the controller know that I'm aware that I'm having a technical issue with the camera here and that's why you're not seeing streaming video and I'll try to get that fixed. But Jank, you announced, when you announced a few weeks ago that you were running, you said you were running as a proxy, a proxy for any other candidate. There is another candidate, another Democrat in the race, Minnesota House member Dean Phillips. He has also said that Joe Biden cannot beat Donald Trump and that therefore there has to be another Democrat. He has also said his primary issue is campaign finance reform. So does he qualify as that other Democrat? And if not, why not? So it's a good question. First of all, Dean Phillips and I disagree on many different issues. He's more of an establishment Democrat. Obviously, I'm a progressive Democrat. And so while he says he's for campaign finance reform, I would love for him to 
have the position of banning corporate PAC money and not taking corporate PAC money. And by the way, I'd like to clarify something I said on a couple of interviews, including here on the Young Turks. While I'm, since the DNC has not banned super PAC money in primaries, I'm open to that. I don't think that any year is gonna come, but it, but I'm not gonna unilaterally disarm. But I will not take any corporate PAC money, no way, right? So I would encourage Representative Phillips to do likewise, not only in his campaign, but also when he's in the House, because he's a representative. But I like that Dean Phillips got in the race. So like the traditional politicians say, me, 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 right? I'm not saying that at all. I love that Dean Phillips got in the race. I want more people to get in the race. And I want us to have a super strong primary. And I want the Democratic voters to decide. And if they like me best among all those choices, wonderful. If they like Dean Phillips more, great. But why why am I and Dean Phillips and Marianne Williamson not sufficient as, as part of the point of your question, I think, David? And and so look, if they allowed for a debate and we had a real primary, then then we are perfectly sufficient. Right, but since the DNC is saying we are we're going to shut out everyone else, and this is not a real democracy as long as the DNC runs it, what we're what we're going to do is end all debates and all discussion about this, etc. We need, much more importantly, we need Joe Biden to drop out. I mean, he he's being intensely selfish. Two thirds of Americans do not want him to run. Two thirds of Democrats don't want him to run. He's 80 years old, he's at 37% on the polling. So I think what Dean and I are saying is similar in that get everybody in this race. This is not fair to Democratic voters that the DNC and the Democratic Party is saying, no, we're gonna pick an incredibly weak candidate who's polling at 37% when we think democracy is on the line. And no one is allowed to contest that. So we disagree. I hope Governor Newsom, Governor Whitmer, Governor Bashir, Governor Shapiro, Governor Pritzker, that they all come in. And I would love to do a debate with all of them. <laughs> so let's. None of them are going to do that. You're a nobody. Have the strongest possible primary to have the strongest possible candidate. When you were asked about Marianne Williamson a couple weeks ago, you said, well, she has not broken through, and therefore that was another reason for you to get in. Is that the threshold? And at what point do you determine whether you or whether you know Dean has, has broken through or anybody else, any other Democrat? At what point do you say, okay, now we need to coalesce let this play, in order to defeat the Democratic establishment candidate, President Biden? Take 30 seconds. Yeah, I think that's easy. So um, logically, as soon as we have the primaries, that you'll sort that out. So let's take a hypothetical. Let's say that Governor Josh Shapiro, Biden drops out, or Biden stays in and Governor Josh Shapiro comes in anyway. Uh, he's the governor of Pennsylvania, beat a Trump acolyte by 15 points easily, easily. He would nearly guarantee the state of Pennsylvania, which is one of the swing states that Joe Biden is losing. Joe Biden is losing five out of seven st swing states. The point here, guys, is to beat Donald Trump. And we should not defer to authority and go, oh, well, our dear leader, even though he's polling terribly and is almost guaranteed a loss, we have to bow our heads to him All and right, do whatever he says. No, I, I think I'm the right candidate. Jankforamerica.com. But if it turns out, David, that we have a primary race and Governor Shapiro wins easily in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and he's sitting at 55% and I'm sitting at 5%. Again, not a scenario that's possible. Of course, I'm not going to continue to go on. And then I'm happy to unite behind whichever Democrat is opposed to Donald Trump 
because the whole point is to beat Donald Trump. And I don't want to go into a fight with Donald Trump with a wounded antelope who refuses to campaign, who refuses to make arguments for him. Running against him, I've made better arguments in favor of Joe Biden than he has. So for example, he's down 19 points on jobs. He doubled the number of jobs to Donald Trump. So that's very misleading. They're counting jobs that returned because of COVID. Created. Very what is wrong with you, Joe Biden? If you're going to be an egomaniac and say, me, 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 By me. By the way, Biden has made that argument before. He has made that argument many times. It was dishonest when Biden made it. It's dishonest when you make it. Me, my legacy matters more. I have to be a two-term president because two-term presidents get better legacies. Well, then God damn it, run and make a case against Donald Trump. Why are you losing by 19 points to Donald Trump on an issue where you- Because people know that it's a lie and they see what's going on around them. Doubled them. I have told more Americans now that Joe Biden has doubled the number of jobs that Trump created than Joe Biden has. And by a lot, if you're gonna take a nap, go home and take a nap. But if you're gonna run for president, then run. But he's not doing either. He's condemning all of us Democrats and honestly, the entire country and entire democracy. And he's saying, I don't care if we lose democracy, as long as I have a shot at two terms. My ego is the most important thing in the world. I don't agree. And, and David, you asked a good question. Why me? Why not just Dean Phillips? Why not just Marianne Williamson? Does it look like Dean Phillips makes this kind of case? Dean Phillips politely goes in and goes, well, I love Joe Biden. And I think he was right about everything, but golly gee, he's, I, I wish he'd get out of the race. No, no, you got to push him out of the race. Sorry, brother. The incumbents under. You have zero chance of pushing Joe Biden out of the race. 50% don't win. Incumbents under 40%, they literally never win, never. And he's at 37%. I'm not gonna sit here and lose to Donald Trump because we everybody in Washington wants to kiss up to Joe Biden. Is it possible that that's what's going on though, that this isn't about Joe Biden's ego per se, but rather that just the inner circle around him have been telling him, look, you don't worry about the polls, everything's fine. You got the Democratic establishment behind you. There's no way that Donald Trump, given all he's going through is gonna beat you. And that for him, it's not so much about ego, he's just making a political calculation, which again, it's not as nefarious as suggesting that Joe Biden's ego is gonna ruin the country. But is it possible it's something a little bit more innocent involving President Biden? No, uh, so uh, I, I think that, that Joe Biden has been an egomaniac his whole life. Uh, everyone who talks to him will tell you, you can't get in a word edgewise because the guy loves the sound of his own voice. He doesn't let anybody else talk, it's all me, me, me. Why, why would you, he said he was gonna be a transition president. Why would you run again when you're 80? Everyone on planet Earth can see you're having cognitive difficulties. You're pulling at 37%, you're losing five out of seven swing states. You're losing to 10 points with independence. You're down 15 points from when you barely beat Trump last time. Look, if someone's got a better answer, corruption, I don't, I, David, I'm not even sure like what the, like, I think there are good people around him who are probably encouraging him to do the right thing. And by the way, the great news for Joe Biden is if he retires now, he retires an American hero. He beat Donald Trump, he created- That's preposterous. Over 14 million jobs, good steward of the economy and bows out gracefully. Then all the history books write Joe Biden as a hero. If he loses the country on his watch, he becomes one of the primary villains of American history. He's not a normal candidate. If Josh Shapiro or, or Gavin Newsom loses, 
Well, hey, the Democrats chose the best candidate they thought had the best chance, and they and they lost in a normal race, and they at least started above Trump. Every one of those governors would stop start the race significantly above Trump instead of below Trump, right? But if Biden loses to Trump, history's gonna look back and go, why did you run when you were at 37%? Why did you run where every sane political analyst thought you were gonna lose? And you said democracy was on the line, and you played dice with democracy because you wanted a second term. So, you know, David, I know you're asking me questions. I don't know what your opinion is, but I don't see any other reason why Joe Biden is in this race other than his gigantic, ridiculous ego, which is endangering the entire country. It's also an ego, of course, that's not just for Joe Biden, though. I would argue it's also the Democratic National Committee. And in fact, the reaction to Dean Phillips getting the race, Minnesota's own governor, Tim Waltz, who's a Democrat, who's a friend of Dean Phillips, he reacted, he sort of bristled at the notion that Dean Phillips would get. And he said, we're gonna have our nominee in President Biden and that will get done. That immediate dismissiveness from the DNC, what do you make of it? And have you heard anything directly yourself from the DNC or from people close to President Biden? Yeah, no, uh, President Biden's team has bought a couple of websites uh, that are a variation of my website. so. Uh, it's obvious that they've noticed and they're a little worried. Good, the correct website is jenkforamerica.com. And I probably got under their skin by buying bidenisgoingtolose.com and it redirects to uh, my campaign website, so they did likewise. But with Dean Phillips, they've launched all the ships. And because in their Washington minds, they're like outsiders, like Americans would want populist progressives like John Fetterman, oops. Um, oh, there's no way an outsider is going to win. I mean, they're not even corrupt. They won't even take corporate back money. So they view me as a smaller threat. I'm being honest about it. But when Dean Phillips got in, they're like, oh, he's a congressperson. That is an important, privileged person. Okay, so he, he since he's a human being and he counts, uh, we're going to attack him with all we got. So every mainstream media article has has attack quotes against Dean Phillips from Democrats. So this is the standard smear job that the DNC does to any Democrat that isn't picked by a dear leader. The Democratic Party is not supposed to be the authoritarian party, that's supposed to be the Republican Party. But the DNC has turned it into totally authoritarian. Everyone must bow their head to the weak leader who is almost definitely going to lose. Otherwise, you'll be smeared to no end. So everyone is out there smearing Dean Phillips. Oh, he shouldn't run. Uh, Molly Jong Fest, who I like otherwise, said that he was a privileged white guy. What do you think Joe Biden is? It doesn't get any more privileged than no one should be allowed to run against me. I am the king. I mean, president. <laughs> DNC, tell him I'm king. Right? Phillips may be a little bit privileged because he uh, he married into a uh, distillery family and is worth something like 70 million dollars. I mean, he's sitting on a lot of money, so maybe he's privileged in that regard. Uh, but in terms of money, Phillips has said that he's going to plow in at least two million dollars of his own money to be competitive in New Hampshire. How much money, Jenk, have you raised? What's your target for the final quarter here of the year? Yeah. So I'm not independently wealthy. It's a super fair question, JenkForAmerica.com. Uh, so uh, we've raised in the six digits, so we're good at raising money. You know why? Because people actually want somebody to fight for them. So everybody knows that if I, look, we know that it's a long shot, right? And everybody who donates knows it's a long shot. I, I, I just, you know, I really hope, 
I really hope that uh, someday people are able to get to the bottom of his fundraising. Is it a lot of small people that he's scamming? Or is it one of these situations where, like, a rich person gets deceived by Chank and throws him 100000 How does that work? You know, because I remember when they were fundraising, when they were in a lot of financial trouble. And I, I, I don't think TYT's doing great, but I don't think they're in the desperate situation that they were a couple years ago. I still think they're the walking dead overall and that they're going to fail eventually. Um but I remember they were fundraising. It was the end of the year fundraising, and they were getting close to um, not reaching their goal. It wasn't even like they didn't even they weren't even close to reaching their goal. And a rich guy, at like the last hour, came in with like a huge donation to put him over the top. So it makes me wonder. Um, What's the breakdown? He's saying uh, six digits, so that's what a hundred thousand. So if he raised a hundred thousand so far, let me make sure one ten hundred thousand. Yeah, hundred thousand. What math is correct on that one? <clears throat> if he raised a hundred thousand or one hundred fifty thousand, what's the breakdown? Is it a lot of small donations or is it like a couple rich people? I'm very curious. I bet it's a couple rich people, but who knows? Chut. But we also know that if I become president, there's nothing in the world that's going to stop me. Again, again, okay, okay. I could say when I make it to the Lakers, no one's going to be able to stop me. I'm going to dunk over Kevin Durant, and I'm going to dunk over uh, Steph Curry, and that's delusional. There's not a circumstance on earth where that will happen, and there's not a circumstance on earth where you are going to be the fucking president of the United States. You have zero goddamn chance of being president of the United States. You're not even allowed to run. Oh, this is just hilarious. He is so de he is the delusional baboon. That's what he is. He is the delusional baboon. They should write a children's book about it, where the delusional baboon. That's what it will be called, and it'll be the cover will be Chank as the fat, greasy, you know, uh, forehead indented slob that he is, looking into a mirror and seeing like King Kong. Of course, that's a gorilla. I don't know who's the who's the best baboon. I don't even know who the best baboon is. You know, whoever is the best baboon, or something even better. That that's what he'll see. But that's not what he is, because he's delusional. It's a hell of a thing, right there. From passing all the uh, policy positions on my website: paid family leave, public option, fifteen dollar minimum wage. Uh, negotiating drug prices, and by the way, many other policies that are not on there, Medicare for all, uh, ending the endless wars, etc. I'm a progressive who's gonna fight for you, but not just for progressives, but for Democrats, all Democratic voters, and for all Americans as well. So uh, that's, so yes, Dean Phillips is gonna outraise me. You're, you're not wrong to challenge me on that. Uh, and and. And Joe Biden will have hundreds of millions of dollars more than me. But I'm gonna have the loudest voice and I'm gonna fight the hardest for the American people and for Democratic voters. And so, and by the way, I'm gonna fight for 25 million naturalized citizens who are tired of being treated as second class citizens. That's why we're going to New Hampshire. Hitakami has the quote here if I become president, it's so fucking hilarious. <laughs> If I simultaneously fuck Sensual Jane, Alexis Texas, and Christy Canyon from Star 90, again, 0% chance 
of any of that happening. <clears throat> that would require time travel. And there, that's about the same chances he has of being president. If I become president, if I fly to the moon, if I fly to the moon, oh my God. That's why we want you to come with us to New Hampshire, 9.15 a.m. at the Ballot Law Commission. And we're gonna get a hearing on this. We're finally gonna get a hearing on this. And we're gonna fight for those 25 million naturalized citizens. Enough, we are American, we are 100% American. Stop treating us like we're not, especially because the Constitution has already been amended. And so, yes, I will not have anywhere near the money Joe Biden has. But I've got, it's the size of the fight in the dog that matters. And I got a lot of fight in me. I'm gonna ask you about New Hampshire a little bit more in just a second. But I wanna ask you in terms of some of these progressive issues, whether it's raising the minimum wage, taxing the rich, free college, Medicare for all, taking care of the undocumented migrants who have crossed in this country. A lot of this Bernie Sanders supported. And when Bernie Sanders was asked, how are you gonna get it done four years ago? He said, well, I'm gonna have to sell the American people on this. I'm gonna have to go around and explain to the American people and use the bully pulpit of the presidency to sell this so that I can put pressure on Congress. Does that have much of an appetite for you? I mean, the idea that you would have to go, you've been dealing with these issues for so long. You know the polling is already there for you. The idea that you're gonna have to essentially be the salesman in chief to a lot of people who are skeptical. Why does that have any appeal? Oh, Are you kidding me? I love that. So go ahead, get in my way if you're a standard corporate politician when I fight for paid family leave. That's 12 weeks of moms and dads taking time off when they have a baby to take care of their baby instead of going right back to an assembly line or a coal mine. Go ahead, Joe Manchin, get in my way, see how it turns out for you. Go ahead, corporate Democrats, get in my way, see how it turns out for you. 84% of Americans. Go ahead, corporate Republicans, get in my way because of your corporate donors. 74% of Republicans want paid family leave. They this actually is he's insane. Care about moms, they actually care about kids. So, like, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think Bernie was terrific on policy, and I think he was an amazing leader it's for like progressives. It's like when he said he could fight Joe Rogan. You have no shot. And he has a heart of gold. That dude would put you in a submission hold within a split second, it would be over. Or he'd kick you so hard that your head would snap off. But that's part of his problem. He's too nice. He refuses to fight Democratic colleagues. And in two elections back to back, he refused to fight Hillary Clinton, then he refused to fight Joe Biden. Does it look like I'm refusing to fight Joe Biden or fight corporate Democrats or fight anyone in my path? I will embarrass and humiliate anyone who's against paid family leave. I will drive down their poll numbers mercilessly until they're driven out of politics. I will. But you don't have the ability to do that. You don't have the influence to do that. That's like me saying I could affect someone's poll numbers. That's not possible. That is not possible. I couldn't even affect Marianne Williamson's poll numbers. If I went on a, what is she running at, like 3%? If I, if I decided from here on out, I'm just gonna hammer her as like, I don't even know, I don't even give a fuck. Oh, She's a crazy leftist that wants reparations. I think I've heard her argue for reparations. Oh yeah, yeah, there was a clip. Someone tweeted, I forget who it was. They said something like, these fucking people, they just repeat bullshit. They don't even think about it. And it was a clip of her talking about black people need to be given a hundred billion in reparations. Oh my God. Okay, so let's take that, right? Let's say from here on in, I made it my goal to talk about that nonstop 
on a 24-7 loop, I would not affect, I don't think I would affect her poll numbers at all. I'm being serious. I do not think I would affect her poll numbers. The only way I would affect her poll numbers is if someone with a large platform saw what I did and then repeated it, you know, like if Tim Pool and you would, I think you even need, I think you even need more than that. But let's just say you got like two Tim Pools, right? What is it? 30,000 live. So 60,000 live. And then they made it their sole focus. And then maybe the media picked up on it somehow. Then maybe you would affect her polling by like a percent. Cenk Uger is arguing that he would be able to destroy someone's entire political career. Nah, motherfucker. You're going to need, you know what you're going to need to do? You're going to need to have a show. Because, you know, you can destroy people's political careers. Like, you could argue Patrick Bet David just did that to Ron DeSantis. Although, I would say, even before that, he had no chance. DeSantis was down 50 before that interview. Okay? So, you know, I, I don't, I, I think, I think it, 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 it doesn't really matter. But the I saw, like, I think Pasebic was like, he just ended his entire career. And I know it's like a meme and kind of hyperbolic. But, like, Chenk couldn't even do that because Chenk has no respect Patrick Beck David has a lot of respect. People respect him. Whether you like him or not, he seems to be a person. He has a large platform. A lot of his audience respects him. A lot of people respect him. Chenk is a is a laughingstock. Anna is more liked and respected than Chenk. And my position is I have no respect for Anna Kasparian. Not even a little bit. I just the difference is Chenk is like an idiot. And she's more of a an opportunist. She's more of an opportunist. I don't think she's She's necessarily dumb. Chenk is definitely dumb. She's not like delusional in her ability. Uh, uh, he is completely delusional about what he's capable of. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it, he, he, you're going to destroy, you're going to, you could never push someone out of politics. How would you do that? How would you do that? With your show? What are you kidding me? With your show? help finance primaries against them. I'll go to their states, I'll go to their districts and make sure that they lose. Politics is both terrible. But you need to get a, a politician that has a chance at running. Look at the track record outside of you getting very lucky with AOC. AOC hit. AOC, you know, they were playing roulette and they played double zero every time and they lost every time except that one time where it hit on double zero and they got AOC in there, okay? Oh, oh, and Rokana. I'll give them AOC and Rokana, okay? Look at all of the, and by the way, that's not to say like, if you're a, if you're justice, first of all, you're not even in Justice Democrats anymore. They, they, they took your own creation from you. But uh, Justice Democrats did um, get a couple people in, right? Okay, fine. But you look at the, the politicians that Chenk brings in usually on average, Allison Hartson, remember her? I think that's her name. And he lies to his audience. Remember that whole thing where this woman, Allison Hartson or Hartzell, she's running in, um, who's she running against? Was it Feinstein? And then there was this other guy. He was a, uh, um, he was a, uh, I guess you could say a dissident, right, guy? I forget his name. Uh, of course, they all smeared him as a Nazi, as they do. So this guy was polling less than Hartson, I think. He was polling at the bottom. He was just like an independent guy. He's like taking a shot at it. Whatever. Anyway, 
It, do you remember the big siren? The Nazi could win. Guys, if you don't vote for Alison Hartson, the Nazi's going to win. That was totally made up. Alison Hartson had zero chance. He raised money on false pretenses. He lied and pretended that if he didn't give him enough money, the Nazi would win. That guy had no chance to win. Hartson had no chance to win. That guy had no chance to win. And, uh, and then, yeah, Feinstein just destroyed everyone. I think it was Feinstein that was running. Whoever it was destroyed all of them. So, yeah, this is his history. He has this, this uh, track record and penchant for um, he can raise money. As much as I laugh at him and, uh, and I think he's pretty worthless, he can raise money. Now, I think it's under false pretenses. and I think, it's a, I think he's a scammer. But he, he is able to scam. Like, he, he definitely... And, and I, I, I do think it's just like you, you're getting a couple... You're tricking a couple rich people into throwing you a couple hundred thousand. That's what I think is going on. That's what I think is going on with a lot of these. Carrots and sticks. You need hardball to win. But Democrats have gotten lazy and comfortable and corrupt. The Democratic leader... And it makes sense. I mean, if you're a rich person and you're like a lunatic leftist and you believe in Cenk's message, I get that. If I was filthy rich, um, I would definitely try to deploy money to, to, to get some sort of grassroots based as fuck movement going. Like, that's what happens in politics. Like, so that that's not insane. That's not like I get that, even though the person who believes in Jake Uger has very poor judgment. But I get that. But he's lying to these people. And by the way, they're not I mean. Maybe technically, legally, they're victims, but like whatever. I don't give a shit. They're AIDS commies. They're rich AIDS commies. But, um, but you know, he is scamming them. He's he's pretending. You know, you, you you got this rich guy that you're tricking into thinking that you have a shot to do anything. And um, I, there's no. You, first of all, you have no shot to even uh, to even win this case. With that said, I do hope he gets on the ballot somehow for New Hampshire because I want to watch him. Remember when he ran for CA25 and they had election night? That was glorious because Anna knew from day one he was going to lose. And she had to sit there while he just fucking became the delusional baboon and said he would win. And, and if you recall during that run, she said to him on air that she has lost. She said something along the lines of, uh, like, to be honest, I've lost faith in you or something crazy like that she totally said that to him anyway they had the uh <clears throat> they had the 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 night where the vote is counted election night um for ca25 and just to have to watch him deal with the fact that he got destroyed oh i enjoy that so i want to see that happen one more time and w w why not with new hampshire so yeah get him on the ballot He's not even going to get 1%, and Joe Biden won't even be on the ballot, so it'll make the loss even worse. Oh, I, I would enjoy that. I would really like that. Leadership has. Their voters are amazing, and they let down their voters every time because they never fight for them. Imagine a Democrat fighting for you. I know it seems unimaginable, but does it look like I'm going to have a problem with it? I can't wait to do that for you guys. And I, Bro, if he, he's not getting into Congress in, in any way. If he got in somehow, you, he would become AOC. He would absolutely take a payday and it would be over. Guarantee you that everything on my website, we pass it. Because they're all incredibly popular. And I will take those that popular positions and I will make the other side.
whether they're corporate Democrats or the entirety of the Republican Party, admit that they are against the American people. Say it, have the fight so we can have clarity. Whereas Joe Biden takes the public option, doesn't even propose it. He doesn't propose it because he doesn't want it to pass. He was lying about it the whole time. There's all the difference in the world. The minute I get past the nationalized citizen issue, and if I win in the Supreme Court, we win at this ballot law commission and we get our name in New Hampshire, I'm gonna win New Hampshire. I'm gonna win New Hampshire and we're gonna shock this world. <laughs> and the minute that we win that and we win the Supreme Court. Let him in New Hampshire, please. Please let him in New Hampshire. Court case, nothing's gonna stop us. We're gonna be a runaway freight train. And so good luck establishment, good luck. In terms of the ballot commission, what is the victory? Is it you got to get on the ballot? I mean, and, and how quickly could they make that decision? And is anything less than that? Wouldn't that be a defeat? Okay, so I, I'm I'm not a standard politician. I, I'm honest. So if we lose, is it a defeat in that case? Well, of course we lost, right? So we want our name on the ballot. We have an excellent case. You guys are going to get to see that case with your own eyes. If you show up there, it's at the State Archives building. We're meeting at 9.15 a.m., bring sides if you can. If you're a New Hampshire voter, tell them, let us vote, let us vote. Let us have a voice here. That's exactly what New Hampshire is about. Um, but if we win, that means my name goes on the ballot. And there's an excellent reason why we should uh, win in this. Guess what, I, I don't think there's, a, I think he's not getting on the ballot. Damn it, I wanted to see it happen. It doesn't mean that the issue is resolved, David. Another good question, another fair question. It, it still has to go to the courts. There's no way to resolve this without going all the way to the Supreme Court. So we're gonna do that and we have an excellent case. No I don't think the Supreme Court's gonna be bothered. But we have to win at the ballot law commission to get on the ballot. So that's what we're gonna try to do on Thursday. Now there's also an argument that New Hampshire and we've heard this- some So wait, if you don't get on the ballot, then you can't go to the Supreme Court, can you? the Democrats and the Democratic establishment that it doesn't matter how you do or how Dean Phillips does in New Hampshire, because New Hampshire has essentially changed the calendar, the Biden administration, the look, the Democratic National Committee run by Joe Biden, they have determined that South Carolina goes first. And that if New Hampshire leapfrogs ahead of them as, South, as New Hampshire will do, then Biden's not participating. So at the moment, Joe Biden's not participating in New Hampshire, although there's something of an effort to try to have right in for Joe Biden. But the point that Biden and his, and his support are making is that therefore New Hampshire doesn't matter. That ignore Dean Phillips, Cenk Uger, Marion Williamson, or anybody else who gets in because Biden is not competing in New Hampshire. What do you say to that? Look, it's there's a lot of deep problems with it. But first of all, you think I'm gonna listen to DNC rules when the DNC sets up all of its rules to protect the authoritarian leader? and has protected corporate establishment corrupt politicians my whole life and has set every rule against progressives and I'm supposed to care who they think is gonna go first. No, I'm going to New Hampshire and I'm gonna win New Hampshire. I love New Hampshire and if Joe Biden doesn't love New Hampshire, Joe Biden wants to betray New Hampshire, that's his business. Good, don't run in New Hampshire, we don't want you, okay? And let New Hampshire pick someone who's gonna fight for them. So no, I have no regard for the DNC rules, none when it comes to trying <coughs> to betray New Hampshire and make sure that they're not the first primary state. So look, you find all the details because on the Young Turks, I, unless I'm a guest in very rare situations like this, I can't tell you anything about my campaign. So follow the campaign at jankforamerica.com. Facebook.com slash Jenk official, where we'll give more videos, campaign updates all the time. Facebook.com slash Jenk Uger official, 
and at Twitter and at Instagram at, at Cenk Uger. We'll give you campaign updates there. We'll tell you how to exact address of the state archives building, etc. But no, I'm going to New Hampshire. I'm gonna compete in New Hampshire. And if they put me on the ballot, I'm gonna win New Hampshire. Jenka, the DNC and Democrats threw everything, including the kitchen sink at you when you were in for Congress a couple of years ago. They dredged up some remarks from more than 30 years ago when you were a college student and a Republican. Um, how do you view some of those remarks now? And is any of this fair game? Yeah, so this is the smear jobs that uh, corporate Democrats do. And unfortunately, a lot of times they're uh, you know, willing uh, accomplices in mainstream media. So and like you, you, you're one of the people, you, you smear people all the time. And by the way, it's funny because mainstream media all of a sudden started quoting the alt right, the most radical people <laughs> in the right wing. So they're like, it's not what even, what even does that mean? Like, oh, did you know that Jenks said something in the 1990s? Oh, you mean that alt right? So that they want uh, black criminals prosecuted like everyone else, and they uh, they don't want drag queens reading pedophile drag queens reading the kids, and uh, and. Uh, they uh, they don't believe in insane immigration policies. What a crazy group of people! All oh, that alt right. Oh, they're so crazy. Oh, okay. So basically, you had to go back thirty years to find something that I said that that was going to offend people, right? You don't have to go by. You don't have to go back that far. The um, the horse comments weren't that. Uh, long ago, you said nigger a bunch of times. That's game over for mainstream acceptance. That's like good luck. <laughs> that highlight reel is fantastic, but you can just go a couple years ago. Almost any time there's a story that involves an attractive adult raping a child, an adult woman, an attractive adult woman raping a child, you always act like, oh, but if that was me when I was thirteen, I'd like it. That shit's fucking crazy. You're defending a child rapist or a, a person that rapes minors, however you want to split hairs. And um, and uh, so that would be enough right there. You say all sorts of fucked up shit. So yes, that was a different person back then. I was trying to be a Republican, etc. So some of the comments I've apologized for, but I want to be super clear. A lot of the comments are totally taken out of context. They're, they're jokes that mainstream media lied about and pretended were not jokes. How many they, times have you done that to people? You deserve it. They didn't even explain that they were jokes. And so and then they, they called me anti-Muslim when I my background is Muslim. They said that I brought on David Duke to share his anti-Semitic views when I called him an anti-Semite, a bigot, a racist. So mainstream media, if they view you as a threat, will seek and destroy. That's what they're doing to Dean Phillips right now. But Dean can be polite all he likes. I'm not Dean. I, I'm I'm an outsider, and I'm proud to be an outsider. And now, as an outsider, they want to block me and say, "Oh, you're not American enough to go on a ballot." Well, I think New Hampshire is going to disagree, and I think we're going to change the country. We're going to change the world. So, uh, I'm going to New Hampshire. We're going to win it. Jankforamerica.com. Sounds like uh, that bearded guy that was shoving things in his ass. What was that guy's name? Murphy? Jack Murphy? <laughs> Remember that shit, man, there was some masturbation on that Tim Pool show between Jack Murphy and Tim Pool a few years ago, right right as that scandal was was um, heating up. And he, I remember uh, he, he was like, Tim, you know, I was uh, driving in my car, talking to my friend, and I said, you know, friend, we're going to change the world. <laughs>
What a crock of shit. Yeah, you gotta change the world by shoving dildos up your ass on the internet. <laughs> John Conley, um, regarding this ballot law commission, how quickly do you expect a decision? Um, and also, New Hampshire is known for, you know, the people there love to kick the tires of every presidential candidate and have you do town halls and answer endless questions. And by what the way, all that motherfucker, and that guy was making bank at the time. He was making bank. All he had to do was take a joke. That's it. That's all he had to do is take a joke. And he couldn't. And as soon as that happens, the internet gets in gear and they start getting curious. And good God, did he have a footprint. Holy shit. Point. Do you start doing that? Do you do that before the ballot law commission makes a decision? Do you wait? Uh, take us through this. Everybody knows I'm happy to take any and all questions. And so I get tough questions here, I get tough questions in other places. I actually get the toughest questions here, but 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 from citizens, come on. I'm not like regular politicians, come on, I don't- oh, Okay, so that's bullshit. We have you on video when you were talking at a debate and an old man, now look, look admittedly the old man, okay, he he did he he talked without being called on. Okay, so you could say that was rude. But Chank, of course, flies off the handle, pretends that the guy is 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 like trying to kill him, and then now, after I don't know thirty seconds of the the old man saying you're a liar, don't talk to my president like that, then they proceeded with the debate, and then it became time <clears throat> for the questions. And there were people in the audience that were asking questions that Chank and the Muslim Brotherhood didn't like. And so then they called the cops on the people for asking questions. That's Chank Uger when he says, come and ask me any question I want. This motherfucker went along with it when the people who ran this uh, debate that he was in, in CA25, called the cops on the questioners there. And they shut down the whole thing because they didn't like the questions from uh, some of the people in the audience. And so, yeah, that's funny. Ask any question you want, that's a lie. Don't mind answering it. You got a crazy question that doesn't make any sense? So what, I'll tell you it's a crazy question that doesn't make any sense. You got something that uh, you heard somewhere that smears me? Let me clear the air, I don't care. But most importantly, I'll answer your policy questions and I'll tell you how I'm gonna get bills passed, that it's not just we're not gonna hopefully someone, you know, I, I, I'm not rolling to New Hampshire. Someone, hopefully, if someone's there, they ask him, uh, uh, what, "Is your position that you still think the unvaccinated should be kicked out of hospitals and ICUs?" I'd like to see him answer that. Play patty cakes anymore? If the Democratic voters want something, I'm gonna fight like hell for it. So will I take questions in New Hampshire? Of course, of course. Wherever I go, New Hampshire, Iowa, South Carolina, Nevada, anywhere. Come and uh, come and find out. Come and do, to my rallies. Come to New Hampshire to do the ballot law commission. Come anywhere uh, where I'm campaigning, and I'd be super happy to meet with any voters and answer any questions they have. The big uh, hearing coming up this Thursday at the New Hampshire Ballot Law Commission. Jenka, uh, thanks for doing this, and for uh, again, Jenka and, and his campaign and TYT had said any question is fair game. There was no restriction on anything I could ask. Jenk, uh, thanks for for doing this. We appreciate it, and uh, to everybody out there who. Oh, your boss said you can ask any question. Oh, okay, yeah, that's reasonable. Was 
watching and listening. You heard it, we will stay on top of the news coming out of New Hampshire, whether it involves Jenk Uger or any other presidential candidate. Thanks for joining this special edition of TYT, I'm David Schuster. What a joke, what a joke. May I, uh, let me uh, <clears throat> read some of these uh, super chats. We're taking them through Streamlabs, link in the description. We're also taking them through Entropy, link in the description. And we're also taking Rumble Rants on Rumble. Also, my leftist homosexual brother, uh, who goes by the name of the Soft Gentleman, uh, he wrote a book recently. It's available for free via PDF. If you click on the description in Rumble or in YouTube, you can download it for free. We are waiting for it to be put in Amazon and Barnes and Noble. We'll see if that happens. I'll believe it when I see it. That will be hilarious, though, if that happens. Anyway, it's called "What a Bigot Would Say," and it's a uh, it's a guide on how to be a virtuous leftist. You can also watch him. Uh, uh, if it's really only for liberals, his chat is filled with only virtuous liberals because uh, it's a very serious show he takes it very seriously his audience takes it all very seriously too you can watch him on the soft gentleman channel on youtube anyway so um that book came about there was a uh, a suggestion from a viewer uh, re related to the book and so i decided to see if we could tie it into some sort of like membership drive on subscribe star because that's very helpful to the channel and we hit the goal that we set so then the book came out so now we're going to try another one and this time uh some in the audience requested uh, a, a book written uh by me that includes uh, explaining how the Jehovah's Witnesses cult uses the same propaganda tactics as the corporate media. And then also I will be doing whatever the normal, you know, I'm just going to go on rants about all of these people and say things. And uh, will it be different than a normal broadcast? I don't know. I'm just going to say stuff and it'll probably be a little bit all over the place. But anyway, if you're interested in that, you can go to subscribe star link in the description, or you can go to rumble and click on the red subscribe button, or you can go to the soft gentleman's bathhouse, which is on his YouTube channel and you can click join. Um, and uh, okay, let's go here. Uh, Master MK7 in Rumble says, uh, Horse lover Chank needs to be charged for falsely running for president of the U.S. in a red state, just like how they're charging the 2020 alternate electors in blue states. Oh, 100%. 100%. Nevada, right? I think Nevada's a red state. That's where um, I think Actual Justice Warrior had, uh, had tweeted the uh, picture of the document that Chank submitted where he's like crossing stuff out it looks like a kid wrote it when i first saw it i thought it was a meme i kind of dismissed it <laughs> i think it's real it's just uh, absolutely incredible um buffalo bill says can you do thigh gap hp can i do thigh gap what is that uh what are we talking about like do i like thigh gap on a woman i, I don't really i don't really give a shit i uh i mean you know it just depends i mean i imagine i don't know i don't really yeah it's kind of whatever i i believe that's what he's talking about he says or is it a no-go for you uh i don't really <clears throat> do you have like picture examples i think if there is some hardnewsnetwork at gmail.com if you have some pictures that i can look at as an example and see what we're looking at here just randomly curious. Also, if you know any big old fat women, preferably with a lot of skin, minimal sunspotting, hook a brother up with their home address. Please and thank you. 
Happy Halloween, HB in chat. Well, thank you. Happy Halloween, Buffalo Bill. Oh, Buffalo Bill. Ah, yes, the guy that skins women and, and makes clothes and lamps out of them. Um, yeah, I don't really know any fat hogs. I, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, I know there's, you know, you have uh, Hog Mama. She uh, She's around sometimes in the, in the stream labs and things like that. But no, I don't really think that I would have anyone that... Uh, <clears throat> I do know a girl whose ass is incredible and it's big. You could probably do, you know... You could probably do uh, something with that. But, uh, you know, I like her, so I'm not really going to, uh, you know, uh, tell her to go over to your house. <laughs> Silky Johnson says, uh, <clears throat> true or not, that's a fucked up response, HB. I'm guessing the guy that joked about the baby is a filthy camel fucker. Cooked baby good, no Wi-Fi signal bad. Hopefully he's cooked in the oven. Yeah, so Twitter is just a wild place. Twitter's a wild place. So I think a guy got fired. So here's the thing. It, it's almost like the people running the DeSantis campaign are the same people running the propaganda arm of the Israeli government. Um, meaning that, like, they're just inept. They're so bad at propaganda. They're just so bad at this. So you already have, from what I understand, footage of atrocities committed by Hamas on October 7th that Hamas stands by and recorded themselves. So you don't need to be hyperbolic. You already have shit that's really fucked up that you can point to, okay? You have these villages where people were murdered. You don't have to... Be like, oh, they beheaded 40 babies. And now they're claiming that they cooked a baby in the oven. The problem is they're, they're doing the trust me bro thing, which is, again, why, why are you doing this? So people are being skeptical of this. Now, one guy responded by saying with or without baking powder. This was like a pro-Palestinian guy. I think he got fired. Um... And then he said, uh, yeah, so he said, with or without baking powder. <clears throat> now, look, on the one hand, here's the thing. If this is like, if this is like a, a shit poster responding with that, I would say that, like, you know, basically like pointing out how uh, the Israeli government is failing in their propaganda, no problem. This guy, I think, gen is very much like pro pro like Hamas maybe not like I don't think so here's the problem this is a leftist getting fired for a tweet too bad so sad what can you do you know what I mean like this is a guy that would probably laugh in our faces if we were getting fired over a tweet about you know Michael Brown or George Floyd so from that standpoint I give zero fucks there is this um there's a combination of people that are actually on board with babies being killed on on either side right that they're completely fine with that um and then there's people that are calling out bullshit propaganda and it's just uh it's all very you know you can make an overall argument that like people are becoming desensitized and like that's how they're responding to the ideas of babies being you know killed or whatever 
Um, but I, I, and I agree, yeah, it's fucked up. And uh, I have no doubt Hamas has killed babies. Now, whether or not they did the whole thing where they cooked the baby and raped the and gang raped the woman, is it possible? Absolutely. The, but you have to provide evidence. You can't just say when I get suspicious when this is the thing. Look, this is a horrible thing, and I don't want to see this fucking shit. Okay, but if you make an assertion like that. I get suspicious when you attack the questioner who asks for evidence. I get suspicious because because there's no reason to do that. For, let me give you an example. There are people in the media, like we just saw with fuckable death, who said that she was shown pictures from the Israeli government of the murdered babies. Okay, why aren't they releasing that? Why aren't they releasing that to the public? Why are they only showing corporate media? Corporate media has zero credibility. I don't, they, they lie about everything. So because she said she saw it, that does nothing for me. Release it into the public domain. There are people that fucking look through that shit to verify it. And, and they're doing the Lord's work. And they will be able to verify the claim. And if it is verified that they beheaded 40 babies, that's insanely fucked up. And again, it shows you the depravity of these lunatic animals. Now, on the other hand, though, that doesn't make it okay to carpet bomb the whole fucking neighborhood and kill thousands of children, which is what that propaganda is being used for from the Israeli side. So it's just, it's such a, it's just such AIDS. It's such AIDS. So I will just reiterate my position, which is you shouldn't kill civilians. I think it's fucked up. Now it's the internet and you're going to have people that are like, well, I disagree. You should, I don't like this one group and we should kill them all. That's the internet. Whatever. I'm not going to get bent out of shape about that. My position, you shouldn't kill civilians. Um, the moral fagging, though, is really wild. That, like, I'm a bad person if I don't go along with your group killing civilians. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah, I saw uh, the... Uh, uh, what the hell is this? Uh, AIU's going hard for Israel, apparently. That's a, You know, he does great work. But, man, his shit with Clinton, guns, and apparently Israel is just... Uh, man, very blue-pilled. I don't know. But, you know, hey, maybe he has family there or something. I don't know. Look, if you have family there, I, I get being angry. And, you know, if you ask me, could, could I see how a person in Israel could become bloodthirsty and want to kill everybody because one of their family members was kidnapped and murdered? Yeah, I could see that. I could see how a person could get that angry. But, you know, what do you want from me? Like, the idea that you need my approval or you need me to go along with this, chill the fuck out. I, it's like, it's it's unseemly to ask a person to do that. But, of course, they're doing it because they want to do a war and there's this whole war thing and it's just ridiculous. Anyway, by the way, credit any of the commentators, <clears throat> most of the commentators that I watch for real, <clears throat> they've kept their heads through this and they're remaining objective. And uh, that's credit to them. Credit to them. Um, okay, let's see here. All right, dude. Uh, oh, that was, uh, that's breaking news. Uh, we, all right, we will uh, do that in a bit. Silky Johnson says, HB, I saw that tranny faggot pedos added the Palestinian flag to their fag. Oops, I meant flag. They should all fly over there and pass out those flags, be inclusive. And, uh, Go to and uh, go to heavily bombarded. I mean, liberated areas. Cranes may also appear. Woo, yes. So they have taken the homosexual lunatic flag um, and they have added the Palestinian flag to it. Have you asked the Palestinians about that? 
Because from what I understand, a good portion of them do not like LGBT. And it's really interesting. But yeah, maybe you should go to uh, Gaza and talk to them about it. <clears throat> and they'll be like, I can't believe they're throwing us off of buildings. Yeah, well, that's more ISIS. But well, what's the difference? Uh, let's see. Soki Johnson says, HB, <clears throat> who is that faggot in a suit that your rabid homosexual brother covers? Brian Tyler Cohen. He looks like that one YouTube bitch lawyer, Legal Eagle, with a lower T-cell count. Amazing how repeating the media narratives in a more feminine way gets you massive viewership. He is, uh, he is propped up heavily by the algorithm. So there is this guy, Brian Tyler Cohen, who is, uh, he's a David Pakman type, but he has much more algorithmic support than David Pakman. David Pakman has a pretty reasonable amount of algorithmic, uh, algorithmic support. If you can build a subscriber base on YouTube, you're pretty much whitelisted. Because e anyone even halfway interesting, they're completely shadow banned. Their shadow banning sticks and anyone, you know, like that to hell. Um, it's impossible on um, on YouTube, uh, almost impossible to grow. Um, but uh, Pacman and this Brian Tyler Cohen, they look like they're getting... Uh, the, Brian Tyler Cohen uh, it gets people from MSNBC to go on to his show, and it's interesting to watch. And I, I don't know, you know, could he be... At, could it be like a situation that like Gray Zone uncovered with BreadTube where there's cut cutouts from the government that are having him do propaganda? Or is it more like the David Pakman type, at least in my read, that like they want to get some sort of job in corporate media and that's the goal of this whole thing? I, I, I don't know. But uh, he's, yeah, total AIDS, total propaganda, very gay. Um, and, um, and apparently, uh, at least according to what, uh, some of the members of the soft gentleman's bathhouse were saying earlier today, that there is, uh, I think they call it the, uh, what do they call it? It's the, um, yeah, I think the Bukaki championships at the soft gentleman's bathhouse. Uh, the main event is tonight. And, uh, Brian Tyler Cohen is challenging David Pakman for his title. Apparently, according to them, um, David has won nine times in a row the, uh, the Bukaki Queen Championship. Nine times in a row. That's like this 1960s Celtics or the Montreal Canadiens. If you're a follower of sports and you, you are a sports historian, you like to go back and look at the old teams. Something, a nine times, nine straight titles is so unprecedented. You have to go back in the NBA, you'd have to go back to the Celtics of, I think, the 60s with Bill Russell. And I believe the Montreal Canadiens in the 60s or 70s won like nine in a row or something crazy like that. So, so apparently, <clears throat> Brian Tyler Cohen, the newcomer, is trying to beat David Pakman uh, out of his 10th straight... Um, his 10th straight uh, Bukaki Queen Championship. So it's going to be interesting. I have no... I don't keep track of this stuff because it's very gay. But um, but I do know that there is some sort of thing. That's where he is. He's at the bathhouse right now. I have no idea, uh, you know, what the hell is... what the score is. But, uh, man, I don't even know how they keep score. I don't think I want to know how they keep score. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be an interesting thing to see if Pacman can pull off 10 in a row. That, that's impressive. All right, now we have Dewey C says, here's a couple of bucks so you can get some safety scissors and construction paper to make one of those hand turkeys. No American should be denied that childhood experience, and I won't stand for it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. 
Yeah, I think um, things... I, I, when I left the Jehovah's Witnesses, um, I did celebrate Christmas. That is one of the things that I did. I didn't go trick-or-treating. because um, Like I said, I, I trick-or-treated one night for my whole life when I was 15. And I never needed to do it again. We we literally it was like it was insane. Uh, it was it was it was fun, um, but I did celebrate Christmas and my family also. We we yeah we definitely celebrate Christmas not in like a crazy way, but just like you know whatever. Um, let's see yeah I that so yeah that's one of the main things and then yeah weed and sex definitely are the areas of uh, that I uh, participated in that uh that uh, you know previously you're not allowed to um <clears throat> so those are the main areas and l lots of profanity and epithets and uh and yeah yeah i mean that's that's pretty much but no i never really had the desire to cut out the turkeys but i remember i remember the 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 construction paper i remember yeah you would cut out the the like whatever the fuck that red thing coming off a turkey is the, it's not a well no I don't even know what the hell that's called that red fucking thing that comes off the goddamn I know there's a name for it you had to cut that out and then you had to cut the feathers out for the back and then by the way back in the day this is the 80s they were uh, making I remember they made uh, Indian headdresses and shit uh, um, or not like head well, no headdresses is the big one right it wasn't that it was like the it, whatever the fuck Pocahontas you know Pocahontas there's it's like it looks like a it's like a Indian crown with like a feather on it yeah they would make those because you know not everyone was had a stick up their ass and the leftists weren't in control so you would make like stuff for the Indians too and the pilgrims and all this shit and it was like you know you could like dress up like a pilgrim or an Indian like some people made hats for the pilgrims, and some people made the fucking whatever the goddamn Indian thing is called. And it was whatever, and then you did turkey stuff. Once in a while, you'd get lucky. I remember, <laughs> I'm surprised I wasn't declared a ra Now, I'm not surprised, because this was like 86. And in 86, I think it was fourth grade, I was 86, I think. When did, uh, when did Tougher Than, no, no, what? When did the Raising Hell album from Run DMC come out? Was that 86 or 87? Because I remember I would, I, I had that. I, I, it was one of the few cassette tapes that I had. I don't even remember how I got it. Because, you know, you're a kid. You have no money. How the fuck did I get that? I don't know. I would get things sometimes. I'd figure out a way. Weird. Anyway, so um, it was Martin Luther King Day. And I remember in the beginning of the school year, this t but this was one of the few hot um, teachers I had. Fourth grade teacher. She was a blonde. She was older. She was milfy. She had big tits and she would have no awareness like she wasn't she didn't dress like a whore but she would like sometimes lean over and you just got a full view it was fantastic and i remember uh, i'm getting off track here uh, I, I so i remember um it was martin luther king day and in the beginning of the year my um my, my mom would have me give a brochure it's a blue brochure with a student on it i forget the name of it it's about Jehovah's Witness beliefs. You're supposed to give it to teachers. And it just gives the long list of things. By the way, why would you... Like, the teacher has to read all this propaganda to figure out what the Jehovah's Witness kid's not allowed to do? Anyway. I, for some reason, like, Martin Luther King Day was considered history. And 
it wasn't really usually an issue. But for some reason, this teacher thought that that was also something I couldn't partake in. So anyway, we're sitting there and they're like, oh, it's Martin Luther King. And they're like, you know, you know, HB, you know, whatever my name is. You can, I know you're a Jehovah's Witness. You can use the computer instead of doing this project. And I was like, and the computer, now, granted, in modern times, an Apple IIe was a very shitty computer. But back then, those were the shit. And and she was like, yeah, you can just like play, you know, use the, she didn't play, say play, but you can use the computer. And I'm like, can I just run anything I want? She's like, yeah, while we do this. And I remember one of the students was like, hey, how come he gets to play the computer? And I was like, oh, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. It was like one of the few times that the alternative was actually better than what they were doing. And I was like, I, that's absolutely fantastic. I don't even remember what I played. I, I looked for sneakers. I remember, do you remember the game Sneakers for the Apple IIe? I looked for that because my third grade teacher had that and I used to play it when I could. That game was, at the time, was great. You know, now it's, it sucks. Although it's, it's not a bad game. Anyway, they didn't, I think I played Oregon Trail or whatever. They didn't have a lot. But I, yeah, I remember Oregon Trail. That was, so that worked out. That was one of the times it worked out. Um... Okay. You know what was weird? I'll, I'll, this will be the last thing I, uh, I'll say about it. What was weird is I remember the kids in school, like when it was birthday time and the cupcakes would come around, you know, I had to like leave the room. You know what's weird? That's an instant opening to like make fun of a kid over. And you know what's weird? A lot of them, they just kind of felt sad for me, which is interesting. For kids, because you know, kids make fun of anything, but yeah, that was like the, that was. Now we're talking like second and third grade, and of course by oh, I think I've said by middle school I was pretending to not be a witness. I was like, this is too middle school is brutal enough. I gotta be a fucking Jehovah's Witness. I was like, no. So like in middle school, I would just uh, be like, and you didn't do like the bring cakes to school. At least in, in the middle school I went to, there was no like, oh, it's so and so's birthday. Everyone's having a cupcake. That was elementary school. They, the middle school was like a prison. They ran that school like a prison. It was terrible. But um, yeah, that's that's weird. But anyway, look, you deal with it. What are you gonna do? I'm not a victim, and it sucked, and now it's over, and I don't ever have to do it again. And there you go. What are you gonna do? <clears throat> you know, there is a thing when you go through fucked up shit. Some people are going through fucked up shit right now that's not over. The shit that I went through is over and there's no way that it's coming back. And there's a freedom in that. And there is a, uh, a, a euphoria in that that never goes away. That like there's no matter what happens, that's over. All of the Jehovah's Witness shit, no matter what, is completely over. There's no way that that returns. It's impossible. There's no way. That's over with. So there's people going through shit now and it's not over. And there's also people that go through shit that never ends. So at least the shit I went through is over, which is fantastic. All right, let's see. Uh, okay, that was a breaking news. Uh, Mega Jehovah says, going to have to correct you again, HB. It's not the most dangerous vaccine in the world. For that to be true, it would have to be a vaccine to begin with. They redefined what a vaccine is and pretended it is. Try the most dangerous stealth poison in the world. They did change the uh, definition. It is technically not a vaccine. But, I mean, they call it the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, but it is absolutely dangerous, however you want to uh, label it. Black Knight Leader says, Happy Halloween, HB. Happy Halloween, sir. Muslim Trump supporter says, Alua Akbar, it's a trap. Anywho, there be some... And, I'm again, I'm quoting... 
There be some sin nigger kike fagberg haters out there that do support the Donald because Trump is right about fags. Trags and hags. Latola Crane style. I'm a proud sin nigger for Trump. My 4th of July fireworks is the bomb. All right, well, thank you, uh, Muslim Trump supporter. I sincerely appreciate that. All right, very good. All right, let's go to the next video here. Um, yeah, so a guy asks John Fetterman about Israel and a ceasefire, and he gets manhandled. Let's see how they cover it. It's like an indication of what they think of you as a voter. I'm just asking you. You're a good guy. I voted for you. I know you're a nice guy. This is important. You need to leave. Here, can I give you a question? Yo, he just assaulted him. He just assaulted him. Professor and lawyer Dan Kovalik was kicked out of an event featuring Senator John Fetterman after asking him about his unwavering support for Israel despite the ongoing war in the Gaza Strip which has overwhelmingly killed Palestinian civilians as opposed to Hamas militants. Now we've been clear about how we feel toward Hamas, we have been clear in how disgusted we were by that terrorist attack. By the way, one of the propaganda uh, things that I saw uh, was um, they were like, oh, the tunnels, that's where Hamas goes to be protected. And I'm like, okay, we'll go in the tunnels. Why are you bombing the goddamn buildings? If you know they're not in the buildings and they're in the tunnels, why are you bombing the buildings? Anyway, whatever. I I do believe that Israel has the right to defend itself. I do not believe Israel has the right to engage in the ethnic cleansing that they're currently engaging in. And it turns out Dan Kovalik agrees with me on that and wanted to ask John Fetterman about it. Now, prior to the moment that you just watched, Kovalik told Fetterman the following. In the video, Kovalik, who taught at the University of Pittsburgh School of Law until his contract expired in June, asked the Democrat why he doesn't support a humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. After an off-camera person appeared to attempt to stop Kovalik from asking such questions, Kovalik said, quote, I can talk to him, meaning Fetterman, I voted for him. I'm sorry, this is a democracy. And then he also said, sort of. Now, he also said 10,000 people in Gaza have been killed, half are children. The Pope is calling for a ceasefire. The UN is calling for it. I'm just asking you, you're a good guy, I voted for you, I know you're a nice guy. Well, not nice enough to actually really hear him out or even answer what Kovalik had to say because as you saw in the video, he was immediately kicked out of the area, of the room, pretty viciously to be honest with you. Yeah, I saw the whole video, he didn't say anything wrong. He just asked him the simplest question in the world, here, John Now. To be clear, if this was a, uh, a conservative that they pushed out like that, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, they had to do that." I'm asking you, are you for a ceasefire or not? It's the most basic question in this uh, conversation. Well, you're not even willing to answer that. What happened? I thought you were a populist. I thought you were a man of the people. What's going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. And so this is the part of the story that you, you won't hear anywhere else. 
but I know because of progressive politics and what happened in the primaries. So in the primaries, Democratic Majority for Israel and AIPAC targeted every progressive. And they spent $4 million against Lena Turner, for example. And they spent millions of dollars against Andy Levin, who's a very strong supporter of Israel. But he dared to say that he was in favor of a two-state solution, which I thought was the official American position, right? And he comes from a legendary Jewish family in Michigan. And no, Democratic Majority for Israel spent millions against him because he didn't say that he would just do whatever Israel says, right? Levin should deserves all the credit in the world. What a hero, what an American hero, okay? But every person in democratic politics got the memo. If you oppose any Israeli position, doesn't matter if it's left wing or right wing, no nuance here, it doesn't matter how many Palestinians get killed, nothing matters. We will spend millions of dollars against you. And then, by the way, when Ilhan Omar pointed this out, they did a censure of her. How dare you point out that lobbyists have millions of dollars and spend it? Well, that's a fact. Anyone who says it's not a fact doesn't is completely ignorant and doesn't understand politics. So there was a moment in Fetterman's campaign for the Senate where we people realized, oh, Fetterman's never said anything about Israel. So and he's supposed to be a progressive and a populist. So it was a a moment where. Political figures like myself who look at this stuff behind the scenes, we were waiting in anticipation. What is he going to do? Is he going to be a tough guy and oppose them? Or he's going to say, I will, I will bow to whatever this foreign government wants. And he came out with a statement saying that he would bow. That's right. And he, and he said, I will support Israel basically no matter what. And so this is him now bowing his head again. So look, guys, this is why politicians break our hearts. This is why there's so little hope left in the country. Fetterman was supposed to be the one guy who's populist and progressive, but he did a political calculation and now he won't even answer the question. So I don't know what's in his heart. I don't know if he thinks, well, you know, I, it is really brutal how they're killing the Palestinians. On the other hand, I made a political calculation that I didn't want those lobbyists spending money against me. So hey, my campaigns, and my career are more important than those lives. Or if he thinks, I don't care about Palestinian lives at all. But that ain't a progressive position and it ain't a populist position. So if you're gonna be any standard old politician and just give in to everything lobbyists want, please stop pretending, put on a suit, enough with your stupid sweater and shorts if you're gonna act like all the other politicians. 100%, couldn't agree more. Um, now, he did put out a statement following uh, Hamas's attack on Israel and Israel's response on that attack. Here's what he had to say. Innocent Israelis were the victims of a terrorist attack that resulted in the largest loss of Jewish lives since the Holocaust. Now we know that the tragedy at the Gaza hospital was not caused by Israel. How about the 10,000 other Hold bombs? On. Hold on. First of all, that is still not confirmed. So every, by the way, when we covered that story, we made clear it is not confirmed, okay? And we will continue saying that until we have an independent party confirming without a shadow of a doubt that it was one side or the other that bombed that hospital. What yeah. we do know is Israel, you're correct, has bombed not only other hospitals, but that very hospital a few days prior to the bombing that made headlines. Okay, so the idea that the IDF doesn't bomb hospitals is laughable and a complete and utter lie. So the fact that Fetterman 
basically made a declarative statement about who was responsible for that hospital bombing and isn't getting any backlash for it is really fascinating to me. Because look, justifiably, the media got a lot of backlash for initially reporting that it was the IDF without confirmation. Why does Fetterman, a United States Senator, get to make this declarative statement? It is a lie, it is not confirmed, let's be clear about that. Yeah, but much more importantly, it's a distraction. Because at this point, Channel 4 has done a video showing that it might have been IDF, Channel 4 in UK. BBC and others have done interesting videos showing that it probably was not the IDF. I think at this point, it is likely that it was not the IDF. But I'm not sure, perfectly sure, right? But guys. Everybody's now using that as an excuse, as if Israel didn't do any bombings in Gaza. So what if one out of thousands and thousands and thousands of bombs that they dropped on ambulances, hospitals, schools, residential buildings, one of them wasn't IDF? What difference does that make? So it's important to get the facts right. But when you, the only statement you put out is, I don't even believe that there was a bombing of the hospital. It makes it sound like you're saying, I don't believe there was any bombings. Would you like us to roll the tape again on Gaza or what is left of Gaza? I mean, it's absurd. Listen, this is the old school stuff that where American media and American politicians would come out and they would just lie to you straight to your face and go, no. But see, you're not really different than them, though. And you also, you repeated the talking points about Assad gassing his own people. So, you know, what what difference do you really make? Israel's, they don't target civilians at all. Never, never. Every time the thousands and thousands and thousands of Palestinian civilians killed were all collateral damage and human shields and Hamas's fault. And Israel's never at fault for anything, right? Those are the bad old days. That, that crap isn't gonna fly anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, and so the idea that, okay, IDF didn't do that hospital, so they didn't do anything? No, 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 we have eyes, we have ears. And, we, and we're used to this crap from normal standard politicians. Fetterman, if you're gonna be a standard corrupt politician, put on a goddamn suit. So that we know which uniform you have on, okay? Don't pretend to be one of us. So I agree with the next part of his statement, okay? But after I read the full statement, you'll understand why I disagree with him. So this part I agree with. He says, I grieve for every innocent person and brave Israeli soldier killed since Hamas started this war. If not for the horrific attacks by Hamas terrorists, thousands of innocent Israelis and Palestinians would still be alive today. So. What about the innocent Palestinian civilians who have died as a result of the indiscriminate airstrikes? Because I grieve for Israeli civilians, just as any normal person would grieve for the Palestinian civilians. I mean, the moral clarity here should be shared by everyone, but unfortunately it's not. Because some, like Fetterman apparently, like to dehumanize the civilians on one side, well, Talking about the tragedy of the loss of life of, of Israeli civilians on the other side. And then he says, now is not the time to talk about a ceasefire. We must support Israel in their efforts to eliminate the Hamas terrorists who slaughtered innocent men, women and children. Hamas does not want peace, they want to destroy Israel. We can talk about a ceasefire after Hamas is neutralized. What insanity. So this guy's totally useless. Senator Netanyahu. Fetterman called and would like his body back. What is this? There's no new, there's not one iota of caring about Palestinian lives. 
Any Republican could have said that. Any corporate Democrat could have said that. I mean, that sounds like almost all of his quotes sound like they're identical to Netanyahu and his far right wing government in Israel. What part of this is progressive? Fetterman, please, please go away. Jesus Christ, how many times do these politicians have to break our hearts? Finally, 16 ex-campaign staffers have put out a letter in response to Fetterman's public statements on this war. And here's what they had to say. They're known as the Fetterman Alumni for Peace. Watching the United States military apparatus beat the drum for war, promising the Israeli government unconditional weapons support, a blank check for more destruction that will lead to the killing of more innocent Israelis and Palestinians, including children, has been heart-wrenching. Watching you lead that charge has felt like a gutting betrayal. These are not the values that we believed you you to hold, and these are not our values. Yeah, all of a sudden, Fetterman can't find a way to speak. Before, he was going out of his way, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. But all of a sudden, the cat's got his tongue. Okay, so look, here, I'll do a prediction for you guys. The reason we do predictions is so you know what actually motivates things behind the scenes. So, and we don't do mainstream media crap and tell you, oh, these just have ideas and ideologies and points of view. No, my my prediction is Fetterman turns around on this. Why? Because he's going to bleed out voters. All the Democrats that are now being warmongers are losing massive support. Okay, in America, yep. it's a new day, and you kiss all of your young voters goodbye, because young voters across the board. Christian, Muslim, Jewish, atheist, it doesn't matter. They're all against this bloody war, okay? So after Fetterman sees his numbers bleed out, he'll care a lot more about that than he does about Palestinian lives. But he'll turn around and then he'll pretend to be a progressive again. You know why? Because these guys, they only care about themselves. So thanks for breaking our heart on the last guy we had hope on. We appreciate it, John oh. Fetterman. <laughs> no refunds. For proving that all politicians are just beholden to the donors and the lobbyists and the military industrial complex and the oil companies, etc. Go start another war for them, Fetterman. Thanks a lot. <laughs> we really appreciate it. I guarantee you he turns around and it won't be, it'll be completely disingenuous. Oh, look at my poll numbers. Oh, okay, I meant Palestinians' lives might matter too. Yeah, I noticed you being a warmonger here, populist progressive, my ass. Go do take your acting. Classes somewhere else, okay? And and Professor Kovalik, thank you for being an American hero. That was a great question, and every senator should be asked that. By the way, Bernie Sanders again put out a statement acknowledging that Palestinian lives matter, and we appreciate it. Senator Sanders, as usual, he's been the best senator on this. But having said that, he also didn't call for a ceasefire, and he should also be asked: Are you in favor of a ceasefire, or are you with the warmongers now, who's going to drive both Palestinians? And Israel into greater and greater danger through endless stupid wars that the defense contractors here in America profit off of. And if you guys aren't going to be progressives, please stop pretending and go to Hollywood or something. Just be the cheesy actors that you want to be. Hey, thanks for and watching. They are really upset. That's fantastic. Here is David Pakman saying one of the most disturbing voicemails I've ever received. All right, let's let's have a look at this voicemail. This is one of the most disturbing voicemails I've ever received. All right, uh, you can call the voicemail line at two one nine two David P. Um, it, I'll just play it, okay, and then we'll we'll discuss. Bagel Fakeman. 
Okay. <laughs> Colin. Bagels Fagman. That is fantastic. Let's rewind. Bagels Fagman. That's a great name. David P. Um, it, I'll just play it, okay? And then we'll, we'll discuss. Bagels Fagman. Okay. <laughs> Calling me Bagel. I think that's anti-Semitic, right? I mean, is that what? what would you call yes. a Catholic? Your name is Bagel from now on. You are Bagel Fagman. That's what your name is. From now on, you're Bagel. That's fantastic. They're calling David Bagel. Why does that work so much? You would think that I would go with something that was, like, gay. But, uh, because bagels aren't really gay. They're not on my gay scale. I like bagels. I think they're pretty good. Cream cheese and bagels? No problem. Bagel. <laughs> bagel Fagman. That, well, Fagman's gay. But Bagel, that's a fantastic name. Oh, man, this is great. Lick host, Bagel? I think not. You must be trust funding it up to tell us the economy is doing great, dude. I have no trust funds, sir. I have no trust funds. I am trolling so many of your commies on the f***ing threads here. This is great. Do you even hmm. go to the grocery store? Like, I, I do. I, I go to the grocery store. Yes, sir. How is it? How much Soros money do you get? We don't get any Soros money. No, I, I mean, is it is it because George Soros is Jewish and I'm Jewish that I, I must be funded by? Um, no, George Soros is um, is very wealthy and donates to a lot of Democrat causes. That's the main argument. Um, there is an, uh, an argument uh, overall some people make about powerful Zionists and their influence, which I think is a real thing that you're not allowed to talk about. But most of it is related to uh, uh, Soros donating and, and trying to get political outcomes through his money. So, you know, that would be why it would be brought up. George Soros, is that the idea? I have that. I just loaded a bunch of people on train cars like your grandfather used to, that smirk. We know the kind. You must live in isolated, dude. You're not noticing So anything. it's bagels. The chat is, is clarifying. He said, David said bagel, but the guy said bagels. So it's bagels fagman. That is his name from now on. Bagels fagman. Now, why don't you have your buddy Pete fill some holes? We know he loves to stuff him. That's a, a homophobic. <laughs> Please tell me this is a viewer. Oh, my God. This is hilarious. You must live in isolated, dude. You're not noticing anything. Now, why don't you have your buddy Pete fill some holes? We know he loves to stuff him. That's a, a homophobic comment about Pete Buttigieg. So we have anti-Semitism. Der deranged general comments and homophobia. But we need our potholes fixed. I mean, 66 billion. You know he's going to send some of that shit over to Palestine before he lays any asphalt down here. So again, what? man, stop saying show us. Like everything costs more. Portions are smaller. Yeah, we've talked about inflation. I mean, certainly it's nothing that's been hidden on this program. There's less people to work. You've downplayed it dramatically in the same establishment. I think he means fewer people. Obviously, he didn't add any of them jobs. So again, Dave, like, fun from your standpoint. I invite you to go work eight hours with me. I'll pay you out of. I, I work more than eight hours a day. I don't I don't have time to add another eight hours to my workday. My workday is full. My own pocket. I'll show you what retail work looks like in a high-end ski resort, dude. No more shilling. Like you're underweight. You're thin. You can't. 
You know, I just had my physical. I'm actually the perfect weight. The, the doctor said I've never seen someone with a perfect weight the way I see yeah. you. Okay. I mean, you have a lot. You're not. You really think you represent the working class of America. Maybe you show us what it looks like outside one day. So tell your commie shells to keep coming at me, man. I love to fold them faster than Jill breakfast tacos. This looks great. Thanks. Have a great day. You're not that bad of a person, but I don't think you believe half the shit you're saying, dude. Okay, so so he's right that he doesn't believe half the shit he says. I agree with that. He is that bad. He's worse than that bad of a person. He's he's as bad as it gets as a person. All right, I'm not that bad of a person. That that's certainly a ringing endorsement. Um, that's seriously deranged. I mean, it, you know, it's not really worth saying. I think it was pretty accurate. Saying anything else about it, but seriously deranged stuff. These these people exist, and they're allowed to vote, and some of them do vote. On the bonus show. That was fantastic. Uh, Bagels Fagman. I don't believe this for a second. Caller says people are taking Why don't their we Trump go flags next down. To, uh, Abe I'll be back from in a minute. Idaho. Abe from Idaho, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Hey, David. Um, caught me off guard. Uh, have you guys noticed, like, I've seen a few trucks around here that the Trump flag is taken off. Sorry, when you say it's taken off, you mean more people are flying a Trump flag or that people have removed their Trump flags from their trucks? They've taken it down like there's two poles and there'll be just the American flag and the other side is empty. <laughs> and so in Idaho, it's you're really saying weird. that these were people who previously were flying a Trump flag and they've taken it down recently. I mean, it had to be a Trump flag that, you know, they fly the American one on one side and the yeah. Trump flag on the other. I don't know and anything I mean, about it. I mean, have you asked any of them what's going on? No, I just thought I'd br bring it up and see if anybody in the audience maybe have noticed. Anything I mean, like maybe that. maybe it's there is really still weird. maybe there's still discontent, some discontent, even though Trump's polling higher than ever in the Republican primary. I don't know. Maybe they were getting heckled. I, I'm not I'm not really sure, but it's interesting. Certainly they're just embarrassed. huh? Maybe they are. You, you, I honestly I would ask them if you feel it's safe to do so. <laughs> no way. <laughs> You're going to stay away, it sounds like. Yeah, fair. All right. Anything else, I Abe? Think, no. I just wanted to throw that out there. All right. Great to hear from you. There is Abe from Idaho. A lot going on, certainly. Let's go next to Max from Texas. Max, welcome to the program. What's going on? Hi, David. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Awesome. Um, so I'm I'm a fairly new listener and member, so sorry if you've already talked about this to death, but um, I recently heard on a video of you talking um, about something regarding uh, winning elections that I'd like some more guidance on where to read more. Um, you said something about the importance of encouraging voters to actually make it out to vote as opposed to the importance of um, like moving fence sitters or independents one way or the other. Um, can you recommend maybe some reading material on this or thought leaders or authors? I'm also curious if this is like a ubiquitous thing or like something that's like uh, 100% accepted um, or if this is just kind of theory stuff. Um, 
when it comes to no, election I mean, stuff. Listen, I, yeah. I, I don't have any specific reading for you on that particular issue. I mean, I think correct me if I'm wrong. What you're referring to is that I've said before that rather than arguing with people to try to get them to change their political views, which is a very long process and can be difficult, doesn't always succeed that finding people who already agree with your perspective, but just like aren't sure if they really plan to vote and just saying, hey, you know, here here's a video of a lunatic that was interviewed at a Trump rally. If you don't vote, that person gets a say and you don't. That's really dangerous. And, you know, kind of encouraging people just to vote. You don't need to argue with them about issues. You just got to get them to the That's polling place. I think it's just intuitively much easier than arguing politic political issues with people who are like, well, I'm not voting for Biden because he stole the election. Now you're in that argument. Putting the I, I just think it's intuitively much easier to just find people who are like, man, I'm so disaffected. I don't know if I'm going to vote. Obviously, if I did, I would vote for Biden. But you go, no, 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 no. Here's why it's really important to get out and vote. It seems like a much easier sell. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly when you when you put it that way, it definitely makes a lot more uh, intuitive sense. So good. Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. All right, Max from Texas. Great to hear from you. Let's go next to Rose from California. Rose, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? And Rose, you've got to unmute yourself so that we can hear you. That's the only thing missing. And Rose, uh, last chance, please unmute yourself. Only you are holding yourself back by muting yourself right now. If you unmute, we will be able to hear you. All right, Rose, unable to unmute, which is too bad. Let's go to Casey from Kansas. Casey from Kansas, welcome to the David Pakman Show. What's on your mind today? Hello. Sorry, yes, you're I on the. Sound air. a bit sick. Okay, so I'm. It's not. Is it? It's not COVID, is it? No, it's just right. like a, a cold or flu or something. Fair. But I live in America. Yes. Okay. I was not raised in an open air prison. Okay. I don't have no hope for the future, mm-hmm. but if a military or group caused the death of my family, I would do anything in my power to avenge them. I believe most people, regardless of where they live, believe the same thing. So do you think, as I do, that Israel's actions will only create far more terrorists in the future? Um, you know, the difficulty about that is that Many of the terrorists you're referring to, like, for example, those who were involved in the Hamas attack, they are being radicalized. Hamas would be radicalizing them regardless because Hamas's charter calls for the elimination of Israel and Jews. So I agree with you that when Israel engages in actions that are seen as inappropriate or disproportionate or whatever, Um, It certainly provides fodder for groups like Hamas, I guess, to do further recruiting, but they're recruiting anyway. And they don't you know, for me, it's the, the primary thing for me is what actually gets us closer to removing Hamas and then taking steps towards negotiations around. It seems so crazy to even think about actual peace negotiations. And I think the removal of Hamas does not really depend that much on what sort of recruiting fodder Hamas leaders have. They've had no shortage of uh, of of rhetoric with which to recruit for a long time. So I agree in principle with what you're saying. And I also think that 
practically speaking, um, Hamas has uh, has plenty to use for recruiting regardless. Yeah, I just lean towards the I don't think there's like a military solution to reducing, you know, Hamas or terrorist group size. I think you have to go for some side of diplomacy, right? You have to give them an option other than, you know, because if you, if you live in an open air prison, you have no hope and somebody, you know, bombs your family to death. I just feel like that's like, oh, well, I can either go out by getting bombed and dying in the cold. Right. Or I can, you know, join this jihadist group and, you know, go out guns blazing or something. I feel like, I don't know, the average Texan would think the same way. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you, when all hope is lost, you're right that people are willing to behave extremely desperately and recklessly. I completely agree with that. But yeah, that's all I got, I guess. All right. Casey from Kansas. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Let's take a very quick break. We will. So he interviews this guy. Cancel culture, free speech and deplatforming. Let's see. Today we're going to be speaking with Greg Lukianoff, who's a First Amendment attorney, president and CEO of the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, and also co-author, along with Ricky Schlott, of the canceling of the American mind. Cancel culture undermines trust and threatens us all. But there is a solution. Greg, really great having you on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So, you know, to start with, I have to say I I'm really interested in this topic of cancel culture to the extent that I uh, believe it exists and speech and the issues I've seen you talk about on other shows that I reviewed kind of to prepare for our conversation. I'm really interested in this as someone who is very much on the left. Mm-hmm. I find that there are people on the left concerned about this and people on the right concerned about this. Their concern is often different. It's motivated by different things. Yeah. And and I find myself disagreeing sometimes with the nature of the concern. So can you lay this out as you see it in terms of feel free to tell us a little bit about your political background if you sure. want, if you think it's relevant and what's your perspective and how you have become concerned about this issue? Sure. Um, I mean, I'm a, a, a I'm liberal myself. I'm, I'm definitely left of center. You know, I definitely feel like the political spectrum has moved a little bit. And yes, uh, but still, you know, I, as someone who knows my social science. So you're a Nazi is what you're saying, because that's basically if your fire is decent, I think. I don't think fire is like an AIDS commie group. Um, we'll see. David's probably going to gaslight about how there's no cancel culture when their side does it. And so I know that my political views very much still fit left of center. Um, But I've been working on campus for 22 years now, and I worked at the ACLU of Northern California. I I, I, uh, did refugee law before that, and I I specialized in First Amendment law. And so I was invited to be the first legal director of FIRE. And already by 2001, it was a lot easier to get in trouble for what you said on a college campus um, than I expected. And even though, and by the way, Stanford was... Uh, sometimes could be a difficult place to have a serious argument. Um, and um, uh, so I've been doing this for 22 years and things started getting a lot worse around 2014. Um, and what the big shift was that students who had always been the best constituency for freedom of speech, at least during my entire career, right. started being the ones, you know, signing petitions to get professors fired for what they said, you know, asking for new speech codes, all, all of this kind of stuff. Now, sometimes there's a little bit of like rhetorical jujitsu that happens on social media where people are like, oh, you're just blaming students. And it's like, well, 
if they're demanding professors get fired, then sure. But it's important to keep in mind that a lot of cases, the people who are actually leading the charge are, are administrators, but they're working with students. And whereas they couldn't find sympathetic students 10 years ago or 15 years ago, they can now find them. And when I try to convince skeptics of, the, of this problem, you know, I point out that of the you know, 1,000 attempts to get professors uh, punished, you know, that we've seen since 2014, which, by the way, is a very large number. If, mm -hmm. if, you, if you know your academic freedom history, you, you know, you're usually talking about major incidents involving a handful of firings. And we're talking right. about, you know, o o almost 200. I point out that one third of the punishments, you know, come from the right. They, they, they come from Turning Point USA. They come from Fox News. And but my, my joke, you know, I'm, a, I'm an old I'm an old First Amendment guy. I'm like an old liberal in the sense that I'm unapologetic about my free speech stance. And it's funny because like when suddenly people start caring about the issue because they realize that a lot of liberals get in trouble. And actually, by the way, liberals get in trouble all the time, both from the left and from the right mm -hmm. <laughs> um, at, at this point. But if that suddenly makes them care about it, I'm kind of like, I really wish you'd also care when people you hate get in trouble, too. So let's talk a little bit about I mean, let me just lay out my perspective on this sure. and maybe that we could do this a bunch of different ways, but I'll lay out my perspective and you can tell me, you know, agree, disagree. What am I missing? Yeah. I am concerned with so-called even if cancel culture is not the term everybody likes, I think we all kind of know what we are alluding yeah. to when we say it. So I'll use the term cancel culture. I am concerned when cancel culture and limitations on speech uh, take place on the left. I don't like when the left uses identity politics to silence people. I was very outspoken about the absurdity of Jewish women being told by the Women's March that they aren't oppressed or intersectional enough yes. to be uh, you know, on the board. And I, I think these things are absolutely disastrous. When I see it, I call it out. When I see um, people's membership or lack thereof in a group use. He is totally fine with it, though, when it affects conservatives, when it affects his own side or his own people, he has a problem with it. He loves it when it affects conservatives and always supports it when it affects conservatives is to say we don't need to pay attention to that. For example, if right now I'm getting David, because you're Jewish, you are inherently biased on what's happening in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So your views and the views of Jews need to be dismissed. Well, by definition, everybody then brings some bias. Right. So I think that that's a problem. If I really am honest, I see the vast majority of this problem on the American political right. And I'll give you the areas where I see it. Yeah. Um, the calls for media boycotts of shows, of movies, et cetera, on the basis that they are uh, so-called promoting progressivism or they even go further than that calls for academic censorship from the right against professors who are teaching allegedly left wing stuff that they don't like attacks on corporations, boycotts on corporations because corporations take stances on issues like gun control, climate change, etc. Social media censorship and arguing that certain views we saw this around covid. We saw this in so many different either social media outlets should be forced to put certain views out there, even though at the end of the day, they're private corporations with terms of service. I see the majority of this yeah. on the political right. Am okay. I missing something? Yes. The devil okay. doesn't support that at all. Tell um, me. The, uh, and, and this is something that is um, frustrating for me, because like since there are threats from the right, it's very quick 
for people, you know, particularly on my side of the fence, to, to point to the threats that are real on the right, and many of which my organization, FIRE, has taken to court. Okay. Uh, and, and one, by the way, um, that uh, that allows us to kind of like focus on on that problem and not look at the problem on our own side. But I, I will say without equivocation, the problem is worse on the left. OK, um, give me the data. So the, so the data um, now, if you want, like if people are looking for reasons to 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 be concerned about a liberalism on the right. Mm -hmm. Those professor numbers are the ones they should be looking at okay. um, because th those are coming from, like I said, Turning Point USA, Fox News, et cetera. And, that, and one third of professors, that's a, that's a lot of the punishments going on um, on campus. That, that, that's hundreds of professors uh, being, being punished. And that's something that we could really use more help on. I would also like to convince your, your, your listeners to help the people who are neither right or left, because there's about eight, eight or nine percent of those, you know, are neither right or left. And then 60 mm percent -hmm. are actually, you know, from the left. So certainly the problem on campus is, is much more on the left uh, than the right. When it comes to legislatures, the, the one law that has been passed that was a threat to curriculum um, in higher ed, one that was clearly unconstitutional, was the Stop Woke Act. And the Stop Woke Act is something we went right into court um, as soon as we could find a plaintiff challenge and won, by the way. So right mm -hmm. now it's actually been... De uh, defeated. They're trying a stop woke too, which will also try again. You know, and I think it's going to be laughed out of court, just like the last one. But there, there has been one, and it's been defeated. So I, I think that there's too many convenient ways for to 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 keep the left from doing some really valuable self-reflection on some of this stuff. And I think we're so calcified in our current culture war. And when, and the funny thing is, when you were talking about boycotts and you were talking about all, all the corporate stuff, I felt like I, I was like, I thought I was listening to one of the one of my Fox News interviewers because mm. it was like, they always talk about the left always doing this, you know? So so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, there are very real threats from the right and we fight them. But, uh, but at the same time, I, I don't want people to use that as a way of saying like, there's not an, a serious a liberals problem on the left. And, and honestly, like I said, it's worse um, by all the data that we're, that we're able to see when it comes to attitudes about freedom of speech, the polling, um, the, the uh, right now, particularly among millennials, uh, left leaning millennials, the, the numbers are bad um, and that generally people on the right have become more pro free speech. Of course, to be clear, that's always sort of like a matter of political convenience for a lot of people, unfortunately. If they think they're the ones who are more likely to get censored, they tend to be more uh, pro-free speech. And if you think you're more likely to be the, the people making those calls, you tend to be more pro-censorship. So I think there's a bunch of stuff there where the devil really is in the details. I mean, first of all, it sounds like what you're saying is the case that this is and we don't ne just have to talk about where it's worse. It'd be we'll get to solutions in a moment, but sure, at sure. least to keep framing this, it sounds like you're saying the data that proves this is more of a problem on the left than the right is that when we look at attempted firings of professors, a third of them are from the right, 10 percent of them are from the middle and the other 57 percent, the other 50 depending on the year, you said eight or nine. Yeah. And so basically, and then 57 to 60 percent is from the left. So yes. from all the categories I mentioned, you're looking just at the academic thing and saying by a 60 40 margin, it's more a problem on the left. That's oh, but, not the oh, but, strongest oh, but, case. Oh, oh, but David, it's yeah. worse than that. Okay. The people actually doing the firing in those third of cases are almost always themselves left leading. Um, the the pressure comes from outside, and because yeah. universities have become so cowardly and bad on freedom of speech, okay. and since it's super majority of administrators are actually in charge, so th th this does not com e even those cases do not completely um, ab absolve the left. Um, and when it comes to professors, one of the reasons why we have this data 
is because um, it's what's knowable currently. Like we're actually looking into um, the, the different attacks on students. When we started look initially looking um, into students, when it was a question of viewpoint, yeah, you were a ton more more likely to get in trouble uh, for something uh, if you angered the left than if you angered the right. Just not surprising, given the people who actually enforce the rules at universities are, and this is uncontroversial research at this point. Um, are super majority left, and same thing. Same thing with professors. So, if there's a free speech problem on college campuses, it is a left problem. Okay. Um, so, from the data you gave me, it is somewhat more of a left problem than a right problem. I concede. The audience can. They've heard your side of it. They can look it up. Let, let's sure. put the campus piece aside for a second. Yeah. There are entire movements that are forms of cancel culture or speech suppression that are almost exclusively coming from the right. The entire social media company, COVID vaccine, that entire thing. So it's amazing that David is framing conservatives taking issue with being censored as cancel culture and somehow the conservatives being the one censoring. Was led almost exclusively by the right saying it is wrong for YouTube to enforce terms of service and remove anti-vax content, even though it is YouTube's right as a corporation to say we have terms of service as long as we're not saying, hey, black people aren't allowed to post or whatever. What YouTube was doing was just enforcing terms of service. You had right wingers saying Twitter should not be allowed to remove our anti-vax information. To me, these are all forms of attempting to limit the speech of these private platforms to say, hey, we have terms of service and we're not doing anything illegal. We can decide what a fucking snake. He's a disgusting snake, and I hope that he gets censored so then I can say, well, David, they're just enforcing their terms of service. And what's allowed on our platform? Yeah, uh, th this is very interesting. I've watched this actually happen on the left. The, um, the, the increasing sort of favoritism for powerful corporations to make these decisions themselves. Is something that's that is too easy a way to write it off, though. I don't well, I don't think that that's what it is. I think it's simply saying Republicans aren't holding themselves to their own standards with this stuff. And that's why I think that when you're dealing with an enemy that wants to destroy you, that tries to use your own principles against them, I, 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 I think you have to make a decision. You can stay principled and keep allowing them to fuck you in the ass, or you can put the boot on their neck and squeeze. So I would prefer to put the boot on their neck and squeeze. Again, an analogy. I'm talking, of course, politically, humanely, and legally. But uh, yeah, no, this is not... They are the ones that have decided to operate at this level. Um, and uh, whatever happens to them is what they brought upon themselves. Neither, neither are Democrats. Like in, Cal in California, like X lost it, uh, um, launched a, a lawsuit uh, um, with, due to social media regulations they have in California that are, yeah. that are incredibly onerous and actually pressure them to you know, uh, clamp down on hate speech. So, so I, I kind of want to introduce Florida, Texas, to California uh, mm. to, to actually point out that both sides are actually trying to make social media do their bidding. They just have different ideas of what their bidding is. And okay. one thing I really want to caution you on yeah. is that misinformation, disinformation is a uh, exception to freedom of speech so wide it, it, give, it, it, it puts in the hands of power, limitless power to, to censor people they, they, they dislike. And I think that the 
uh, I think that a lot of what actually, and we talk about, you know, some of the um, some of the cancel culture cases that came out of COVID, for example, sure. and a lot of those cases are people who weren't, by the way, on the right, uh, but who ended up being right about things like school closures, like losing their careers, because they were like, you know, like Jennifer Say at, at, at Levi's Jeans, her original point, you know, was that this is going to hurt disadvantaged kids the most, closing the schools, um, and it's going to hurt students for, for years to come. And she was forced out of Levi's, and she was right. Um, and basically, like there, there's there's large agreement that essentially the lockdowns were harmful to kids. Last thing from the categories you mentioned was on attitudes towards yeah. speech. It is true that when you look at Pew, Cato, Gallup, and a couple of others I looked at, by depends which poll between an eight and 20 point margin, those who identify as being on the right are more likely to be supportive of free speech in more cases than those on the left. Do we agree on the numbers depending on the poll, eight to 20 percentage points? Is that fair? Uh, depending on the poll, depending uh, on the yeah. poll, just so we're yeah. kind of in agreement is the degree to which this is the case. Yeah, my oh, so not, I'm not claiming it's a massive gap. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a gap. There's a gap. Yeah, sure. there's a gap. I think my concern is that very often and Scott Galloway actually recently had a really good commentary on this. Very often, some of the people who are pushing free speech for free speech's sake are just wanting to be able to say racist and xenophobic things with no content. OK, so so that's made up. Racism is made up. Xenophobia is made up. These are made up terms that they use to try to censor consequences and they're <laughs> entitled to do it. Listen, I, I respect that they're completely yeah. entitled to do it. I am not hugely uh, I don't find it the most admirable cause to be focused on free speech for free speech's sake when what you that's because you're a filthy censorious commie really want to do is say horrible things with no consequences, David, even if it's the right I'm, to do I'm, it. I'm, I'm laughing right now because Please. I, and I respect you to be clear, okay. but but I hear That's these arguments so often it's it's hard for me to take them all that seriously because right, well, right it, now okay. right now what's happening with regards to pro-Palestinian speech and pro uh, on, on campus is people are saying, well, this is consequence culture, guys. These, the, the students that we're going after, the the the, um, uh, the blacklist that we're creating of pro Hamas, pro pro Palestinian speech, that's just consequence culture. And meanwhile, what's actually happened because it, it's so difficult, it, like basically, like my side cannot admit that it's wrong on anything. It feels like, and and, and it drives me literally nuts sometimes. I, I admit like, it all the time. You know, I mean, yeah. that's a lie. That's a blatant lie. <laughs> Oh, but, but 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 let's say so, so. For example, kind of like the blacklists, you know, yeah. um, against people who said pro Hamas speech yep. for for various jobs. Um, they uh, the 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 first thing that people do on, on Twitter and on social media is like, well, the free speech advocates, the cancel culture people, are silent on this. And meanwhile, I'd already talked about it a million times. Like I've been mm. on national TV talking about, I don't like blacklists. This is um, that we should that we should not doing this. Is this is cancel culture, but not actually saying. Maybe actually the sort of um, like quick dismissal of of cancel culture as being consequence culture wasn't that great of an idea because to me all saying that something is consequence culture is is usually that they haven't looked into the particular cases in many cases because you can't really look at the cases that we have in the book and say these are all justified um, and that, that that essentially it's just it's a pat way of trying not to engage as much that's why I don't like the I I feel like the it 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 basically it literally begs the question and like in the in the sense that in the actual original sense of that term, it assumes yes. the premise to be true. I guess I'm just not really sure or when it comes to what I'm pointing out, which is just on a completely factual basis, the gap 
in terms of support for free speech between left and right is relatively modest at you as you admit. And there is a contingent of the right that when asked the question, do you support free speech? They don't want consequences socially nor from an employment standpoint. Again, this is made up. This is made up. He wants to be able to hurt people for speech he doesn't like. That's what he's talking about. That's why he's a predator. David Pakman's a predator. Alex Jones called it. David Pakman wants people harmed over speech that he doesn't like. Of saying horrible things about either racial minorities or sexual orientation minorities or whatever. And I don't find I'm talking only about that contingent. I'm with yeah. you on 90% of this. That contingent. He needs that contingent to get his foot in the door to continue to censor. I don't find a particularly a particularly admirable reason to say I'm for free speech. It's not faggot. We don't need your permission. So go fuck yourself. Super interesting to me. Yeah, I, I think that's that's too easy of an out because like when, okay. when, when you when you look at the cases that we talk about in the book, you know, a lot of cases these are things where you have a hard time even figuring out how someone was offended by it in the first place. Okay, I don't deny that. I, I, th yeah. That's fine. And and as far as those those examples go, I think they should be looked at. Let's talk a little bit about solutions. Sure. What sorts of solutions are the types of things that you believe? I would say a jail cell for you would be where I would start. Believe would be most effective. I think we have a. I think we have an opportunity to figure out cheaper, more rigorous ways to do a lot of education. Um, mm. I, I think that right now, I think the extent to which, um, and we focus a lot about this in the final couple chapters about how much. Um, and I really want to appeal to you know, make sure that the people on the left get this message. Yep. That um, uh, that the there's a book by Evan Mandry called Poison Ivy that I think everyone should read, and it talks about how much elite colleges. Uh, in particular, recreate class privilege that essentially like the for every, you know, one you know, a, a kid who grew up working class like me who goes to Stanford, you know, thousand rich kids, you know, uh, get to stay in the upper classes. And I think that there uh, that I think there's sometimes a reflexive defense of higher education without actually thinking about how we could do something that would be more equitable, that would be mm -hmm. less expensive, that would be something that you could actually do without going into debt. Um, and we're trusting in these mega corporations. Um, far, far more than we should. So I think that some of the some of the different ways, you know, um, I think even uh, what, uh, what's his name, Sal Khan, you know, uh, from Khan Academy is even yeah. working on on a way to, you know, show that you're an autodidact, you know, uh, 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 in um, and get you know uh, uh, get a degree that way. So I think that actually we need it's a time where we need a lot of experimentation for cheaper, better solutions. So is that now that's that's interesting when it comes specifically to the issue of education. But what, mm -hmm. what about more broadly to the cultural attitudes, to the ways in which a lot of these instances of speech being adjudicated in different ways? What are is there a framework to solve the problem as you've identified that, it? Yeah, retard. It's called the First Amendment. Not, not a single one, which is one yeah. of the reason why I don't love the subtitle, because it makes it sound like I think there's a solution. I, right. I think that there are many things we could be doing to make it better. But the most fundamental one, honestly, is a little bit of the a little bit of the just just the idea that everyone's entitled to their opinion, even if you think it's repugnant. Uh, well, AIDS commies, uh, they can't deal with that. They believe that they must force their opinion on you. And if you don't accept it, they're going to hurt you. That's what they're operating. Uh, and they're not going to leave you alone. That's why I think that you can't deal with these people in a normal way that you would deal with, you know, human beings, for example. 
um, would be something that I, I wish we had that as a societal cliche that we took seriously still, because it doesn't feel like we're doing that way. And, and we do call that out, by the way, on the right and the left, basically being kind of like, well, if that's your opinion, then I'm better off not knowing it. And it's like, honestly, if that's someone's opinion, you're, it's even if it's horrifying, it, it's usually better to know it than not. Yeah, I mean, my approach with the platforming of disgusting people over the last however many years on the show has been. I want to know what their opinion is, and then I want to evaluate whether it's getting enough attention to be worthy of refuting it versus ignoring it. And it's just yeah. a choice that we can make as individuals. So that's a total lie. He has been for people being censored for for anything he doesn't like. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think that's entirely fair. Like, like the, the you know, the, the, the way I talk about it, the, my, my overall theory on freedom of speech is something I call the pure informational theory of free speech. And as I always say, it's like, listen, um, and it's one of the reasons why I caution people against going too hard on misinformation, disinformation. Mm -hmm. uh, lizard people who live under the Denver airport do not control the world. But if your uncle, girlfriend, boyfriend, partner thinks they do, that is incredibly valuable information. And if a large part of society thinks they right. do, you better be able to study it. And, and I, I'm here, I'm thinking a part of, of things like QAnon, obviously not true, um, but worth knowing how many people believe this stuff. Oh man, yeah. 100%, 100%. The book is the canceling of the American mind. Cancel culture undermines trust and threatens us all. But there is a solution, even though it's not a solution, as Greg, <laughs> as Greg pointed out, it's, it's many. It's a, it's a bunch. We've been speaking with Greg Lukey. All right, so Bagels Fagman, very pro-censorship, uh, only if it's censoring his political opponents. Here is him uh, lying about Trump. Let's have a look here. If you page through the Truth Central posts or Troth Central or Troth Central, Troth Central, call it what you want, you very quickly see that not only is Trump unhinged and deranged, but he is regularly attacking all sorts of people involved with a variety of his criminal trials. I am not going to spend a ton of time on this and I am not going to page through the entire thing because we just don't have time. But Donald Trump <clears throat> will not stop posting uncontrollably and explosively to Truth Social. Take a look at just some of this stuff. Trump seemingly violating one of the gag orders right away. The Trump hating judge in this case is off the rails. The case should have never been brought by the corrupt racist attorney general. Trump's already been told you can't do any of this stuff. You can't do any of it. Uh, Too bad, fucker. He's going to say what he wants. Go fuck yourself. Attacking their star witness and on and on and on. And then as you page through, you see that it is post <clears> after <throat> post. I called Bill Barr dumb, weak, slow moving, lethargic, gutless and lazy. A rhino who couldn't do the job. He just didn't want to be impeached, which the radical left lunatics were preparing to do. I was tough on him in the White House for good reason. So now this moron says about me to get even his verbal skills are limited. Well, that's one I haven't heard before. Tell that to the biggest political crowds in the history of politics by far. Bill Barr is a loser. Trump just continuing, continuing a great honor to have received the endorsement. Well, these he's actually posting now and these are moving around. Uh, great honor to have just received the endorsement for president from Dr. Ben Carson. Thank you, Ben. The corrupt administration took away my First Amendment right. I've just learned that the very biased Trump hating judge in D.C. who should have recused herself due to blatant open loathing of your favorite president, me, has reimposed a gag order, which will put me at a disadvantage, blah, blah, blah. Why didn't crooked Joe Biden tell his injustice department to file the lawsuits three years ago? Well, <laughs> you know, some of the stuff that Trump is accused of doing criminally 
happened less than three years ago. How do you how do you charge someone three years ago for stuff they didn't even do? Why didn't they start the totally political Biden indictments uh, and court cases three years ago? Again, 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 if they started the highly political indictments three years ago, it on and on. You can just page through this thing. This is uncontrollable, uncontrollable. <clears throat> we basically have three forms of interest in these sorts of rants, and I will enumerate them to you now. Number one. Is the Republican Party so debased, so deranged and so indifferent to this sort of behavior? Again, just made up smearing and phrasing. It's just you, you don't like his political opinions. You don't like what he says. That's all it is. You're not special. It doesn't mean he's a bad person. It doesn't mean that people that support him are, is a bad person. You're just doing your Fagtano Habimana shtick, uh, the, the gay version of Rwanda radio, to just try to demonize and dehumanize Trump supporters, to pretend that Trump is this evil and his supporters are evil, and that is to manufacture consent for Trump supporters' arrest or worse. Savior that they will still make a guy behaving this way, a former president behaving this way, their nominee. Uh, unless something changes, the answer is yes. They don't seem dissuaded by this stuff at all, not even remotely closely. Number two, will there be real consequences? I don't mean a $5,000 fine. I don't mean a $10,000 fine. I mean, will there be real consequences like Trump's bond being revoked and being jailed in advance of his trials? to continuing to, to attack prosecutors, judges and witnesses publicly after being told time and again and being on the receiving end of multiple gag orders that say you can't do that. Will there be real consequences in that way for Trump? If you ask me my prediction, the answer is no. And then number three, will any of these public utterances actually be used against Trump at any of the forthcoming criminal criminal trials. In other words, will the posts to Troth Central actually become evidence against Trump, self-inflicted harm as Trump is often uh, uh, participating in? Those are my three questions. I think on this last question, the answer is yes. I believe these things that he is posting are actually going to be damaging to his own defense and they will be used in at least some of these criminal trials. Let me know what you think. Make sure you've subscribed on YouTube. You're totally full of shit is what I think. Mike Johnson is the most dangerous House speaker. We've had the weekend all now time. to learn a lot more about the new Republican Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. And it is not an exaggeration to say that this is the most radical and ideologically extreme speaker of the House in modern political history. You know, it's hard to go and say in the history of the United States, Mike Johnson may well be the most extreme speaker of the House in the history of the country. But when we talk about the full history of the country, norms and context, everything has changed. It's less easy to make such an apples to apples comparison. Certainly in my lifetime, this is the most extreme and radical speaker of the House we have ever had. We knew that Mike Johnson was a MAGA extremist. We knew that he played up the oh, Joe Biden didn't really win in 2020 stuff. But it turns out that that is just a sliver of the totality of Mike Johnson's extremism. And part of what happened over the last week is that Johnson's rise to power was so quick. Nobody was talking about this guy as a serious candidate 
Next thing you know, he's Speaker of the House. We only now have had the opportunity to do a deep dive into his career and his positions. It's been done and it is utterly horrifying. Let's go <laughs> through some of it with video. Uh, Johnson is a 2020 election denier. We knew that close ties to Trump, truly MAGA's MAGA, I guess we could say. But on every issue, he's a radical. He called wind and solar power the most inefficient energy sources we have. Oh, he said, how dare he being near wind turbines can cause depression and cognitive dysfunction. Maybe that explains why Trump's mush mouth these days. Maybe he's living near a wind turbine in 2016. Johnson gave a sermon where he said that mass shootings are caused by teaching evolution in schools like this is this is not just I'd like lower taxes than you would. This is very serious stuff. Uh, I love how they pretend it's a scandal when a person who is their political opponent, who is on the other side of the aisle, who's a Republican, says things that doesn't agree with them. They act like it's a huge, huge scandal. I can't believe this Christian believes in the Bible. He's an extremist uh, on cannabis. I mean, obviously, he exposed the exp uh, opposed the expansion of medical marijuana in Louisiana, the state he's from. Johnson also joined the Republican state attorney general Jeff Landry and Christian evangelist Kirk Cameron, the TV guy, to argue under the First Amendment for student led prayer and religion in schools. Of course, that's the opposite of what the Constitution actually calls for. Johnson co-sponsored federal legislation which would ban abortions once a fetal heartbeat is detected. That's usually around six weeks into a pregnancy. No exceptions for any kind of illness, just period. That's it. Fetal heartbeat. No abortion would be one of the most extreme abortion standards, I guess we would call it in the country. He once wrote that homosexuality will lead to, quote, chaos and sexual anarchy and described it as, quote, inherently unnatural and a dangerous lifestyle. He also wanted to criminalize gay sex. He wrote in oh, favor that of would really affect you, David criminalization of gay sex. This is the epitome of the Christian. I mean, the nine time going on 10 time Bukaki queen in a society where gay sex is outlawed would probably become public enemy number one nationalist. Now, he also seems like one of these. I hate to use this word because oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it, the, the word is so morally loaded. But ah, do I even I was going to say a pervert. But oh, I don't even course. know that I want to go in that direction. He's just one of these really strange guys. He was talking about his wife being worn out from being on her knees last week. He um, married his oh, wife. Yeah, you're not leaving a key part of that out at all. In what's called a covenant marriage. Now, if regular marriage isn't enough for you, you can avail yourself of something called covenant marriage. Covenant marriage is like a, a it's like a hardcore marriage. Only a few states have it in Louisiana. They have it. And if you as part of a couple choose to enter into a covenant marriage, these people are so insane. You agree to undergo premarital counseling before you can even consider getting a divorce. You have to get marital counseling if there's trouble during the marriage. You are limited in the reasons for which you're allowed to get a divorce. Now, Mike Johnson also has bemoaned and decried no fault divorce. No fault divorce just means if I don't want to be married anymore, 
I can choose not to be married anymore. I don't have to prove to anyone and give anyone an approved reason for wanting a divorce. Mike Johnson is against that. And he personally is in a covenant marriage where there's all these requirements. You're required to live apart for a bunch of time before you can get a divorce. It's bonkers stuff. Um, he also, by the way, has said that democracy is not so good. We really what we need is biblical law, the epitome of tromping all over separation of church and state and uh, Christian nationalism. Here is Mike Johnson from a few years ago. You know, we don't live in a democracy because oh. a democracy is two wolves and a lamb deciding what's for dinner. OK, it's not just majority rule. It's a constitutional republic. And the founders set that up because they followed the biblical admonition on what a civil society is supposed to look like. You know, we don't live in a democracy. There you go. Oh, it, what I, a crazy guy. I mean, listen, we <laughs> democracy. Forget about that. That's what the Speaker of the House who believe that uh, Trump actually won the 2020 action 2020 election believes about democracy. He also um, has blamed uh, the problems in the country, including mass shootings on things like no fault divorce. Here is a speech he gave, you know, at one of these crazy right wing events. I think this is one of the right wing events where evangelicals pretend to like Jews uh, in reality because they think that supporting Israel will bring about the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is bonkers, apocalyptic rapture stuff. Here is Mike Johnson. Um, this is now the Speaker of the House. Dangerous radical. Now, some of y'all were around in the late 60s. You remember that what that was about? The countercultural revolution, Woodstock and drugs and peace and free love and all that, but more about the undermining of the foundations of religion and morality. Because mm. you, if you remember in the late 60s, we invented things like no fault divorce laws, uh -oh. we invented uh, the sexual revolution. We invented um, uh, radical feminism. We invented legalized <laughs> abortion in 1973. Where the, it was invented. But the, the state, the government sanctions the killing of the unborn. All these things happened because as collectively as Americans, we began to get together in, in growing numbers and thumb our nose at the creator and say, we don't believe that anymore. We're rejecting the founders natural law philosophy in favor of moral relativism. And we are going down another path. This is this yeah, is a, no negative consequences from that at all. What a crazy guy. Full on extremist. This is he's an extremist. These guys are insane. These guys are totally insane. He's an extremist. Oh, my God. Now the most powerful member of the House of Representatives. Oh, well, we tolerate in moderation. Our children excuse in excess. What happens when you fast forward another 30 or 40 years? Well, here's a picture's worth a thousand words. Go to the next one for me. I mean, we know that we're living in a completely amoral society. And so people say, how can a young person go into their schoolhouse and open fire on their classmates? Because we've taught a whole generation, a couple of generations now of Americans, that there is no right and wrong, that it's about survival of the fittest and you evolve from the primordial slime. Why is that life of any sacred value? Because there slime sounds about right when thinking about this guy. So. Why is having an extremist as Speaker of the House so dangerous? This is the. So again, not an extremist at all. David, again, is this is he's dehumanizing Trump supporters to manufacture consent for their eventual arrest or execution. Critical part so that once you understand it, you can decide I want to vote in 2024 or I don't care about this. I don't want to vote. The Speaker of the House is second in the line of succession to be president of the United States. You've got the vice president and then the Speaker of the House. This extremist lunatic ideologue is now after the vice president. 
in the line of succession to be president of the United States. If that doesn't scare you, I don't know what will. More practically, the Speaker of the House sets the legislative agenda in the House of Representatives, decides which bills come to the floor. An extremist speaker can prioritize harmful, divisive legislation, uh, potentially again, just meaningless names and smears and phrases that are uh, just leftist aids commie propaganda into the enactment of policies that undermine democracy, which again, might same thing, undermining democracy. You're, you're talking about people that disagree with you politically. That's it. And you're just trying to demonize them for that. Johnson would clearly like to do and can simply keep out, keep off the floor, sensible and important legislation. The Speaker of the House plays a major role in determining committee assignments. And what they can do is they can take over every committee, committee on education, committee on whatever area you care about. The committee can be taken over by the extremist brown nosers who suck up to Mike Johnson. They take over the committees. An extremist speaker can directly oppose a president's agenda if they're from a different party or they can support it if they're from the same party. And so now Mike Johnson can oppose everything Joe Biden wants to do. And if Trump becomes president in 24 and Republicans keep the House and Mike Johnson stays a speaker, can rubber stamp everything that Trump wants to do. That's insane. And also the Speaker of the House influences the rules of the House themselves. And as we know, the more extreme Republicans love to change the rules in the House for their perceived benefit. Right. It's sometimes only OK when Democrats do that. It backfires. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's for their perceived benefit. So this is truly a disaster. And when I talk about Christian nationalists getting into positions of power, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's in the House. Next thing you know, she could be in a position of power. This is the sort of thing we're talking about. Mike Johnson embodies exactly that. So it's another reason to say we have to vote a year from now. It's basically a year almost to the day from now, November of 2024. If Democrats take the House, this guy is done. Even if Democrats don't take the House, but are able to prevent DeSantis or Trump or Nikki Haley or whoever from becoming president, then at least there will be no insane Oval Office agenda for Mike Johnson's House of Representatives to rubber stamp and to pass. So whatever we think is the most likely outcome in 2024, we must vote to make it the least bad outcome possible. This is the worst of the worst of modern MAGA. And as Matt Gates said last week, the guy is right. He's wrong about a lot of things, but he's right about this. MAGA is still in control. And when you see MAGA kick out Kevin McCarthy, by the way, not a moderate guy, just not insane enough to be MAGA, they kick out Kevin McCarthy and they put in Mike Johnson you realize that MAGA is still in control and it is an extremely scary thing. What a crock of shit. So Matthew Perry died. Uh, he was a vaccine shill. He uh, was completely fully vaccinated. So people obviously ask, I wonder if the vaccine had anything to do with it. Also, a guy who used to be on General Hospital had a heart attack today. Same thing, fully vaccinated. It makes people wonder. And so now David says, oh, well, this is conspiracy theories exploding. 
We learned over the weekend of the death at age 54 of actor Matthew Perry. I was I've never seen a single episode of Friends. The few minutes I've seen did not appeal to me. But that's not what this is about. This is a story about how once again, if the one tool you have is a hammer, everything is going to look like a nail. And for the anti Uh, No, it's that heart attacks are one of the things that this vaccine does to people. So when they see a person who promoted the vaccine, who uh, took the vaccine many times, they wonder, oh, I wonder if it was the vaccine. Now, it could have been something else. The guy was a drug addict. It could be drug addiction. It could be something else. But it is not unreasonable to wonder whether or not it's the vaccine. Vax extremists. So now you are a vax, anti-vax extremist if you simply wonder whether or not the most dangerous vaccine in history had anything to do with this guy's death. Death of Matthew Perry is again proof in their minds that the covid vaccine is killing people, a claim for which there is no evidence. It's actually guys a claim. There's no evidence that the vaccine has killed anyone insane. Every time I debunk anti-vax claims, we get Uh, you mean you lie about them. You lie your ass off flagged on different platforms as promoting covid falsehoods. Good. I hope you get flagged into oblivion. I hope they take all your channels and then they put you in jail. That's what I hope. It's insane how bad these algorithms are. So let me say it again. I am debunking the claims Mm. in this video of the anti-vaxxers. Sounds like misinformation to me, David. Let's take a look at some of this stuff. Newsweek reporting MAGA pushes vaccine conspiracy theory after Matthew Perry's death. Um, Penn Live reports Matthew Perry's death had anti-vaxxers posting conspiracy theories. Fans were not having it. Absolutely disgusting. Uh, The Hindustan Times says MAGA circles point fingers at covid vaccines in Matthew Perry's tragic passing. The reporting so far is that he drowned in a jacuzzi. Uh, A number of medical doctors have weighed in and said, you know, usually folks who are not on drugs don't die in a jacuzzi unless you have a heart attack, which makes you unable to get up, get out and you end up uh, aspirating water. This is speculation right now. But there is, of course, no evidence that this has anything to do with the vaccine. And yet a right wing uh, guy who says he fights for freedom, Robbie Starbuck, posted Matthew Perry has died at age 54. The call was for a suspected cardiac arrest. While anything is possible, many will point out Matthew was a big supporter of the covid vaccines and even sold shirts saying, could I be any more vaccinated? So I think it's fair to ask that it be investigated as a potential cause. How dare you call for an investigation of cardiac issues? How is it unreasonable to want an investigation? Why wouldn't you want an investigation? Shouldn't we find out whether or not it had something to do with it? Regardless, it's a tragedy. He brought joy, etc. We have another example of this. Candace Taylor. She's one of those crazy MAGA candidates. I believe she ran for a couple different things in Michigan and lost badly. She said, what was he vaccinated? And we could look at countless more examples. And indeed, uh, there are many. Laura Loomer, the right wing extremist posting Matthew Perry is dead at 54. 
sounds like he drowned in the jacuzzi. Wonder if it's covid vaccine related. He often talked about how he was proud to be extremely vaccinated. You get the picture. This is what it is. Um, You know, uh, I saw a couple of other posts which were something along the lines of, you know, listen, you've got Bob Saget, who supposedly died in a hotel room from blunt force trauma 21 months ago. And then now Matthew Perry dies in completely different circumstances in a jacuzzi of apparent cardiac arrest. That seems like too much of a coincidence. They didn't release the autopsy on Saget, did they? I I remember they were hiding it. Uh, That's totally normal. It must be the vaccines. And if that sounds really stupid to you, you're absolutely correct. The idea that two deaths among celebrities 21 months apart. It's only guys. This is only about two celebrity deaths. No more. Something like that. In different circumstances, in different settings, men of different ages with different health backgrounds, that it's obvious that we should be pointing to covid vaccines. It's a sad state of affairs. Now, as a reminder, it's totally not a straw man here. Uh, people will say, David, look at the VAERS reporting system oh, and look you at all. Can't. VAERS is not trustworthy at all. The people who died. Remember, the VAERS reporting system tracks people for months after they've received vaccines. And if they die for any reason, you die in a car accident. Bullshit. Bullshit. For getting a vaccine. Lie. You can show up on VAERS and then it is up to us to figure out. Yeah. And they go through it and then they release the red box report. You're totally full of shit. Is the vaccine even Here related? Is David deliberately lying about how dangerous the vaccine is? That's why I think there should be tribunals. There are um, false reports submitted to Bayer's, etc. Yes, and the CDC sorts through them and verifies them and every week releases the red box report. We still have no evidence that hundreds nor thousands nor tens of thousands, nor hundreds of thousands, nor millions of people uh, are dying from the covid vaccine. Uh, It's in it's at least in the hundreds of thousands. And uh, you're blatantly lying. So bookmark this because this is fag dad Bob pretending that, again, the most dangerous vaccine in history that has killed at least three hundred and fifty four hundred thousand people. He's pretending is not uh, nothing's happening. It's totally fine. If all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And this is yet another tragic situation. Very sad news about Matthew Perry. He was um, important to a lot of people who like the uh, programming that he participated in. And uh, hopefully there will be something more definitive about cause of death. I don't know that that will really do anything for the anti-vaxxers, but at least there will be something more definitive to point to. What a disgusting propagandist. Caller um, said that uh, DeSantis is a dictator. Hey, this is Blake from Detroit. Another oh, Detroit gee, person. Um, two Detroiters in a row. Yeah, for sure. Um, I had a couple of things that I wanted to say about, like the approach, um, like the left takes as far as like using aggression. Um, as far as even like this debate strategy or political strategy. Um, but uh, somebody like Ron DeSantis, right? He talks about um, the stuff, the the border, and people being shot at the border, and taking out drug dealers. Like, 
okay, if you get caught at the border with a pack and you got drugs in it, it's a system in place for that already. Yeah. So, like, what do you think? Oh, like, yeah, what guys, we- there's already a system in place. Don't worry. There's no drugs coming across the border. There's already a system in place for that. What is it like? How does that work, Ron DeSantis? You know what I'm saying? Um, so if you see somebody with a book bag, you just start shooting? Because uh, if they're checked and they're investigated and they got drugs, it's a system in place for that. So Dora the Explorer, if Dora the Explorer came to the border, she going to get shot? <laughs> she got a book bag? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how does that work, Ron DeSantis? Uh, definitely high IQ. And I've seen him, uh, like, bring this up multiple times without being pushed on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the hood, bro. Oh, Any threat sure to you I know are. drug dealers. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I don't feel like that would just be something a uh, a dictator type dude would only use for the border. That shit would transition to the neighborhood too. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. how I feel. But when you have somebody like that, um, with me, like uh, from my upbringing, we don't play that shit. Like threats to us, threats to our safety. Not saying drug dealers, but just people in general. Like, the dictator mind state of mind needs to be checked. And uh, when I say, like, the, the whole freedom of speech thing, somebody called in yesterday to you guys, and they were talking about uh, freedom of speech and stuff. Um, it's not an infringement on your freedom of speech to go to, to tell news, to charge news people and block politicians for lying on TV. Oh, now you have a genius. It's not against freedom of speech to charge. So you want... People that quote unquote lie according to what you say, you want them to be arrested? That's not an infringement on your freedom of speech. No. That shit should not be legal. <laughs> so know? it is not an infringement of your freedom of speech to arrest you and put you in prison for telling what you call a lie. So 4.7 IQ Jerome here is going to be the arbiter of speech. And if you say anything that he says is a lie, well, you're going to jail, apparently. Oh, that's that's brilliant. It should be rules against that. Even if it's short period, you lie as a politician, don't sit in jail for one month. You, you know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah, that's totally sane. Reasonable, um, reasonable uh, ways of discipline for when those things happen. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's hard uh, because then the argument becomes, uh, you know, who makes that assessment and and, and whatnot. But I'll say when it comes to elections, like the Argent- Argentinians have a guy, Malay, I think it is. He's running the Bolsonaro-Trump playbook like there's an electoral conspiracy against this. I don't think you should be allowed to say that as a politician. And oh, Yeah, you. so now so you have 4.7 IQ Jerome and now... Uh, semen sinus cavity aids commie he's now gonna be co-arbiter of what you're allowed to say so you're not allowed to talk about any of the cheating that democrats do that also will now get you in prison i think to the extent that we have we should have governing bodies that's and and look this is we need a governing body on speech of course and of course democrats will control that this is a risky proposition because the Republicans are going to say like, um, like in 2000, right? If you question the 2000 election, we're going to throw you in jail. Right. And that, and. Okay. But like, well, I, I think when it comes to people, when people has the, have the things in front of them to see 
the actual facts because you know Fox News they don't tell no truths at all. Mm. All of that they that don't whole tell no truths at all of news uh, of like news networks they lie 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 mm-hmm. as a person in a position of power if you got on TV and you just had a big ass video screen in the back and just had just showing a multiple lies from Ted Cruz from Matt Gates all these garbage ass people people that I feel like somebody from a that's coming in an aggressive uh, from an aggressive point of view. Which is like I wouldn't, I can't be in the same room with Matt Gates, bro. <laughs> like as the bait, but, as but soon you, as you touched get smart, on it, I'm- caller. You touched on it because I mean, when you say Fox News lies all the time, the role of the media in the way that we've constructed like our government, right, or at least what it's supposed to be, is a check on those lies. But why, Fox is able to lie in in, well, in to back the up these too. claims, and that's in part because they've been so aggressively deregulated over the past few decades. So my answer to you would be it's more about getting our media and, and like honestly certain probably uh, uh, FTC um, uh, uh, manners of looking into some of this stuff and making it so that the media is stronger to call this out because it's too difficult to police what the lies of the politicians are saying. But And I think they're more likely to lie because of the way that We've allowed our, you know, media uh, conglomerates to be so deregulated. That's my answer to you. True. All right, I get that. Okay. Um. All right. Another thing I did. If, if we still got time, I did want to speak. Could be very uh, quick. Like, very quick. Okay. Like mis- misinformation in the neighborhood and like black neighborhoods because um the people who in black neighborhoods who are well in- who are informed of politics are well informed and the people who are not talk the most. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the people who are uninformed on politics just run their mouth so damn much. And it gets to the point where I have heated debates with people who are uninformed. I had a dude tell me that Ronald Reagan was a Democrat. He was, the dude was aware that Ronald Reagan was the reason for the trickle down effect and all that stuff. But he said Ronald Reagan was a Democrat. Well, well Reagan was a Democrat, but just like 30 years, but not he, before he entered politics. He was a Democrat. Um, when he was an actor, he was actually the president of the SAG of SAG of SAG. And uh, that was before SAG and after combined. And, and then he got paid, um, I think it was by, I want to say Westinghouse or General Electric. I can't remember exactly who it was. And he went around the country uh, basically going in and arguing against single-payer health care. Um, and that what that be started his trajectory as a Republican. And I, sus- I if I remember correctly, that was like uh, early 60s, I think that started with him. Uh, but he was so he was at one point a Democrat, but never when he was in elected office. Right. And I, I doubt that dude was aware of that. But you know, I would yeah, agree. But, um, I, I'll tell you this week in terms of like uh, uh, Israel and Gaza, I've had multiple conversations with people who um, have very strong opinions. And then within like it takes me about 90 seconds to talk to them. And I realize like you have absolutely no idea what you're talking yep. about. What you're talking <laughs> and in this instance, yeah. it's like they're advocating for really like, 
you know, I, I don't want to mischaracterize what they said up at least that first 90 seconds, but people are willing to advocate, you know, sort of like near genocide. And I'm not suggesting that there isn't full genocide uh, that is being advocated, but I'm saying in my, in my conversations, like really um, sort of some vile stuff. And then it like it takes 90 seconds and I realize like you don't know the even the most basic of facts of what you're talking about. Um, and the thing, the thing that's worse is they don't even care. Well, <laughs> then it becomes the my experience is this massive projection been like well uh, whatever and uh you know or you're a, a, you support hamas there's a lot of vibes uh going on that aren't very good but i appreciate the call thank you okay all right sam all right y'all have a good one you too. too bye-bye yeah the thing about the vibes thing that bothers me the most is how uncritical people are about their assumptions about which people deserve um their their sympathy and to the to, to listen to um uh, I, I, words are escaping me a little bit right now, but like it's basically a lot of Islamophobia that people just never seemingly reckoned with in the wake of 9-11. Um, and they just have these assumptions about Palestinians and what terrorism really means that end up just being basically like, it's just racism. Um, oh, that's and- all she has for arguments. That's all she has. That's racist. That's homophobic. It's Islamophobic. They're bigots. And, and, and that's the thing that bothers me the most right now about the response and how few people seem to care about the children dying versus the Israeli children dying and how, you you know, ba- babies are supposed to be the 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 thing that we can all agree we're trying to protect. <laughs> like even conservatives pretend that they're protecting. Oh, ba- yeah, that's uh, she's pro-abortion. Uh, she's not projecting babies with their anti-abortion stuff. But then in the in, when it comes down to it, conservatives and even some good liberals they do see some babies as more uh worthy of protection than others and that to me is like been the most depressing thing about all of this i I mean that's where i think you begin to see the 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 inherent sort of um supremacy within embedded in zionism i don't i mean I, i i um uh, and certainly in the way that it's practiced now. Let's put it that way. All right, let's see. Trump goes completely nuts after judge reimposes the gag order. So on Sunday evening, so on Sunday evening, Judge Tanya Chutkin actually reimposed the gag order on Donald Trump after she had just a couple weeks ago put a temporary stay on it, meaning that the gag order was lifted pending Donald Trump's appeal of it. Well, the DOJ special prosecutor, Jack Smith had of course filed a motion with judge Chutkin saying, judge, you got to leave it in place. Even as he appeals it, he's going off the rails. He's attacking witnesses. He's attacking you. He's attacking me, but you got to put the gag order back in place because he went totally nuts when you took it off. So the judge listened to that argument, listened to the argument from Trump's lawyers and on Sunday evening said, you know what? Yeah, Smith is right. Gag orders back in place, buddy boy. She didn't say it like that. Should have, but she didn't. She kept a little more professional than I did. So of course, immediately following this decision from the judge, Donald Trump gets on truth social and as per usual, has a complete and total meltdown because this man has no idea how to control his emotions. Here is what Donald Trump had to say. 
The corrupt Biden administration just took away my First Amendment right to free speech. Not constitutional. Make America great again. So there's there's more. But let's let's talk about that for just a second. Again, President Biden has nothing to do with this. Yeah, President Biden has nothing to do with the Department of Justice at all. Do you think President Biden called Judge Chutkin and said, hey, Judge, can you put this back in place here? I don't know. I can't do a Biden impression. I'm sorry. Uh, like that didn't happen. President Biden was not involved in any way in this decision. It has nothing to do. With Second that. of all, you always got to throw in like your campaign slogan, even when it's totally not related to anything like not constitutional. Make America great again. Like could, they just just stop. It's with almost like he's running for president, bald faggot that all together let we don't even need that it kind of shows that you're not exactly serious about you don't really need to, people that look like testicles running around in my opinion at least this you're just at trying least to, not that are propagandists we have no need for that get your we have no need for testicle propagandists well riled up but he did continue I have just learned that the very biased Trump-hating judge in D.C., who should have recused herself due to her blatant and open loathing of your favorite president, me, has reimposed a gag order which will put me at a disadvantage against my prosecutorial and political opponents. This order, according to many legal scholars, is unthinkable. It illegally and unconstitutionally takes away my First Amendment right of free speech in the middle of my campaign for president where I am leading against both parties in the polls. Few can believe this is happening, but I will appeal. How can they tell the leading candidate that he, and only he, is seriously restricted from campaigning in a free and open manner? It will not stand. Except it will. Because this is not a constitutional violation. No, in fact, taking away your free speech is not a violation of the Constitution. Just like when he argues if we are ever put in camps, so that's not a violation of their freedom. Judges have the ability to restrict what individuals can say about ongoing cases. That's, that's actually the law. And if you continue to engage in things like, I don't know, witness intimidation by attacking... Totally made up them relentlessly on social media made up. the judge has every legal right to tell you legally you can't do this and for the record none of this is actually hurting your ability to campaign You're, you've still been going out and doing rallies even while you had the gag order in place before it was suspended and then put back you were still doing rallies you're still raising money you're still beating those other idiots that are also running on the right so yeah you can still do those things, so falsely claiming that you can't is actually not going to bode well for you in your appeal because you're lying. And those lies, as you've learned with a lot of the cases currently ongoing, always come back to bite you. Yeah. So does the fact that immediately after these posts on social media, you then went and attacked a witness. Bill Barr attacked her. So... That's not going to work out well for you upon appeal, but it is what it is. Chutkin, by temporarily uh, doing away with the gag order, had effectively set a trap for Donald Trump. And it was a trap that this dumbass... First of all, he is goading them into putting him in jail. He's goading them. He knows it's going to absolutely make him a mega martyr. You know what's wild? Um, who was that piece of shit AG... Um, 
Oh, uh, what the fuck was his name? Um, Holder. There's a clip. Holder just did an, an interview. I think it was on like PBS or something. Eric, of all people, Eric Holder said that this that the judge should be very hesitant to put a presidential candidate in jail. That's that's what once in a while. Hold, that moment there with Holder saying that is similar to like once in a while that crazy Cajun motherfucker that's um, a Democrat strategist or whatever. Once in a while he'll like say something like you know he'll point out how like the Democrats are being insane. Holder I think understands how fucking insane that is and optically how poor that would look for the Democrats optically. And Joe Biden, normies are not gonna like shit like that in America. You're, you're. I'm telling you. So I say, fucking do it. Make him a martyr, and and make his polling shoot up, and make yourselves look like even more vicious circus clowns. Um, but that was very interesting. Holder was like, she should be very hesitant to put the leading presidential candidate on the Republican side in jail. Uh, but these people, they're retarded, and they are rabid, so they want him in jail. Ass fell right into head first, and he's not going to win this appeal. Like, that much to me is obvious. It's not it a violation. It doesn't matter if he wins the appeal. He's going to say whatever the fuck he wants, and what, do you, what the fuck are you going to do about it? Violation of his rights. It's not hurting his campaign in any way. It's preventing him from trying to circumvent the justice yeah, system. Infringing on someone's rights is not a violation of your rights. System by tainting the jury pool and intimidating witnesses. Again, totally made up. And that, when the judge put it in place for the second time, is completely legal and within her rights to do that. What a bunch of bullshit. Um, Trump threatens Biden during late night social media meltdown. Donald Trump is clearly feeling the legal walls closing in on him. And, and we can draw that inference based on just his social media posts mm -hmm. from the last three or four days, right? Donald Trump has gone on social media, completely lost his crap. Uh, oh, hold on. You can't tell me that a fart just happened while he uttered the phrase lost his crap. Please, God. Let's let's go back. Let me uh, turn the volume up on my earphones here. Here we go. Just his social media posts from the last three or four days, right? Donald Trump has gone on social media, completely lost his crap, uh, attacking judges. Atta uh, I don't think it's there. Damn it. Let me try one more time. He completely lost his crap, uh, attacking. No, I don't. I don't think it's there. That's a shame. That was a phantom fart. He's farted many times. If you uh, maybe if you're newer, you're like, what are you talking about? This guy, for some reason, he farts and he leaves it in his videos. And w we've caught about 40 of them over the past two, three years. It is insane. I don't know what do they have an editor? It is wild. It's completely wild. But I, I don't I did, there's, there's nothing there, unfortunately. That would have been hilarious. Judges attacking potential witnesses. And of course for some reason, attacking President Biden, going as far as to basically threaten him, 
saying that all the bad things that are happening to Trump, be careful, Biden, because it could happen to you. You know, kind of like a weird reverse Jacob Marley visiting Ebenezer Scrooge to tell him three ghosts are coming. But here is what Donald Trump said on Truth Social, letting Biden know that because of this new precedent that has been set, that obviously Republicans are just going to turn around and do the same thing to Biden. Here's what he said over the weekend. Why didn't crooked Joe Biden tell his injustice department <laughs> to file the lawsuits and indictments against me three years ago, instead of right in the middle of my campaign for president, you're setting a bad precedent for yourself, Joe. The same can happen to you. These third world Biden indictments, which should never have been filed, would have been tried and over with years ago. My sleazebag opponent shouldn't be able to do this during my campaign or before the election. Whew. There's a lot to unpack there in this ranting of a seemingly madman. Um, let's be crystal clear right off the bat. President Biden had nothing to do with yeah. any of these indictments. <laughs> he had nothing to do with the fraud trial that you're currently sitting through in New York. Uh, like that's a state. I love that. This is like the economy is good bigot strategy. People see through this. Uh, people think this is political based on the polling. None of your propaganda works. It's lazy. You're just telling people, hey, whatever you're seeing with your own eyes, ignore that. Oh, your grocery bill is high. That's not happening. Yeah, the people aren't going to buy that. They're just going to look at you and be like, what, what's wrong with you? Great thing. Biden has no jurisdiction over any of that, including <laughs> his hilariously named Injustice Department. Yeah, because it's supposed to be Justice Department, but Trump's like, it's injustice. Wow. I mean, you could write for Jimmy Fallon with jokes like that. But... He then of course says the same thing could happen to you. The same thing. Yeah. So president Biden, be careful or else Republicans, believe it or not, uh, might launch investigations into you. I mean, could, could you imagine if Republicans, any Republican really with any kind of power launched an investigation into president Biden? Hell, what if they launched one into Hunter Biden? What if they got their hands on a laptop that they swear to God has all kinds of crazy crap on it and still aren't able to produce any evidence? Yeah, uh, that's made up. Uh, you see, Donald, the thing you're saying could happen to President Biden is literally happening to President Biden. It has been happening to him for 10 straight months. Okay, so threaten all you want. Be like, it could happen to you. It, it is. It's just not going anywhere because Republicans have come up with absolute bupkis during their 10 months of investigations into president Biden. And also to address your, your, I guess, complaint that it took so long. Um, he couldn't have brought these three years ago because technically three years ago you were president. So that, that would have been really, really difficult for president Biden to charge you with something when he, he didn't have any power. So, you know, three years ago, Bill Barr, your handpicked guy to keep you out of trouble was the attorney general. So that's actually why you weren't charged three years ago. And beyond that, you had to conduct investigations. Like once Biden became president and his people were, you know, put at the department of justice, they waited and waited to launch an investigation. But 
that doesn't mean that after day one of the investigation, they're ready to come out with indictments. They did everything proper. As soon as you announced you were running for president, they handed the investigation over from the political appointees to a special prosecutor. The special prosecutor did his due diligence. Oh yeah. Did his interviews and his depositions Uh of his grand jury. And then he brought the indictments. That's it's a, it's a a process, right? It, It doesn't happen overnight. So that's why it didn't happen within the last two and a half years. And if you go back any further than that, it's, it's probably because he wasn't president and you were. So Donald, I hope that clears up literally everything you said. And it's a crack of bullshit. Okay. Trump accuses judge of going crazy. On Thursday evening, following of course, judge Arthur Ingeron's decision to not reverse the $10,000 sanction he hit Donald Trump with for violating the gag order. Donald Trump, like a little whiny, you know, teenager decided to get on social media and whine about how mean everybody is to him, but also to make the outrageous claim that the judge, judge Arthur Ingeron is the one who has in fact gone crazy. Now, now before I read the quote, think about that for a minute. We have Donald Trump, the man who just a couple days ago told his supporters, don't vote for me. Uh, the man who got distracted by a fly at a recent speech, the man who this week also just realized that the word us has the same letters as us. And he of all people has the audacity to say that another human being has somehow gone crazy. Here's what Trump said on truth social. The judge in the New York state attorney general AG case refuses to accept the overturning of his decisions by the appeals court. This is a first in the history of the state. He has gone crazy in his hatred of Trump. And he, he, he put his own name in quotes there. So I don't, I don't, I I don't understand that, but, um, I do. I gotta tell you, man, if you're going to make a statement that somebody else is crazy, you might want to make sure you don't look crazy while saying it. Okay. Cause like oh you're the person unbearable on the street corner, wearing the big, you know, like a uh, uh, sandwich board screaming at people about end times. And you have the audacity <sighs> to tell somebody else that they've gone crazy. I like that's I'm sorry. That's not how that works, bud. Oh my gosh. You- uh, it's just too much. I, I got uh, Trump likely violated a gag order just minutes after the judge issued it. It's just too... On uh, Sunday evening, too Judge Tanya Chutkin, who is, of course, overseeing the January 6th trials of Donald Trump. They haven't started yet. They will start next year. But on Sunday, she reinstated the gag order against Donald Trump that she had previously, about a week before, temporarily lifted as Donald Trump appeals the gag order. And within one hour, so less than 60 minutes after Donald Trump had the gag order reimposed upon him, he once again appeared to violate it. Excellent. And he did so by attacking a potential witness against him. That witness happens to be his former attorney general, William Barr. Now, Bill Barr, a couple days prior, prior to the gag order being reinstated, had said during an interview that Donald Trump has a very limited vocabulary. And then he kind of explained that like, hey, this is kind of how you know the guy's lying sometimes when he says things like this. 
Um, but that didn't sit well with Donald Trump. But rather than responding to it, you know, after it happened, he waited until the gag order was put back on him to say that Bill Barr is, quote, dumb, weak, slow-moving, lethargic, gutless, and lazy. A rhino who couldn't do the job. And again, it is expected that Bill Barr will, in fact, be a witness against Donald Trump. So Bill Barr can say whatever he wants, but Trump's not allowed to say anything. In the January 6th trial. And you don't even know if he's a witness. This is such made up And bullshit. here he is, after getting the gag order reimposed on him, attacking a potential witness. Now, we have seen Judge Arthur Ingeron twice now impose sanctions against Donald Trump for violating that gag order. And that is a separate one, of course. Uh, he fined him 5000 the first time, 10000 the second time. God only knows what he's going to charge him the third time. And Chutkin, of course, has not yet had the opportunity to punish Donald Trump for violating the gag order. And her gag order is actually a little more broad and all encompassing compared to Ingeron's gag order. Ingeron's just says, you can't attack my staff. Chutkin's says, you can't attack my staff. You can't go after, you know, any of our families. Oh, and you got to make sure you don't say a thing at all about any of the potential witnesses against you. So Donald Trump immediately, again, less than 60 minutes after it's reimposed, says something about one of the potential witnesses against him. So the big question now is what is Judge Chutkin going to do? She has to do something. Like it, it, it is actually required of her to do something now. Now, as of this recording, the, the prosecution has not yet requested that she do something, but I do imagine that that motion is coming by the time you you're hearing this, maybe it already did come, but as of right now, again, it has not, but they have to make this formal request. Like, Hey, listen, Bill Barr is somebody we're going to bring in to testify. Donald Trump out there just called him dumb, weak, slow moving, lethargic, gutless, lazy, and pretty much like, I guess Donald Trump got a hold of a, th uh, a thesaurus and just started copying and pasting whatever he found on there. Um, but in all seriousness, Chutkin has to do something. These little paltry, you know, half punishments that Ingeron has slapped on him. That's not going to stop him. Chutkin, what she's dealing with is worse than what Ingeron was dealing with. This is potentially witness intimidation. <laughs> Total bullshit. This is the kind of stuff where if this was a normal criminal trial and the defendant did this, their release would be revoked. Like th that would violate the term. Keep calling him to be, for him to be jailed retard. Keep doing it. Of their pretrial release. And they would go sit in jail until the trial. Yeah. Put him in jail. Go ahead. That may be what needs to happen. Go ahead. You That's stupid retard. Put him in jail. At the very least. She could give him a weekend <laughs> in county lockup. Do it. Maybe just even local lockup. Do it. The These station. people are delusional. But it's about time. That man needs to see the <laughs> That's inside. That's great. It's about time you see the inside of a jail cell. Inside of a prison cell. Or you just take the updated booster. I'll take either. Even if it's just for 24 hours. Maybe it'll make oh, him... I don't, 24 hours. I, I want you in there for life. Stop. Maybe. There is going to be... 
No mercy for me. I, other people can, you know, you can do whatever they want. Fuck you. It's Not, my, and my if it position. Give them a couple more days to think about it. Because I promise you, you start showing him real consequences for what he's doing, for the court orders that he's violating, the faster you do that, the faster he's going to stop. But he's zero chance he stops. You don't? Then he never will. Zero chance he stops. What a piece of shit. Trump calls the judge a nut job. That's fantastic. He is a nut job. It's important to remember that with the ongoing New York fraud trial against Donald Trump, uh, it's not a jury trial. So the person that makes the final decision in this case, which yeah, the guilt judge. has already been determined in the summary judgment. So the only thing left is to determine one, how much money Trump and his kids have to pay. And two, what kind of sanctions will be placed against the Trump organization? And will they just be shut down entirely? And all of those decisions will be made by one human being and one human being and alone. And then it will likely be flipped on appeal. And then you're and all going to re, and it'll be funny and, and hilarious to watch you complain. That is Judge Arthur Ingeron. Again, this is a bench trial, not a jury trial, so he's the only one to make those decisions. Which is probably why Donald Trump has decided to stupidly, repeatedly attack Judge Arthur Ingeron, including over the weekend. Yeah, do it. Make him make a ridiculous decision. And then... It, 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 I, I think Trump is trying to get these people to make the most ridiculous decision that they can. And all it does is help them. The day after, of course, Ingeron ruled that Trump's daughter, Ivanka, will in fact have to come and testify against her family. Who cares? So Donald Trump, in a furious fit of rage, got on Truth Social and called him an unhinged Trump-hating nut job. Sounds about right. The one person on this planet who controls your fate, the fate of your country. You know what would make my day? There was an individual, I retweeted it, I forget who it was. There was an individual that put up Ingeron's picture and said, if AIDS w was a picture, <laughs> and it's Ingeron. If somehow Trump tweeted that, that would make my day. That would be absolutely fantastic. Hopefully someone on Truth Social retweets it to him and then he... He retweets it. That would make my day. Not Company. from me. It doesn't have to be from me. I just want it to be on Trump's page with the caption, if AIDS was a picture. And it's a picture of Ingeron. It's fantastic. You called him an unhinged oh. Trump-hating nut job. Yeah. Because he simply said that, hey, your daughter cannot escape testifying. Her name's on these documents that are exhibits in this case. Of course she has to testify. So Trump calls the judge an unhinged, Trump-hating nut job. And he doesn't stop there. Good. He also says, I truly believe he is crazy. Yeah. But certainly at a minimum crazed in his hatred of me. This case should have never been started, but now must be dismissed. Okay, well, that's not going to happen because, again, guilt's already been determined. So I don't, I don't know what you think is going to happen. I don't know what you think legally could happen, Probably gonna but get it's not ever going to be dismissed. Appeal. And again, he's an unhinged, Trump-hating nut job that you truly believe is crazy. Yeah. Now, if I were the judge. You're not the judge. And I get to make the decision, okay? I got the prosecution over here telling me things. I got the defense over here telling me things. But I also have a little phone. A little phone that's uh, telling me, oh, wow, Trump posted about me on Truth Social. I'm crazy. 
oh crazy am I? Unhinged, I'm a nut job? Yeah, you are. A nut oh, job. you're about to see a nut job. That was you're, me throwing the You're phone a child abuser. Emotion. You're about to see a nut job, folks. Okay, tough guy. <laughs> Guess what? Your company is officially dead. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? And then what are you going to do? I could have lowered. What are you going to do when it's flipped on appeal, retard? The amount you owe, but I'm going to do $250 million. Who cares? Now, we'd None all like to matters. think, of course, that Judge Arthur Ingeron's personal feelings and the attacks that Trump is leveling on him, that's not going to affect the of decision. Of course it is. But I think Trump knows that. That's why he's getting them to come up with like a crazy number. At the same time, we have to remember Ingeron is, in fact, a human being. And it is damn. No, he's not. He's a commie. He's not a human being. It's impossible to get any human being on this planet, regardless of their position, even if they're a, a federal being. judge, to not have their personal feelings in at least a small way impact their decisions. So what Trump is doing is very stupid. What Trump is doing is unhinged and crazy mm, because Trump is a nut job, not Judge Arthur Ingeron. Uh -huh. So... It is what it is. Trump doesn't want his little girl to take the stand and testify against him. I get it. Who would? But you don't want to attack the one man who, again, you're pissing off and he controls Fuck your future. Who cares? But Trump's going to keep doing what Trump does. Good. Yes, that's true. So here's he the is. schedule because this week's going to be crazy. On Wednesday, I'm November 1st. They're going to be like, I can't believe his children are pleading the fifth so much. <laughs> First, Don Jr. is going to take the stand. Yeah. On Thursday, November 2nd, Eric is going to tra uh, take the stand. Who cares? On Friday, November 3rd, Ivanka takes the stand. And then on Monday, November 6th, Donald Trump himself will take the stand. I think it's been reversed. I think Trump uh, goes before Ivanka. So make sure you're paying attention, folks. This is definitely going to be a wild week. Yeah, Ring I, uh, I doubt it. Trump threatens retaliation against Biden. How dare he? So Donald Trump is so upset about this fraud trial that, of course, is taking place in New York that he has vowed retribution against those responsible. Good. And no, I'm, I'm not talking about New York Attorney General Letitia James. I'm not talking about Judge Arthur Ingeron. I'm not even talking about that law clerk that Donald Trump attacked this week. When he talks about those responsible for this trial against him, he says it is a, a Biden President Biden is the one who did this to him, in spite of the fact that this is a state-level prosecution, oh, yeah. not a no federal prosecution, at all. and Biden has not been involved in any step nah. of the way, because this isn't even a state where President Biden nah. lived. Oh, yeah. They, Biden right. has he no... He has to live there to have something to do with this. This is wild. No sway over the state yeah, the of... The economy's great, guys. New York! Biden had nothing to do with it. But here 81 is million votes. what Donald Safe Trump put on True Social this week. I will soon be leaving for crooked Joe Biden's political opponent court in Lower Manhattan. I have a very partisan and angry judge, a corrupt attorney general, and am not allowed a jury trial under the statute they have chosen to use for That's the very true. first time ever. That's not true. Uh, you're the good lying news that even the fake news is seeing is that the facts are all on my side. I built a great company far bigger and stronger than anyone had assumed. <laughs> this is a rigged trial right out of a banana republic, but sadly, it gives the Republicans the right to do the same thing when we assume office. If they and have some fucking balls. And remember, Crooked Joe Biden is the most corrupt and incompetent president in the history of the U.S. Very fertile ground there, but very bad for our country. This unfair political witch hunt is causing companies to leave New York at a record pace. They don't want this to happen to them. 
So I'm going to have to go ahead and point out the very obvious irony of Donald Trump's statement that, Oh, Biden, we're going to come after you. Um, they are. No, not like this. Don this is the weak soy version of what Republicans are doing with these hearings. This is nothing. If Trump gets in office, which is a big if, uh, I, I, I don't think this will be nearly good enough. I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's been going on in the completely dysfunctional House of Representatives for the last 10 months, uh, but Republicans have pretty much thrown every single thing that they could possibly find at President Biden, and they still don't have crap. That's a lie. They've investigated him. They're investigating his brother now. <laughs> They've oh, investigated his son. They are looking all down his family tree. They have got his financial records. They got his bank statements. They got his taxes. They've got all this stuff. They have called in witnesses and every witness, even ones that were like, Oh, Hunter Biden's a corrupt dude, but his dad actually wasn't involved in any of it. All the witnesses have said, uh, that's not true. They didn't fact witnesses haven't even been brought in yet. So you're acting like, Oh, Biden, we're going to come after you. We don't want to, but we're going to do it. It's like, dude, they're already doing it and they're failing. <laughs> so I don't know what more you think you can do. But Biden, to his credit, has already been put through the ringer and an Bullshit. emotional roller coaster with you guys, you know, slandering his, his son left and right. Oh, by yeah. The way. Yeah. You're slandering Hunter Biden. How dare you talk about the guy that was fucking underage prostitutes? How dare you? Um, and he's he's still OK. So, like, what? Oh, more? Yeah, he's doing great. His his. Uh, Approval rating is fantastic. Are you going to do because he's still standing and, and for the record, by the way, we know, and the public knows because polls show a majority of people agree with this statement that these Republican investigations in the house of representatives are purely partisan and politically oh, motivated. Shit. Nevertheless, president Biden doesn't go out there on social media every day and piss and moan like a well, whine. He can't fucking type. He's got full blown dementia. He can't do anything. Any moody teenager about being persecuted. He's not out there attacking Republicans, calling them out. He could be, he can barely form a sentence, but he's not, he's not acting like you. He's not acting like a petulant bitchy little kid. He's acting like a grown up. And he's watching as Republicans continuously fail to do anything that is going to take him down or put him in jail. And it is hilarious to watch this happen. But I got to point out something else to you, Donald, because you're like, it opens the door for Republicans to do the same thing. So you're already admitting, you're already admitting that Republicans, if they regain power, oh, as in take the I White House, so. Would launch purely partisan. Oh, I hope you get the most vicious monster you could ever envision. Political investigations against oh. their opponents. Because if they were to do that, your statement right there is actually going to come back to haunt oh, you. Suck a dick. Because it's proof that this was a premeditated persecution of an individual which by the way, you've actually filed in court motions to dismiss your cases based on that argument. So you've now put it out there in the ether. So if you do come after Biden, he can just file a motion and get it dismissed. Yeah, that's how to work. 
See, see how that works? Oh, yeah, that's how it works. You're not very smart. Mm, you're not good. You're a genius. At this, Donald. Mm. And you can threaten and threaten and threaten Biden all day long. And Biden's got flaws, absolutely. But to his credit, the one thing that man has routinely done is beat the crap out of you. Oh, yeah, totally done that. In between fucking children. All right, let's go to some breaking news from the internet here. This is uh, Dewey C. All right, let's go. One second. This is the Florida Man Games. I don't know what that is. Let's have a look here. The Florida Man Games. Is this real? I think this is real. It's in Florida. Weaponized pool noodle muddle. Evading arrest obstacle course. Um, cash grab category five. That looks like the guy from Grand Theft Auto. Vice City. Or no, Claude. Claude is the three, I think. That's uh, Tony Veretti or whatever. Whatever. Versetti. A catalytic converter, two bikes, and a handful of copper pipes race against time. Beer be belly, Florida sumo. And then they got these people from whatever, I think, uh, the judges. And, uh, and I think it's real. All right, well, there you go. I don't know. There's, I guess there'll be be some interesting uh, um, Florida pinup. That, that could be good. Hopefully that gets good. Chicken coop bingo. 9-11 fight night brawl of the badges. What does that mean? People who are like cops and shit. All right. Well, hopefully they pull that off and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, good footage from it. That seems very interesting. All right. Very good. Now we have, uh, breaking news from show Suginu. Let's have a look at that one. One moment. This is, uh, Larry David. Oh, hold on. I have to put it in uh, Brave because of the nonstop ads on YouTube that fortunately Brave weeds out. When are they going to break? When are they going to ban it? I don't know. Let's see. Trick or How old are you? Thirteen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You look more like 16 or maybe no, even 17. No, no, 13. You're 13? Yeah. Where's your, where's your costumes? I'm being my sister. You're being your this sister. This is my yeah, teacher. You're a teacher, uh -huh. yeah. So can we get Boy, some candy, like Grandpa? Yeah, no, I was like, can we class. have our candy? Yeah, candy. Hello? Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Are you kidding? It's no. Halloween. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you're entitled to just go around to people's homes and bilk them out of candy. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Got ass for nothing, Those, those girls. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why would they do something like that? Because I didn't give them candy. That's right. why. You're standing at the door with a bowl of candy. Why can't you Because I give don't them think 17-year-old girls with no costume on, they didn't have a costume on. You shouldn't be allowed. Who cares? They were just using Halloween to get candy. Who cares? 
It's I do. Just you, give him candy. Just use the holiday for your own selfish purposes. Oh, so what? So what? So you'd rather have him toilet paper your house? Well, later? I didn't know that it was going to be felonying a treat. I thought it was, I don't think the trick extended to felonies. Why would it kill you just to give him a few pieces of candy? I don't understand that. Because there's got to be some kind of cutoff, shouldn't there be, for Halloween? To what? What is with be... you and your cutoffs? And your shouldn't there be? And should there well, be? Well, who cares? Well, are you going to be forty? Trick or treating at forty? and you think everyone's going to adhere to them, but they're not because nobody knows them. You know what? You have a, a long day of cleaning ahead of you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to clean it up yeah, by myself. Yeah, you are going to be cleaning this up by yourself. Whose fault is this? Yeah, well, I'm going to call the police. Yeah, it was a good show. <clears throat> I didn't see the last couple seasons. I imagine it turned into Total AIDS, but that episode I remember, that was before, that was before it was Total AIDS. They made fun of whatever... There was the episode where he was like humming a song from a Nazi and some and a Jewish guy was like yelling at him. And there was like a whole thing. It was hilarious. He called him a self-hating Jew because he was humming the Nazi song anyway. And then at the end, I believe Larry David hired a uh, symphony orchestra to play the Nazi song in the Jewish guy's front lawn. That was hilarious. Not allowed to do that anymore. I think he sold out, though. I think Larry David like was doing... I mean, look, I don't care. I'll have to see it. Maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But, like, I got the impression he was going for the cheap anti-Trump jokes. Now, if they're funny, I don't care. Like, the one I saw was kind of funny where a guy was fucking with him uh, and he put a Trump hat on to, like, avoid uh, conflict. That made me laugh. But uh, it's probably AIDS. But I'll, I'll reserve judgment. I'll watch the final couple seasons and see. But uh, that, that show was pretty funny. Uh, all right. Let's see. Irish supremacy says, Oy vey, you wonderful bastard. Is it just me? Or is you or is you going your super are you going your super chat reading time? Feels like hours between Streamlab reads. Uh yeah, I do it when it's when it when like a whole bunch uh get like uh I, I let them come in. Once I clocked you at four full hours before the first round of reading a Streamlab super chat. Do what you want, but holy fuck. Yeah, I it I base it on like whether or not they come in in you know in bunches or whatever. So I kind of wait till some come in. Um, Mega Jehovah says I got two links for you: a Daily Caller article and a YouTube video talking about Keek wanting to legalize fucking animals. All right, I'll have a look at that. That's uh, oh yeah, I remember that Daily Caller from uh, 2019 where Chank. Uh... Oh yeah, that was when he ran. Yeah, they, they made a yeah, that was funny. Michelle Kincaid says, Carrie Lake was on PBD about a month ago. She broke down the tactics, etc., in her own election for a good 30 minutes or so. When she got done, Adam uh, paraded her with compliments and proceeded to ask her why she doesn't just move on. Her face was priceless, lol. Yeah, you know, at one point I thought Adam was just kind of more of a blue-pilled person. But um, he has an agenda. He has a Democrat agenda. Uh, he, he's not just a blue-pilled person. He's, he's, I think he, I don't know what their relationship is, but, uh, he definitely has an agenda. Habib's Penis Emporium says, Mr. Bastard, can you get a hold of your brother for us? We would love to sponsor all the special events at his bathhouse. We have penis lollipops, cupcakes, butt plugs, special semen plungers for the drain, and a special penis trophy 
for the Bukaki champion. Wow, that's a hell of a thing. Yeah, I'll let them know. Habib's Penis Implor Emporium wants to sponsor. That sounds like a hell of a thing right there. Silky Johnson says, I had to put headphones on every time. Anna is on her voice, uh, or every time Anna's on, her voice is so annoying and screechy, they made my dog howl and walk in circles. Speaking of Anna, you think when she opens her legs, her vagina looks like Cthulhu's face and turns men into stone like Medusa? I mean, I think it's possible. I think it's certainly possible. Has anyone seen her husband? Is he, is he missing? Dave says, the dude with the beard... Talking to Pac-Man seems pretty reasonable. I'm pretty sure he was thinking, what the fuck, when David was defending the free speech of mega corporations? Yeah, his face said it all. It was pretty funny. Um, yeah, no, David, uh, or excuse me, Bagels Fagman loves when um, corporations censor his political opponents. He loves that. Dave also says, why can't David wash and comb his hair? He constantly complains about people misspeaking and making spelling issues, but constantly looks like he just got out of bed. Yeah, disheveled David. Disheveled David. And I think it's why he was never invited back on Fox News, because the time he looked the most disheveled ever was during his last Fox News appearance. And I think they had had enough. They were like, this guy, he can't even like comb his hair to come on the show? Yeah, disheveled David. He is just, uh, it's really, it's a hell of a thing. Big Chris says, Islam is not a race, you barely attractive whore. Yeah. She only has a couple arguments and they all hinge around, oh, they're racist, is it xenophobic or Islamophobic? It is, uh, it is a hell of a thing. All right, let me uh, check here. Um, okay. Killer8000 says, look at this shit. By the way, what happened to the 420 block? It pretty much fa faded out. Uh, we, we didn't really get uh, s enough submissions. Um, Florida man throws feces at judge, says it's protein. It's good for you before a jury acquits him of charges. He got rearrested, though, right? He he, he got rearrested. He Did he? They can't let this guy get away with it. Let's see what happened. Oh, look at that shark. Man, those that's real, by the way. You know that? That's fucking real. That's crazy that that's real. But that's okay. I'm never I'm never coming across one of those because I don't go into the ocean. So I can, you know, there's a few things you can control in life as far as how you die, but that's one thing I can control. Unless somehow some fucking, you know, doctor makes a flying uh, shark, then, then we're in big trouble. But uh, I don't think that'll happen, hopefully. A Florida man's courtroom antics seemed to deter a jury who later cleared him of burglary charges. The trial of... 33-year-old Dorlian's Fildor, that's obviously a black guy, was delayed on Friday morning after Fildor defecated on himself in the courtroom and proceeded to throw his feces towards the judge Lisa Walsh. The excrement did not reach Walsh, but the move sent lawyers scattering out of Fildor's reach as law enforcement members and corrections officers hurried in to stop the man from continuing with his actions. According to Harold, Phil Dorr told Walsh, it's protein, it's good for you, as he threw his feces her way. Wow. Yep, there we go. Witnesses on hand at the time said Phil Dorr also ate some of the excrement. It was intense. The corrections officers and police officers were swarming, like 60 of them. They told everyone to leave and you couldn't go back in. It was a hazardous area, witness Alan Rios told the Herald. Rios posted a short video of part of the encounter on his Instagram account. 
Well, there's the shit thrower. So if you want to, if you said, hey, what does a shit thrower look like? That, that's it. That's that guy. Throws his shit right there. What does a guy that throws his shit looks like? Right there. Right there. <clears throat> I'm sure there's some white people that throw their shit, but uh, that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about this guy. That's what the article's about. That guy threw his shit at a judge. Did he get arrested? Did I miss it? What? Hold on. How did that end? That wasn't the end of the article. Yeah, that was the end of the article. Hold on. Let me, did I totally... The corrections officer... No, they didn't say what happened to him. Well, what the fuck? What, did he not get it? You're throwing your shit at, at a judge? And, uh... And, what, nothing happens to you? Man, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. Oh, well, what are you gonna do? He's gonna be emboldened to do it again. Mojack420 says, I thank God every day I'm not Bagel's Fagman. Absolutely correct. Bagel's Fagman. <clears throat> Thanks to that guy for the, uh, for the, for the, um... The name. Senator Kid Rock. Oh, breaking news. Breaking Italian hate crime news. Happy Diabetes Awareness Day, HB and chat. Thank you. I really like the uh, the thick fucking pumpkins, Reese's pumpkins, and also the Reese's during Easter, the Reese's eggs. See, that's when you get enough of the goddamn peanut butter. Reese's peanut butter cups are the shit, but they're not thick enough. <clears throat> they're too thin. The eggs are crazy, and the pumpkins are crazy. That's what I'm talking about. That's how. I, don't, I try to avoid it, because those things are fucking poison. But, man, they're good. Holy shit. I mean, excuse me. I, they're not poison. They're very bad for you. The COVID-19 vaccine is poison. Reese's pieces, Reese's cups, excuse me, not pieces. They're good, too. Reese's uh, cups are, you know, they're not good for you, but they're not poison. Man, they're good, though. And he says... Uh, When's the next link show? Here's here's some for it. Yeah, we don't really get that many submissions, so it is what it is. I mean, if one night, you know, we get a bunch of submissions in or whatever, we, we can do it. But uh, I'll put it in a queue. But anyway, let's have a look here uh, for this is an Italian hate crime. Oh, wait, let me put this in brave one second. And again, no obligation to people. I know people are like hurting. That's no problem. It's no problem. All right, let's have a look here at what is an Italian hate crime? One moment. Now, you can't tell what this man's motivation is. Possibly the most incredible. It's so good that Drew can't get a word in. Does he just hate Italians? We can't be sure, but he's just doing this to pasta, right? I don't know, but the way... Look at this. This thing's spinning like a car wash bristles. This part's insane. Yo, that's dangerous. The risk this man took on. He smashed his face. He could have poked his eye out. Yo, so committed to his art. This is the most incredible modern artist to ever live, at least the most incredible artist of our time, Picasso of ASMR. This man's a savant. Truly, just conceptually a genius. Oh, that one was moving. They call that the bird's nest. That one's, a, I like that one a lot. Now, this guy had to build these planks with the sliders in order to pull off each of these artistic experiments and then continues to get a masterful crunch 
something that the older generation just would not understand. Oh, yeah, my especially if they were Italian. He wasted the food. That's what they would say. Oh, great Italian accent, baby. Not feeling absolutely fantastic as the pieces just fall, and then the crunch. Now the fact that he's using his Nona's roller that would also piss her off. Name like Jan. I don't think he's Italian. Wow. Somehow Ooh. finds his way to the chair. That hurt the forehead, though. You what can a trailblazer! Right, Paul from our man news. I really can't talk any shit because I break uh, pasta. Now, I don't waste pasta. I, I put it in the pot. But I break that shit three times. Or no, two times. I break it so... Hold on. One, two. Yeah, I, I break it twice. I break it twice. That's what I do. I break it twice to put it all in. Apparently, you're not supposed to do that, and it makes me a disgraceful Italian. So I can't really talk that much shit against that guy. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But there you go. That's uh, You know what that reminded me of? That's like the... That's like the Italian version of the, the the Korean or Chinese, I don't know, fucking whatever he was, Asian guy that painted and screamed. That guy is hilarious. He's like painting yellow, and he screams the whole time. And the screams are so loud and guttural. They're really funny. Anyway. All right, very good. That is the end of the stream. Uh, next stream is Thursday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for all the people that send super chats and stream labs and breaking news. Sincerely appreciate your support. You can get an archive on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash hard news network or on Podbean, hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com. Uh, or you can go to Twitter, 